This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Real quick, I do want to mention uh, this little thing <clears throat> that we started doing yesterday. It's called uh, our the Presidency Frontline Hero Signs. Uh, all of us took uh, these signs that we had professionally made, and we uh, surprised people by putting them in their front yard. It says yes. a frontline hero lives here. It's nothing that they would put out themselves. You know, people don't. Want to uh, other people want to nominate and highlight their friends and family members who are uh, doing great work during these uncertain times. These uncertain times, but yeah. it's uh, it's the perfect uh, way to acknowledge people yeah. because you said a lot of these, most of these people are very uh, they they just go about doing their job. They They're do humble. what they do. They're humble. And so so we all did this yesterday. And Marissa seemed to she got a few emails of people saying, "Oh wow, I guess I missed it yesterday." No, we're gonna. We're gonna do this. Yeah, uh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna get another. We just just the first batch. Yeah. So if you know someone who works in a frontline capacity, you know they're they're right there. Uh, you know whether they work in in an ER or they are a first responder or whatever. There's all kinds of things that um, we may not even be considering that's that are essential frontline workers. Um, go to presidentsteve.com and nominate them. Now, we are not going to get to everybody, I guarantee you, but we'll do what we can. Each sign you can take as representation for many, many others that we yeah. won't get to, but yeah. it's just a general acknowledgement to the best we can. Yep, yep. Because so, we're a limited staff right now, too. I mean, we quite literally, it's us. Listen, I took a bunch of signs. You did, Steve, Casey. We're everybody. heroes, too. No, we're not. <laughs> but but, uh, but there's only so many of us. I know. And, and we're working on getting more signs. So if you would like to do that, we would like to uh, hear from you, please. And there's another big salute that's going on today uh, to frontline workers, and that is the flyover of not only the Blue Angels uh, demo team, but also the Thunderbirds. The Navy and the Air Force getting together to do this. Pretty incredible. It is a great idea. And uh, I, I, any chance to see these things doing what they do in these pilots, the precision is always amazing. Yeah, so they're leaving McGuire at 145. That's when they'll start. And then they'll uh, they'll be flying over like the, the, the Trenton area, headed down that way to Philly. There's a map that you can take a look at. It's this interesting little zigzaggy pattern that they've done. Yeah. And even though it looks like they might not be flying right over where you will be, keep in mind the altitude. Oh, yeah. And you should be able to see from several miles away. Yeah. Um, Especially so, if we have, I don't know what the weather's going to be like at that time, but we... Mm. It's saying 2 o'clock on my my report that I have here, it says uh, mostly sunny. All right. We so, have a little bit of cloud cover now. Yeah, yeah. We're looking at uh, we're looking at clouds this morning and then by uh, 9 it'll start to break up. Then they come back in around noon, 1 o'clock, and then 2 it's supposed to break up again, which all is right. around that time right. uh, that they'll be flying over. So hopefully we'll all get a good view and it's going to kind of follow uh, the Delaware River. It's going to be headed down that way. So parts of Jersey and, uh, and Pennsylvania and Delaware should be. Where are they conducting the napalm exhibit? <laughs> that is going to be... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so, but I, I, I'm excited for this. I hope... 
I get a chance to see them. I, I reposted this morning uh, on Twitter my uh, flight with the Blue Angels. I, you know, they, they had a cockpit camera and the whole thing. And uh, it's an honor, dude. It was twelve years ago. Twelve years ago, yeah. You were uh, Scabrick. Was, was your uh, Scabrick? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my uh, my call sign. Did you have that on your helmet? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> for just a, a photo okay. op. Yes, I we didn't put a, <laughs> <laughs> a football helmet. <laughs> And we took the face mask off. Of You're like Comer Pyle showing up. <laughs> oh, um, fly a plane, sir. Yeah. You had, like, basically trained to do that. Did you not? Didn't you, like, leading up to it, like, lose weight? And, and... I, didn't lo- I didn't lose weight. I should have lost weight. But, um, no, I had to yeah, I had to get a physical. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they had to make sure that you are, you know, physically able to to handle the the G's and right. and, and the excitement of and the oh my gosh's yeah and the oh my gosh's uh no that you uh that you can you can actually physically handle what they're gonna uh, put your body through uh so that's pretty much all that I did okay. and and I did a, a short amount of training with uh, uh the chief that was there that uh, that walked me through it and I think we have audio of that in a second but first I, I want to play audio of um I, I just, I, when I hear this, these guys, when they get ready for the show, yeah. and when you go to a show, <clears throat> they, they have uh, speakers where you can hear their cockpit uh, banter uh, with each other, and it's so cool because they, they have that ultra-cool pilot speech yeah. pattern that they use. Check, check, check. <laughs> yeah. No, not quite like that. Uh, so here's a little bit of that. Osmo, updated winds are 240 at 10. We own the airfield and airspace. You are clear for takeoff. Have a good one. Thanks. Roll clear for takeoff. Hello. Ready to go, boss. Boss, we're clear for takeoff. The wind 240 at 10 is a right crosswind. Check your parking brake. I'll check your trim set. Check your nose. We're staring on. Maneuver 9 minutes. Have a QA. Moving. Coming up, girl. 9. Let's roll. Right, Rob. Oh, my God. All right. I mean, I mean, come on. He's flying an aircraft at 55 million miles an hour. Yeah, <laughs> uh, rolling over, spinning like crazy. If you ever watch uh, documentaries, and they have some extensive ones uh, on on the Blue Angels. In fact, there was a multi part one that I saw one time that was fantastic. And um, the uh, the speech pattern of the boss, the guy who's in charge, is in the number one plane. Right. Um, the way that he speaks, so that they uh, respond precisely, is really odd. It's really strange, and you have to watch it sometime because before the flight, they'll all sit in a room in a quiet room together, and he'll they'll go through the entire show with their eyes closed, and the boss giving the commands, and they they run through it. That and and the way he speaks is he'll go, ease up a little. Like he does a pattern like that, so that, that has a rhythm, so that right. they know he's like hand back and smoke, you know, and things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty wild, man. Uh, so, yeah. serious question: How long do you think it'll take from uh, Fort Dix to the Philly area? Under five minutes? Four seconds. McGuire. Uh, they're McGuire. Yeah, uh, McGuire. I think it's uh, McGuire. Yeah, Fort, Dix. Right? Fort Dix. It's the same. I mean, they're they're right. I don't know. Fort Dix. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm not really sure, Nick. Um, not much time. You know, the, I well, the, doubt. The map I, says ten minutes. So one forty-five. I don't know. I, that's the the staggered you know route that they're taking. It says one forty-five, uh, and then kind of coming into approaching Philadelphia at one fifty. 
five. Yeah, they're not. They're not going to fly supersonic. They're not going to. They're not going to go. They're going to go nice and slow, so everybody cool. gets a view. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, did you go up and down the shoreline, Preston, when you were with the yeah. Blue Angels? Yeah. yeah. So it's like AC to Cape May in just a couple of minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Not long at all. And did then he go supersonic with you? He, he did. Yeah. We, we were out over. We we didn't do it near the beach. We went out over the ocean and we went supersonic. And when you're when you're in the aircraft. It it doesn't feel like anything. You no. know, all, he's 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 reading off the the speed, and he's like, and and blah blah, you know. And there's Mach one. He's like, you just went, uh, you just beat the, you went faster than the speed of sound, Preston. Congratulations. So, yep. But it was nothing. It, it didn't seem like thing. anything. And I asked him. I, I saw a boat down on the uh, on the water, and I said, will they hear anything? He goes, yeah, they heard it. Uh, meaning a sonic boom. <gasps> yeah. We have the moment at which they went sonic with you in the back press. Okay. I think I crap my pants. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that was that was after <laughs> that was after they did what was called a minimum radius turn and I passed out and and puked uh because oh. the, the blood yeah. the blood goes from your head to your legs we and we have uh, the audio of that. Oh, okay. All right. There, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we listen. actually do have the audience yeah, passing out. All right, here we go. This is. Nice job. There's 7.1 G's. Straight up into the vertical. By the way, that noise is is me doing what you're supposed to do to regulate your to to try to keep the, right. the oxygen in in your blood and and the the blood up in the the upper part of your body. You're supposed to flex your legs and your butt. And you do this hitching breath. It's yeah. that's how you're supposed to do you it. Hear so. it slowing down. Yeah, and that, and then I just give up. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, there's seven point one G's. Straight up into the vertical. Seven point one G's. How'd that feel? Pretty hard. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Blacking out or anything? No. All right. The next maneuver is a graduation exercise. <laughs> right, this is when we do it. That's seven point one G's. Ready to give her a try. All right. Ready. Hit it. Get ready to seven G's. Seven G's. Nice job. How you doing? Number seven. How you doing? You're with me. You're with me, bud. I'm out. I mean, I'm out cold. <laughs> He's like, chin, chin all the way, yeah. chin all the way down to my chest, and he's going, and that's what he's saying. You're <laughs> filling my pants. Um, Back buddy, get, get, get rid of that. Get rid. Get that all out. Get it all out. Yeah, get it all out. Come on, there you go. There you go. Good man. Good man. Get it all out. Get it's okay. The amazing thing uh, is, Preston, that's, and you were, you know, listen, you're, you're ready to go. You, you're in better shape now than you were then, but listen to him. Oh, my God. Hey, how you doing back there, buddy? Hey, yeah, after this, you yeah. want to go out for a pizza? <laughs> Seriously. And, and listen to him. When he's calling out the Gs, he's going, that's seven, 7.5, and he's he's not even doing the breathing. Right. He's not even doing it. Yeah. In fact, he's smoking. Yeah. <laughs> listen. <laughs> listen to this. <laughs> right to seven Gs. Seven. You can hear restraining just yeah. a tiny bit, but nice job. How you doing? There's seven. How you doing? Oh, you're with me. You're with me, bud. Uh, you're with me. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, I feel a little ill. It's okay. Yeah, we're good. All right, we're done. We're gonna smoke the beach line. How's that? Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Was I out? Yeah, I think just a little bit. Oh man, just a little bit. Yeah, you passed out like a bitch. <laughs> 
Did you go back to the hangar? I'm going to take you from behind in front of your wife. <laughs> take a few pictures to give to your kids. What's that, Kat? Did you say you threw up? I did later on, yeah. Uh, later but that's on. Yeah. that's quite common. So, so yeah. how can those pilots do that? Like, what is it that I mean? Obviously, I mean, they, you know, there's some sort of training, but what is it that they're able to handle? Oh, they're physical specimens. Well, too. Part, part of it you have to be, you know, you're, yeah, your your body makeup just has to be conducive to that. But yeah, they they train, they they put them in these uh, simulators and and they work on it. But Kath, he was actually telling me. And oddly enough, he was, it was, I guess I was about his height maybe, but he said actually shorter, more squat people are more conditioned for that. Their heart is I'll low. I'll take this one. Uh, yeah, it's it's the uh, the distance between your heart and your head, and okay. and so on. And, and so, if if you're taller, you're going to pass out more easily, is what yeah. he was telling me. I would assume because the blood has traveled uh, is uh, whatever the, the reason is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're also more able. To, uh, but yeah, I mean, look at this guy for Christ's sake. Yeah, yeah, he was he was really cool. Uh, but uh, I, I was blown away by that. But yeah, Kathy, I I. <laughs> Uh, after we did uh, some some loops and stuff, the the loops when you go, you know, your, your classic loop to loop, and you're going up yeah. vertical and back around, nothing to it. Uh, but once you turn sideways, that's where and, you start to pull and, and bank that. Le- right. That's when the blood mm-hmm. starts going from your head downward. Mm. Uh, when you're when you're going home. when you're up when you're going up and down, the, the blood doesn't move that way. Uh, so it's not it's not as difficult. So we did we did this thing called the minimum radius turn, which is the, the plane turns sideways and then does a circle in the air, and they do it as tight as they possibly can. That's why it's called minimum radius. And then they do another thing called a carrier break, which is similar to that, where you supposedly take off from a carrier and circle right back around and land. So a, a, a correlation would be to a um, an in, like an inverted coaster when you take, I guess, the large loop that's not as taxing on your body, but when you come around like a sharp bend, yeah, yes, a hard th- turn, and it banks, that's when you're gonna you're gonna feel yourself go down into dude, the seat. There's one on on nitro right at, uh, at Great Adventure, and it's one of the last uh, turns on the ride that I almost pass out on every <laughs> oh, time. Oh, really? Yeah, wow, yeah. Wow, Because it's like that. It turns sideways mm. and it does a circle. And it and it's similar. Hagrid, Hagrid's out. But I get lightheaded. Hagrid's yeah. has a few of those. The, okay. uh, the motorcycle ride. Yeah. They're awesome, though. I love those those tight banks because that's where you really feel... Yeah. You, you, you feel the gravity like, pulling. The, yeah, the G-force yeah, yeah. is pulling you down. Now, when you go over the top of a hill, yeah. you get negative Gs. Right. And that's where it feels like you're like you're floating, like right. you know, in, yep. in zero gravity, which is pretty amazing <laughs> too. And you definitely feel that in the uh, you know, when I was flying with uh, with the demo team. I love when you watch uh, people doing those uh, slingshot rides at like the, the boardwalk. Oh my yeah. god, they pass out, out immediately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They'll pass out and then they wake up and then they, they pass, pass out, out again. again and then they keep waiting. That is Comedy right there. Well, and that's why they have those cameras. <laughs> so let's keep in mind, Casey flew in an F-16, which is what the uh, the Thunderbirds are going to be flying by uh, today with, with today as well, which is pretty amazing. So you were with the Air National Guard. I was, yeah. And, uh, and that was in Atlantic City? That was uh, just outside of Atlantic City and uh, like the 129th Air Squadron. I mean, it's right after you get past um, Frank S. Farley service station. Okay. So we were that's doing... That's where you took off from? Well, yeah. That's the, <laughs> Frank from, from Frank S. Farley, yes. We picked up some <laughs> some gas real quick and so, Burger King. One, one of the differences between, <laughs> this, between the two demos with the Blue Angels and the, and the Thunderbirds. So you have F-18s and F-16s. 
Um, the Blue Angels don't wear a G-suit. Now, the G-suit has these air bladders in them, and it will tighten up around your legs to keep the blood from going down in there and help stay up in the upper torso. It feels like a bit like a like a like a blood pressure cuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. so when the, when the, when the plane starts making these movements where it senses that the G's are increasing, those bladders will tighten up and it'll keep the blood up. So the the F-16s on the uh the Thunderbirds can actually do more high G maneuvers. Right. Now the reason that the Blue Angels don't wear the G suits is because when those bladders fill up their arm is resting on their leg and holding the stick, and it could move their arm. So right. they fly tighter formations. They get... Like feet. They get within 18 inches of oh each Oh, my God. And some of their formations. So that's, that's the, the size of an average penis. That's the difference. That's the main... <laughs> average. I mean... Horse penis. <laughs> that's the main difference between the two <laughs> demo teams is the Blue Angels fly a tighter formation... But the uh, the Thunderbirds uh, pull more G's and go faster. Right, right. Yeah. Listen, uh, there is, and it was um, when I had a uh, Samsung Galaxy phone. Um, they have a an Oculus um, uh, VR uh, guy. Right, right. And you can actually do a full on Blue Angel flight, which is insane. So you talk about that eighteen inches. Listen, the VR, it seems real. You're not, you're you're just not feeling, feeling the, the Your body will tell you from what you're seeing to give you a little bit of that experience, mm-hmm. I imagine. I, so you've done both, obviously. I've done both. So and what was your experience like when you were up in it? Um, I mean, Preston basically described yeah. it best. I was able to, because of the G-suit... Uh, did you we, get to man the weapons? I did not. Well, I, I, listen, I was in an active like Warcraft, so that's why there's no footage of me in there. Like I'm not. I was yeah. In a, yeah. So Casey's wasn't a demo. Uh, it wasn't it was an, an actual plane. It was, it was an actual F-16. Wow. That mm-hmm. was Case. That's so, awesome. So they they modify the ones for the Blue Angels slightly. I mean, they're not going to carry weapons and things like that. And the one they have that snacks I, in the, uh, in the yeah. short. Yeah. You, you can uh, you can get your peanuts. I saw you opened up some bugles. The one that I flew in is the only one in the group that has a two. Two-seater, so it's got a seat behind them, and right. the other ones are just made for for one uh, right. one occupant. So, you, yeah, you, that's why there was no video of Casey, which sucks, man. I, I got to have a picture taken of me as we were taking off. We did the, the high performance takeoff, which is wild. I mean, yeah. that's like a five G takeoff right there. You just you, you are at, from like basically you know ten meters off the ground to fifteen thousand feet in a matter of seconds, yeah. like like yes. just seconds, which is really wow. really wild. Now, wow! The G suit, I, I didn't lose consciousness at all. I, a couple of different things working in my favor. I'm shorter, squatter, and I had the G suit, and we pulled big time G's. I can't remember if it was like eight or nine. Wow! Uh, it was it was a it is a violent turn. It yeah. is a violent, violent turn. <laughs> because And so that's why you can hear it in Preston's, um, uh, uh, the playback where he's like, okay, now. <laughs> um, he basically, you know, gives a warning. Okay, well, we're going to yeah. do this now. Because you don't ease into a 7, 8G maneuver. It yeah. is like, you okay, can... and here we go. Yeah, you can hear him go, ready, right. hit it. So yeah. this is where he, and, and that's, he immediately. Pulls it. Ready, hit it. Bang. And you're, 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 boom. 
But yeah. even the way he's saying, so that's probably part of the the um, the mellifluous way. Ready, hit it. Yeah, yep. yeah, exactly. It's it's very come on, baby, come on, baby, do the conga. It's <laughs> like when you when you're hitting supersonic speed. Yeah, it, it, there's obviously you don't just go from zero to supersonic. You, you know, there, there's a you know a progression, and it takes a little while to to get there. Yeah, not from you know whatever G's to to those seven G's, eight G's, or whatever. It's it's a lot. You know what I found super interesting is uh, so you're sitting. You're sitting on essentially a rocket. I mean, yeah. it's a jet engine, but it's got afterburners and all that stuff on it. Um, and in the cockpit, it's as quiet as you can imagine. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, and if you've ever heard those things fly by, they are thunderingly loud. And I love that. How am I not hearing that? I guess just the sound direction is heading away from you because the You're going exhaust so fast. shoots out that way. Right. But so. it's pretty wild it's that like, you wouldn't I, hear the engine at all. Even what? when he started it up, I, it was just kind of like, and that was it. That is cool. But you yeah. want you want the enemy to be scared crapless by the noise. But right. you, know, you want to be able to hear all that stuff because yeah, we're hearing essentially your mouth your mouthpiece, which is right over your mouth. We assume, yeah. yeah. But you was, still, if it had been loud, you would have picked up that noise. It was quiet. And yeah. When, when you went up, press, did you go up with other jets, or was it just you solo? Just. Just me and uh, yeah, okay. the you were with other jets, case. I was one other jet. Me and this guy Pat, uh, who was uh, he's like an anchor from some uh, mid Jersey TV station. He passed out and threw up, uh-huh. but, uh, but he was also tall, um, so that he had that working against him. But anyway, uh, we we took off basically together. We went over to the the ocean together, and then they did basically these procedures that they always do, where they kind of like check up on each other. So we flew under the jet, and he was you know doing how, f- how far were you underneath? Oh. Uh, five feet, you know? Preston. Yeah. That's insane. That Steve, and, cool. it, and it just seemed um, like like we were just kind of like walking under the jet, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like it didn't seem like we were going fast or anything like that, so we were on. And he does like basically a maintenance check. He's checking underneath, and then yeah. he goes, all right. Then he barrel rolled over the jet. You know, and then the jet hey, yeah. and we, we your fan. We were doing international relations. You know, yeah. flipping the bird, flipping the bird. All right, good. Um, and then, uh, but we're what's inverted. crazy? We do the um, we do all these maneuvers. So, so after we did the maintenance check, they went off and did their thing. We did our thing, um, because we can't do those high performance maneuvers like right next to each sure. other. So they did their thing, we did our thing, and then after we got done doing. The G's and the barrel rolls and and I mean we were serpentining clouds like they were like wow. they were road cones you know um, you'll never forget it never never forget no, it's gonna be imprinted w- on your mind I wish I had video though man I know I wish I had video so you bad. said they offered oh. you a field commission right there right <laughs> no they didn't okay. but once we settled down and we did the coastline we did all the way down to Lewis Delaware and we we looped uh, back around and went up to uh, New Jersey. Um. Once we settled down and did that, that's when my stomach started to kind of like ah. Uh, when you I, slowed down, yeah. Huh. I'm glad I have video, but I'm also not glad I have video because oh. <laughs> it's a it's an extreme tight shot of your face. Yeah. <laughs> and when I pass out, I, I just look horrible, man. My face just goes all slack, Steve. Uh, nope, nobody looks good. <laughs> I look like uh, Tom Cruise in the in the movie with the precogs, where he uses oh, that thing uh, to disguise his face. Yes. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You okay back there, buddy? You need a, you need a candy bar. <laughs> <laughs> you want some chocolate? <laughs> 
Hey, hey, one of your eyes is up on your forehead now. Ice cream. We have some Rocky Road. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, or Baby Road. Baby. <laughs> Sound excited back there, buddy. But I have seen the Blue Angels uh, perform twice, and both times it was over the San Francisco Bay yeah. over Alcatraz, which was really, really cool. So, wow. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And so today, take advantage of it. I used to love going to the air show at um, uh, Willow Grove. And uh, Millville is where I flew out of for, for this uh, flight with the Blue Angels. But uh, they're, they're just... And I've told you, man, my, when I was a kid with my dad. We were we were surf casting yeah. in Pensacola. And that's where they're based out of. And out of nowhere, they weren't doing a show or anything. They flew down the beach line in that Delta formation. And we just, we couldn't believe it. So it was uh, incredible. On, growing up on Long Island, that's where Grumman was and still is, I believe. I'm not sure. Uh, but uh, they would have all of those, those jets would be uh, coming in and out of that area. That's where they did a lot of the work. In fact, my father-in-law, who passed away some years ago, uh, did work on the LEM for, you know, the yeah. uh, the Apollo mission. So that was, all that stuff is going on right there. And you'd be traveling down, you know, Kathy, you know, Sunrise Highway and, and yeah. in that general area, and you would see these aircraft zipping along. It was amazing. You used to hear them around here when Willow Grove was, was uh, yeah. operational. Yeah. And it, it's been yeah. a long time since I've heard that <laughs> coming through. You see them down the shore. Okay. Uh, yeah, they will the, sometimes patrol, you know, down the beach line, which is really cool. Those... You see them out over the Keys in Florida, too. They, they do uh, some uh, flight patterns. And, uh, when you hear them screaming overhead, it's, it's something. It's amazing. And you just want to go, Who wants staff with us? Yeah. <laughs> Nick, there is, um, and you can see footage of it. It's on uh, YouTube. Was there to cover it, Steve? Uh, yeah. There is footage of it. It's it's not the Grand Canyon, but there is a, a basically a place where you can go, and when these uh, jets are out there for just regular um, practice, they'll fly in these canyons, and you'll be above the jets. Nick, right. do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's it's near Vegas. It's near Death Valley. It's um, it's I, not Red Rocks Canyon, but it's something like that. And Nick, yeah, I yeah. think it's the canyon that they use. They use all the time. It's actually featured in Independence Day when right. they're doing that. That that um, they're, when they're flying through and the you know the aliens chase you through that thing. But uh, right. yeah, if it, you're it, really lucky, you can see the alien ships. You that's know, right, because <laughs> they, they practice there as well. It's a, an Christ. agreement we made when <laughs> President Carter met with Bat Boy in the cave. <laughs> President Bill Pullman. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, so, so they're uh, they're doing the the flyover today, and it's going to be cool to see those two teams together. I thought maybe they'd split up and you know blanket more of an area with the in the yeah. same amount of time, but I guess they're going to fly in, in maybe two formations near each other. I'm not sure. We'll are you guys going to try and go places to see them? Or no, gonna... they're they're recommending that you don't do that. Um, that that you you should be able to see for and I don't know specifically how far away you should be able to see from the safety of your home, but um, now I'm just going to hope that it it kind of you know swings by my way. We'll see. So are you going to go home or are you going to stay at the station to watch it? Uh, I'm going to go home. You're going to go home. I'm going to go. I'm going to go put out some uh, some frontline hero signs. Yeah. Uh, on my way home, and then uh, hopefully by the time I'm done with that, we'll be you able to. Uh, you going to put out some cookies and milk for the Blue Angel pilot? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> they usually they don't eat all of them. They right. eat like a little Just bit of a little, little bite. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> carrots for the planes. Everybody <laughs> know that. We're putting out cookies for the Blue Angels, but uh, no, I'll play this again. This is so cool. Oh, slow. Updated winds are two four zero at ten. We own the airfield and airspace. You are clear for takeoff. Have a good one. Thanks. Roll, clear for takeoff. Hello, ready to go, boss. 
They're just they're they're just a uh, uh, unbelievable a breed yeah. unto themselves. Yep, agreed. All right, let's break. We'll come back in just a moment. Stay with us. Get social with Preston and Steve. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. And coming soon to OnlyFans. I'm kidding. Hey, you've heard us talking about Krista. She's beautiful, classy, and brilliant, and she's so easy. Krista is Stephen's most loved engagement ring. Picture her, a bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant-cut diamond expertly set into a classic solitaire Tiffany-style setting. Krista will guarantee you a yes. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on Krista to check her out. Visit Stephen's showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. You buy real diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. It's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. We have a guest who's on the line. And, uh, you know, we've met a lot of funny people over the years. Had a lot of them here in the studio. He's one of the best. Oh, yeah. He's absolutely one of the best. And uh, we are happy to have him on. He's going to be featured on this show called uh, Live Newly Friend Game. And it's going to be live streamed uh, tomorrow night. And we'll get the details. And you know him from all kinds of stuff, including the show. Billions and billions. And billions and billions and billions and billions and billions and billions. I think it's just one billion. Yeah, one billion. Yeah, but it's still important. Yeah. Please welcome Dan Soto to the show. Hi, Dan. Yeah. What's up, guys? How's everybody? We're doing great, man. You know, under conditions, we're we're still coming to work every day, so it's pretty standard business for us. Oh man, you guys are in the studio. I'm so jealous of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we well, we have two. Both uh, Kathy and Nick are at their homes, but we have the rest of the crew uh, here. And uh, you know, they've they've uh, sort of resituated some of the personnel. But yeah, things haven't dramatically changed for us. So, what's the status with you? Ooh, we are not allowed in the serious building, so we're all broadcasting from home. So Jay, we all we all have setups. You know, like uh, yeah. Little mics to plug into our computer, and we we're just doing the bonfire from home. Can you see each other they, while you're doing it? Do you have like a yeah? We okay. We do it over like we do it over like a Zoom kind of program, so we right. can see each other, but even, even kind of weirder. Well, you know what's wild is we've always it, there's just something we 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 felt this right initially is that um, there's a dynamic to being in the same studio, you know, and and uh, and so um, for years radio shows would you know some there'd be one person who was in another state or whatever, and it, there was always a little bit of a lag or it just didn't quite sound right. Now with the ability to do the Zoom and do other stuff, at least you get a bit of that because it it does it means something to be able to see the person's face, the person you're talking to. It, it's part of the whole deal, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And seeing them, you know, being able to see someone laugh, even if you can't hear them, you're like, all right, well, I know I got them laughing. <laughs> right, so it's, right. It's, but it's just strange. And it's, it would, I, I swear to you, the weirdest part is getting used to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it is weird. It removes the level. So we there's so much that we have going on here between our various set pieces of equipment and sound equipment and, and, uh, and sound effects and beds and all that sort of stuff that it just... The way we have it rigged here, we can come into the building, and it's there's you know it's kind of this. I come in the same way, don't see a lot of people, it, and it's it's 
it's it's no more or you know uh, uh, risky than going to you know the supermarket to just pick up groceries. There's you know in fact that's probably more yeah. uh, of an issue. It's it's very refined here, so it's, it's been working out. Though we would prefer that this not continue for much longer. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, also the positive of this is you get to take dumps in the building and bathrooms you never <sighs> do. Let me tell you yeah. something, man. And nobody's we, in there. We oh, talked the best, no, and I don't mean. Well, listen, there's a wonderful. They're doing reconstruction here on the building, and they're doing a lot of work, and the workers are fantastic. But we went from overly crowded bathrooms to you, Dan. You walk into the bathroom, and the automatic lights are off. That means no one was in the bathroom before you were, and it is pretty awesome. You don't get that weird warm seat sensation. Oh, the warm seat. Some dude's hairy ass has been on it before. Yeah, you know, some people like fresh powdered snow when they go skiing. I like a nice, nice cold toilet seat. Yeah, and that I'm the first to put my buns on that. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's like your your first sexual encounter. It's Uh, like you know, it's just you just want to savor it. No, just a fresh, just a fresh seat to warm up. Yeah, I agree. So, well, at least you're, you know, you're you're able to to work a lot, and 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 people are, you know, because no, you guys totally. do have a show, and and a, a lot of guys in, in, you know, who do stand up exclusively, are having to find other ways and maybe try to pull off a podcast or something like that if they haven't done it before. You know, I mean, the first thought when all this went down was like, man, thank God I have the bonfire because. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the road is gone for the foreseeable future, and it's just it. I I didn't imagine how itchy I would get not doing stand up, mm-hmm. and it's starting to it's starting to really flare up. Well, things are going to listen. There, there's it, by by the sheer that you, you, as they say, you can't hold the ocean back with a board, and and uh, and and the economy and everything has to get up and running, and people have to get back to work. We have to do it smartly, and we have to do it in in, in a way that makes it you know as safe as we can possibly do, but. I assume, as with everything else, comedy clubs will open up and and will open up perhaps with a uh, a lower occupancy max, and um, you know we'll 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 get there. But uh, right now, I mean, to have something the curtain come down on all gigs, you know, to come down on all that as dramatically as it did, there are a lot of people. We've talked about this with a number of comedians and and uh, you know touring comedians. The amount of people outside of the entertainers themselves, the the, bar, the bartenders and the waiters and waitresses yeah, and all that yeah, stuff, yeah. they just got devastated. Yeah, they got they got rocked, and it was something that as someone that I worked in the service industry for years, and it's something that you know all my friends that still do. It's kind of like I'm so sorry, guys, because there's just nothing they can do besides grab unemployment. Yeah, yeah. and. You know, the positive side of this for comedians is uh, now we know we're definitely not essential jobs. Because I think, <laughs> I think for a while you heard a lot of comedians waxing poetic about how important comedy is for society and how comedians are necessary. It's like, you know who's necessary? Food delivery drivers. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and I tell you what, Dan, the, 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 the back and forth nature between the, the comedian and, and the author audience has never been more obvious too now because if you watch guys some like the late night guys who are trying to pull off monologues <laughs> with no with no reaction it's I, I would fear. I fear weird. Feel weird laughing at some of the stuff going is everybody else laughing or am I the only <laughs> yeah. one laughing right now you know what I mean it's, well what's insane is to see some comedians I know doing zoom comedy shows mm-hmm. you're like do you not do you not know the basic ethics of stand up it's <laughs> Be in a room and make people laugh. I'm not trying to do a video conference comedy show. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. It is a weird dynamic. Certainly, you you can... It, 
like sitcoms and things can exist without laugh tracks, but that, that is, you're, this is the purest, there's a cause and effect. You tell joke, yeah. audience laughs. And that's, that you're bereft of that when you go over Zoom. So, uh, you know, they actually, they, they, they did try it actually when they did, I don't know if you saw the first SNL that they did from home. Um, yeah, where they had where they had some people on the Skype so they could laugh at uh, and Colin and Shay. It sounded worse because it just sounded like a small group of people. Yeah, I, I think I would have preferred without that because it, it it just didn't quite work. What was your take on that? I mean, you know, I think they they tried to pull something off that's very hard. Man, I'll be dead honest. If Zoom comedy shows worked, I would never go on the road. Again. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. Yeah. If Zoom comedy shows were effective, I'd be like, cool. Well, that just wraps up touring for me. I'll just, I'll just get a, a a cam soda account and just do stand up shows on it. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. But but we we know without eventually though there is that there there's that energy. That you uh, you you can con- you know capture on a uh, on a on a monitor, so yeah, it's all yeah. part of the deal. Yeah, no, it'll be it'll be you know. I, I just want to see everyone stay safe and get back. You know, and I think what sucks about being in New York is I think New York comedy clubs are going to be the last clubs to come back. It's looking that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think you know. I think you're going to start seeing like major arena acts starting to fight to get in at the Omaha Funny Bone. Gonna be <laughs> <laughs> the Omaha Funny Bone's going to be the venue to play. Dude, it's going to it's gonna be like Kevin Hart trying to get into San Antonio, like River Center, <laughs> just because they're open. Yeah. Uh, I tell you what has been working, though, Dan, I think on, on the Zoom format or the, you know, just the regular multi, you know, uh, visual format online is when you guys are able to get together in the, in the the comedy uh, um, uh, community and bounce stuff off each other and talk and have fun. And I've seen some stuff with you oh, guys and Jay and Sal Volcano and, and, you know, your buddies. And so that stuff is fun. And it's kind of along the lines, I guess, of what's going to be going on tomorrow night with this new Leap Friend game thing. Is, is Honestly, I swear to God, is, I thought that was Saturday. Is it tomorrow night? <laughs> That's tomorrow, it's, dude. Yeah, it's yeah it's tomorrow is Saturday. Dude, it's quarantine time. I know. <laughs> nope, today's Friday, brother. <laughs> uh, honestly, when you were like, it's tomorrow, I was like, uh, what are we talking about, Wednesday? <laughs> yeah, yeah. These guys haven't done their research. can't believe I'm going on this interview. <laughs> like, what are we doing, guys? It's early, it's early in the week. But it's fun. But it's like, you know, I love, uh, love helium. It's it's the best, and and Sean Patton is one of my favorite comedians and one of my close friends. And they were like, "Hey, why don't we do a game show?" And I was kind of like, "Hey, that that'll be fun." Mm-hmm. And so, is it the basic? The gist is basically from what we're gathering from the the presentation material that we have here is that it's a a newlywed type game, but it it uh, you're you're playing to see who who has the most profound knowledge of their bestie, their best friend. Yeah, so we, Sean Patton and I lived together in Scotland last year for the Fringe Festival. And, you know, when you do that festival, you're doing shows every day for five weeks. So every day we hung out before and after our shows. And, you know, comics, we just start, we get to talking because we're blabbermouths. And so Sean was like, dude, I feel like we know each other well enough to win this thing. And I was yeah. like, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> How did you guys end up as roommates there? Did, I mean, was that, you're not like bunked up. It's not like college where you're like, this is your roommate, right? Yeah, well, people that have done the uh, Edinburgh Fringe Festival kind of know you got to get a house. You got to get an apartment early, like April or maybe even earlier for for all of August. Mm. 
And so Sean called me. He's like, hey, listen, my girlfriend Caitlin and I have this place. I, we know you need a room. Do you want to live together? And I love Sean and Caitlin. So I was like, yeah, that would be great. So then it just worked out, and it was a very fun apartment to live in. There's nothing like it. The Fringe, that, that festival in Edinburgh is is amazing because, I mean, a lot of times when you see, you know, street performers, it's like, oh, boy. Yeah, how do I get yeah, around? Well, how, how do I cross the street? Not not for this, man. It, you're seeing some really solid people, street performers, and then the shows that are going on in the clubs, you're seeing some really top-level stuff. And a lot of stinkers. Yeah, uh, really? Yeah. You get to see. You get to see some great stuff, and you get to see some stuff where you're like, well, I can never have that hour back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, fortunately, I, I, my, my wife and I, we, 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 uh, we had a lucky streak then because everything was, was, was yeah. pretty damn good. Oh, and listen, there was definitely some British people leaving my show thinking that, where they're like, well, I can't have that hour back, whatever the hell that was. <laughs> yeah, I guess, well, you're dealing with uh, different cultures and so on and so forth, but... Uh... But it's, it, yeah, it's pretty crazy. This is the first year in, I think, like, 73 years they're not doing the Fringe Festival. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, and, and you talk about a city that's been through, when you do, you take the historical tour of that city, all the all the stuff they've been through, and uh, and this has put the kibosh on it. It's It's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's insane. It's like, man, all right, well, I feel, again, I feel real lucky I was able to do it last year. I was able to film the HBO special. There's just a lot of stuff where I was like, man, I know a lot of people that were getting ready to film specials and yeah. were, you know, on the road, and it's like, well, that ain't happening. Well, yeah. it's just at the beginning, uh, um, uh, Kreischer, he had a, his special was ready just at the beginning of the of the lockdown of the quarantine, so that was available. A couple people had stuff. Well, he into Segura, into Delia. Right. Uh, or Delia, it's Delia. Yeah. Uh, boom, 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 right into each other. And for me, you know, as a, you know, somebody who's sort of like semi quarantined, it was awesome because I love new yeah. stand up comedy. Yeah, man. I mean, a lot of stuff is, you know, I would say one of the the perks of this whole entire quarantine is getting the last dance early. We get to watch Jordan, the Jordan Doc, right ahead of when we were supposed to. That's mm-hmm. been sweet. Uh, them putting movies out was pretty sweet. Not seeing other people, not so sweet. <laughs> yeah, that that honestly. So I, I uh, when I describe the situation for me again, my ritual, my normal existence hasn't altered much. But for my wife, who's very social and goes out a lot and does that, it, you can you can start to see the, you know the the fraying beginning where it's like okay enough, uh, and uh, it, you know it affects people differently. We try to take that into consideration. So uh, I mean, so you, you say yourself, you're getting antsy. Do you? Where where you live? You live in the city proper, yes? Uh, no, I, I'm staying with my uh, girlfriend in Hoboken, New Jersey. So okay, I'm right across the I'm right across the water. But I will say this, man: anybody who has kids and you have to be quarantined, <laughs> my heart and hat go off to you <laughs> because. Holy hell! Am I glad I've been using condoms this morning? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can hear that. Yeah. Have you Have you tried to find things keep uh, keep yourself occupied that you normally wouldn't have done? Are you trying oh, anything? I mean, I'm a I'm a video game fan, so it, this has just been like this is like a weird Twilight Zone episode where yeah. I feel like in in January I was like, you know, we were doing billions, we had bonfire going, and I was on the road every weekend, and I was like, I just need like a break. Mm-hmm. I need like a a, a, a two-week break. Mm-hmm. And my girlfriend and I were even joking around when all the COVID talk started. We're like, could you imagine if they made us stay at home for two weeks? <laughs> oh, how incredible. Would it be? Now we're at week seven, and we're like, this is a sick joke. <laughs> sick, be, be, yeah. Sick joke. Uh, be what, careful. What, you, what, what games are you playing? 
uh, the Predator, they put out a Predator game called Hunting Grounds. Yeah, how is that? It is awesome. Yeah, it looks really awesome. cool. What yeah. platform is that one on? It's on, on PS4 and PC. I don't know if it's on Xbox. But, I think it um, is, yeah. It's the company that made the Friday the 13th video game, which which I loved, which you would either be, it's all online, and you're either a counselor or Jason. And he <laughs> hunts you, and that game was fun. And then this game, which, you know when you have those ideas, like, uh, I remember being, like, probably 15 years old, and I was stoned, and I was like, they should make TV where you can fast-forward it and rewind it. And then DVR came out, and you're like, I thought of that. (laughs) I remember playing the Jason video game and telling my buddy Rory Albanese, I was like, they should make this, but with Predator, where, like, you can be the Predator. And then they made it, and I was like, I was right, but it is everything I wanted it to be. It's fun. It looks really good. The Jason game I was just playing, the Friday the 13th game the other day, and it, it is a lot of fun. Uh, I I have yet to play as a counselor. I'm always playing as Jason because that's oh, okay. that's, that's where the fun is. Uh, yeah, that's where the fun. But when you, you can start getting good at being a counselor, and then uh, my girlfriend doesn't like scary movies, so we would turn off the lights when I play that video game. And it would creep her out because <laughs> when you're a counselor, all of a sudden a window breaks, and you're like, run, 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 run. run. <laughs> have you have you dabbled with the? Uh, you have the PS4. Have you dabbled with the VR stuff? No, I don't, I'm not going to do that, man. That's Dude. the first step in becoming simulated with the robot. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something. It is awesome, especially if you like playing horror games like uh, Silent Hill. Um, in the in that mode, it will rock your world. It's pretty amazing. Big J, Big J has the VR Oculus thing, and I did it. And I was like, I was honestly, my one fear was that it was going to screw with my LASIK surgery. I was like, man, what if this like reverses my LASIK? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, then, then don't screw with it, yeah. Yeah, but it's, but I understand why. I did like the ninja game on the Oculus, and I was like, this is unbelievable. Yeah, this stuff is, it just keeps getting better and better. And the, yeah. the, next week they're rolling out the, uh, the game list for the, um, the new Xbox, but the new systems. Yeah, you know what? I'm a sucker. I buy right out of the gate. I, I don't. I just. Yeah, I, I, gotta, I, I have to have it. You gotta wait. You gotta wait six months. Let them get the bugs out and a couple good games out. Yeah, I say that, and then I just buy it. Yeah, yeah I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I know my weakness. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, Dan. We're gonna we're gonna point everybody in the direction because there's gonna be a lot of great people on uh, on this uh, show. It's and it is tomorrow. So set your reminder, Dan. Is, tomorrow Saturday. Which is also- Tomorrow is Saturday. That's yes. the most yes, it is Saturday. So that'll yeah. be at 10 o'clock, and you can do it through Helium's uh, website, heliumpresents.com. And then also, uh, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, what were you saying? No, I was just going to uh, promote Billions on Sunday. The new season starts on Sunday, uh, yeah. which I'm excited about because uh, Homeland just wrapped up this past Sunday. So I'm always looking for new programming for 9 o'clock on Sundays, and, and Billions is going to kick off on Sunday at 9. Yeah, enjoy it. You know, I think we got seven episodes done. So once uh, once everything goes back to normal, we'll finish the last five of the season. But the first seven are a lot of fun. So I'm excited for people to see them. Nice. Excellent. Dan, it's always good to talk to you, man. Tell Jay we said hi, and we'll, we'll catch up sometime soon, all right? Sounds good to me. You guys take care, and it was great talking to you. You too, yep. bud. Dan Silver, yeah. guys. Uh, all right. And that is uh, tomorrow night, 10 o'clock, Saturday. It's so funny he didn't know it was Saturday. But that happens, man. Know, that people know. get let, they, they, It's almost like you're you're in the Matrix. He was flat out like, yeah, yeah, but I think it's actually on Saturday. I'm like, that's tomorrow, tomorrow. man. <laughs> there was, um, the, you guys have seen 1917, right? Yeah, I, I love and it. I'm not likening what we're going through right now to World War One, Right. Uh, but at one point, the guy says... Uh, actually, I haven't seen it yet, but go ahead. Well, it's in the very beginning of the movie. Okay. Uh, so I'm not ruining anything. Thank but he you. says, hey, you know, hey, what is today? 
And the guy's like, it's, uh, you know, Wednesday. And the guy goes, ah, see, I thought it was Friday. And the other guy was like, nah, see, I thought it was Sunday. And, like, so n- nobody in this in this platoon had I, any idea, idea. Of, of what actual day of the week wow. it was. That's kind of where we're getting right about mm-hmm. now. Without um, the trench warfare. Yeah, without, without any of that stuff. But uh, anyhow, listen, we have a handful of minutes left, and I want to do this because... Uh, these stores are going to be obsolete, and I, I'd like you to uh, I have a seat at this table right here because oh. uh, we've got something prepared. Oh, my God. Yes. It's a Friday edition of The Connoisseur. Mm-hmm. Some food ideas as you sashay on into the weekend. And you know what? And that's what we'll do. We'll start with an idea of something you might want to try for the weekend. Uh, this, is a, this is on TikTok, apparently a trend. People making coin-sized pancakes... And then eating them in a bowl as you would a bowl of cereal. <laughs> so they use regular pancake mix, and then they uh, pour it into a squeeze bottle so you can make tiny little circular shapes, and you can make little bitty, you know, like penny-sized pancakes. So do you put do you put those pancakes into a bowl and then put milk in the bowl? That is a good question because I think the pancakes that no. size would be too fragile to accept milk. As I read further, Steve here, I didn't read this part when I initially saw the story. Uh, uh, once the tiny pancakes are done, you pour them into a bowl and top with butter and syrup. Okay, and then dig in that way, and that way you're not uh, cutting it up and taking a little bit. You have just it's like a a pancake, a perfect little thing. cereal, yeah, uh, that you can make, and you can feel like a giant. Ma'am, Rochelle brought home. I don't know where she got it, but it was a. Uh, bourbon barrel maple syrup, and so Rochelle doesn't drink booze. No, and she does. She's never liked uh, hard alcohol, right? And I'm like, try a little, a little piece of my pancake with this on it. She's like, ooh, that pancake. It's really, really mm. good. I, and she doesn't remember where she got it from, unfortunately. So. I, do, I love pancakes, but as I've admitted, I, I, I you know, it's like a, like an yeah, A meeting. Syrup. I stepped up. Well, I haven't had pancakes in forever because I, at, I get right to the point. Yeah, like I am eating just cake. Yeah. I know, I know it's, it's an accepted breakfast, and yet I can't do it. Steve, I got this like pan fried pancake in in Vermont, Shelburne, Vermont. the The actual restaurant owners were from New Jersey. It was so damn good. It was like a lemon. Uh, it had like a little lemon in it. Lemon. 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 Um, the only reason I put syrup on it was because I was in Vermont, and Vermont is known for their syrup. And yeah, so you I, better put syrup on that, young man, and it'll cut your throat off. Uh, it didn't need syrup. It didn't need butter. It didn't need any of that stuff. And I like. Uh, sometimes I think, okay, that's that's almost worth a seven hour road trip just to go get that one pancake. Uh, you know, I, I have a problem with syrup overall. Like to me, uh, <laughs> syrup really dilutes. The uh, the pancake that you're you're about to ingest. Who are you? Know, you it, it just, and what did you it, do with Nick? Uh, yeah. But, well, no, the, the syrup is the it's syrup Andrea. is the overpowering flavor. It's like no, it's like when you put too much hot sauce on something, right? If you put too much <laughs> syrup on something, okay. all your taste is I, I, I agree. Syrup. Drowning it, yes. yes. Yeah. Drowning it, yes. A hint, but given a, a little bit of that maple flavor is magic. You know, it wouldn't be a pancake without it. Yeah. So you don't put any on Nick. Like maybe like maybe if I'm desperate and it's dry and I need something to choke it down. And but it's I Ramadan, it's like Steve too. It's Ramadan. You gotta uh, celebrate Allah. <laughs> I think that the the uh, I'm more of a, an eggs and uh, sausage kind of guy. Oh well, that, that, yeah. Then like, you're talking a whole other okay. menu item. Yeah. Right. I have a question. Right. I, I already know what the answer is going to be from Kathy, but pancakes, washing down pancakes afterwards. There's nothing in the world that could substitute milk in my in my mind. No. 
I know, Kathy. <laughs> Kathy. That's she just gave gag. a face. If we had a cat, it looked like a screen capture out of Nightmare on Elm Street. I can understand, like, milk and cookies, like milk and cereal, but pancakes and milk? Are you, are you kidding me? Of course. Oh, I'm, God. I usually am. Oh, my God. I want to throw up. I want to throw up Oh, my God. Oh, my. Really? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, no, 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 no. That's perfect. Uh, milk, yeah. milk is fine, though I call it. Fine? Yeah. It's... I almost dropped an F-bomb. <laughs> I was going to say, it's effing awesome. Uh, effing awesome. Uh, milk, I only do with cereal and Oreo cookies. Here's my issue. I, I have learned something yeah, about like myself. Because <laughs> I can't get my usual uh, oatmeal that I get. And I, you know. What's I, your normal oatmeal? Why not? Well, it's there's a place that I go to that I love the oatmeal and I would do takeout and they they don't have it. They're not open right now. Steel cut? Yeah, man. It's good stuff. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah. so I'm doing regular my regular cereal and I can burn through three quarters of a box, a full box of cereal, no problem. I just don't stop. What does steel cut mean anyway? I don't know. I'm wondering what it's that It's like means. a little yeah. bit different than... All I know is it's different than the... It tastes better for some reason. I think it's the little pieces the of steel in it. I'm wondering if the, the the oats or whatever used, that's their specific name. You know, They're steel, steel oats. oats. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's like smaller pieces. <laughs> the steel oats are smaller pieces. <laughs> the bloody gums. It was really good. What, Kathy? The steel oats are smaller. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I like them. Oh, yeah. so they're not they're cutting in the head oats? No, it's pinhead oats, uh, coarse cut uh, oatmeal, and also known as yeah groats. Okay. They're also known as groats and scroats, like and they have little pubic hairs it's on them. Scroats. <laughs> Steve, who cooks in your household? Uh, Claire does. Uh, it's it's few and far between when I have done that. We've been doing a tremendous amount of takeout lately. I uh, thought so. I, I a tremendous like, amount. Yeah, you guys are probably of the seven nights a week. How well, many are takeout? Nights? Well, she'll she'll cook a lot more for herself, and I'll you know we we a lot of times are not eating the same thing because we, okay. we have different. Uh, different taste, but uh, yeah, we're doing a lot trying to trying to get out and support the restaurants. Yeah, yeah. very good. All right, you know what? Uh, something else from uh, the world of uh, COVID nineteen, actually, uh, which has brought us a little sense. COVID nineteen. Thank you very much. Uh, it's not the first perilous time in history when people turn to banana bread. What? <laughs> yeah, Casey, you were talking about uh, World Wars earlier, and it actually goes back a little ways. Food historian Sarah Wasberg Johnson says. That the first time anyone made banana bread was likely during the Great Depression. Well, what do you know? Supposedly, a housewife had some bananas that were going bad and decided to tra- try to make a bread out of it, she said. And the baked uh, the baked good remained popular during the Great Depression, which Johnson credits to a few reasons. The ingredients are cheap, bananas are easy to find regardless of season, and it's easy to make. This is like- nothing to fear from old bananas. Because there's banana bread. Uh, we don't think of bananas as seasonal fruit, she said, the way we do apples, even though apples can be found at the grocery store year-round. She's right. So there's a timelessness with it. Also, unlike apples or some other fruits, the texture of bananas is easy to work them with them because uh, into the mix because they are already soft and it takes less work. Uh, than some other ingredients. You aren't supposed to use old bananas, correct? Older you bananas, you riper have, bananas. You don't have to, but you can. Yeah, okay, they, they definitely need to be ripe. Does, yeah. uh, a connoisseur, does it? Uh, does that story mention when banana bread first came into existence? Uh, not. It, they they don't. Does it serve to the Last Supper? 
they don't cite a date or a particular person, but just uh, the Great Depression uh, would have been around that time. So, dent, dent, yeah. <laughs> Uh, banana bread ingredients, and and it was very popular in World War II and and so on because you know things were more expensive, and, right, and, right, uh, and people were making their own stuff. Yeah, uh, banana bread ingredients, uh, eggs, flour, uh, or alt flour. I don't know what that is. It has a dark. Where's mascara? Dark oh, mascara. Okay, yeah, it's kind of they call it emo, <laughs> yeah, 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 emo flour, emo flour. Uh, <laughs> eggs, etc., are still cheap and relatively easy to find, making it friendly to a variety of budgets. Huh. Uh, there are also specific qualities banana bread has that uh, make it prime to be a food hero right now, especially when it's uh, straight from the oven. Food that's warm, sweet, and carb-loaded is comforting. It sure as F is. Uh, the doctor says sweet foods and drinks actually taste sweeter when they are warmed up. This is true, too, with tea and coffee drinks, but those drinks have become so common that they don't feel as special as warm-baked goods. I have yet to have banana bread during this pandemic. What? Yeah. Uh, so Claire is going to make banana bread for me, Excellent. which is wonderful. And, uh, you know, and, and what we're going to try is, or she's going to take a swing at, is the chocolate banana bread. Okay. Uh, eating something, you know what it is? It goes great with coffee. Mm. Coffee it really does, and tea. Yeah, uh, eating. Wait, some- wait, so when you have it, do you put it uh, like you've made it right, and then do you then toast it uh, to have as a breakfast item? No, but I should. You know, yeah, toast it and you then put some butter well on should. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah if, if you disagree with me about the syrup stuff, I, I accept that. I understand your position on it, but uh, trust me on this: toasted banana bread in the morning with a little bit of butter on there and lots and of your syrup. coffee. Let no me, syrup. You know what? I, I ended up buying. <laughs> you should see my kitchen table at home. Uh, I'll, I'll take a picture of it. Uh, I ordered, you know, the first, when we went into pandemic mode, I just discovered the joy of the uh, very thin Oreos, which oh, is yeah. a little bit. <laughs> and so I went on Amazon and I, I ordered what I thought were two, um, two, two bags, two, uh, two packages. I ordered two cases. Oh my god! I had no idea. So how many packages of? Uh, I've got like like uh, like twelve or fourteen uh, sitting on the kitchen table. Yeah, it's a lot. But you know what? They're they're thin little wonders, and they're perfect with tea in, in the evening. Preston, mm-hmm. when my stories come on, I, I record my stories. Well, eating something uh, warm and sweet activates the pleasure center in the brain, especially when they uh, happen to be carbohydrate rich. Yeah. Uh, now, still, there are other throwback to baked goods that people could be making, like chop- chocolate chip cookies or cinnamon rolls. But why is banana bread so popular right now? Uh, blame your Instagram feed, they said. Uh, seeing photos of a specific food can make you crave it. That can lead to more people making and posting banana bread. And before you know it, we have a full-blown food trend on our hands. All right, I'm th- I'm spitballing here. What are your thoughts on a banana bread brownie hybrid? Oh, that's fine. That's fine. I, I, when this, I tell you what, when we clear this pandemic, we need to have a banana bread competition, like a cook. Some, yeah, a bake I off. had, I had oh, me yeah. write it. I had them. Yeah. Marissa made a note. She's got it right there. Remember, good, I said good. write it down. Banana bread. Bake banana off. bread bake off. Yeah. BBB. Yeah. Um, Casey, I don't know that that would work. Uh, yeah, I was just, I was wondering maybe. Yeah. Consistency, I mean, you can do. You can add brownies to anything. You yeah. could literally add it to horse crap and but it would still. But brownies it, are more dense. Yeah. Than, uh, banana bread. So but also you do br- uh, brownie cookies. Okay, baby. Cookies. Wait, uh, there's yes. that hack to use like applesauce or pumpkin in brownie mix. Have you ever heard of that? No, but I love yeah, it. What does it do? It, it, it cooks them perfectly. It's just instead of using eggs or oil, you just use like a can of pumpkin mix. 
and it bakes it, and it's just lower fat. Is this for, like, vegan or something like that? It's just lower fat. I think it was, like, an old Weight Watchers trick. Okay. But I think that you could probably use bananas in the same vein if you can use pumpkin, right? I'm not sure. In brownies? Yeah, in brownie mix. I don't know. Maybe. Why don't you try it and bring them in for us? Yeah. Fine. Well, I just happen to have some brownie mix Mm -hmm. and some bananas that are going bad. Marissa gave me the Cheddar Bay Biscuit uh, mix the other day. Really? We made it for dinner night before it last. How was it? Fan freaking fantastic and and from red lobster so it was like it wasn't knockoff yeah, yeah. they they, they it, and it's all you have to do is add water and cheese and then uh, at the end they have the, the herb mix with some melted butter and you brush them with that oh, when it's over God, never i hate this it's segment makes me so hungry i got two brushes so hungry. really two brushes does anybody else have a kitchen brush i don't have a kitchen brush Marissa Marissa does. does i use a vacuum cleaner <laughs> i even have a i even have a mop <laughs> I have a, uh, a a sauce mop. Really? Yes, I do. I probably should have something like that. Yeah, you should. <laughs> Why? You're never going to use it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You don't barbecue. Well, I. Well, no, I don't. Like, not in You're the sense that you. Part. Do you carry sauce mops? <laughs> <laughs> but all right. So when I was at the the fish concerts uh, last summer, <laughs> I was ordering these amazing. That time when we went back to the fish store. <laughs> <sighs> There's somebody on on the text board who hates when I mention it, but I'm sorry, dude. I, that's it's my it's life. Bro. It's what you do. It's what I do. Yeah. So anyway, uh, they are the parking lots are famous for the grilled cheeses, right? And I went to this one, and so they were there three nights in a row. I went and got a grilled cheese yeah. oh, the first night, and then I had to go back each additional night yeah. because they were that delicious. And the dude sat there with a brush and was brushing butter all over the, and it was like a garlic butter sort of mix, uh-huh. and he was brushing it on there. So maybe I, I was thinking right now that maybe I could use a melted butter brush for... My waffles, Kathy. That way, every single square to oh, get butter on it. Doing it. That's a good idea. I'm doing it. I'm getting butter in every square. Uh, you okay. solved your own problem. I just did. So, well, with the help of Preston. Thank you, Preston. But to make uh, grilled cheese sandwiches at home. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're talking about uh, using uh, brushing butter. That uh, <gasps> was was he brushing it on the waffles? No, hang on a second. We're, we're going back to grilled, grilled, grilled cheese. Yeah. So when he would make the grilled cheese, he would he would uh, butter the bread uh-huh. and, and grill it, right? Yeah, just like just slather the butter on it. That's yeah, why it was, he was so going, delicious. Yeah. He was making that weird sound, which turned me off a little bit. Do you know how to make grilled cheese? With do I know how to? Yeah. Make, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm a grilled you, cheese effing master. Well you, well, you said you don't cook, and you you're like I don't well, know how to make really anything. You do cook. Yeah, it yeah. is. You can make a damn good grilled cheese. I, and I do. I, I make a really good okay. grilled cheese. Yeah. Even I can make a grilled cheese. That's not really cooking. <laughs> okay. All right. I was giving you guys credit. Uh, there's another thing uh, that I'll mention because we were talking about sandwiches and so on. But um, Smucker's Uncrustables. I love them. They're known for containing peanut butter and jelly. Or yeah. Just, or just peanut butter or just jelly. Uh, but three new savory flavor options have been spotted in Target. Do tell. So these have meat in them. These are uncrustables stuffed with meat. Whoa! Uh, I know. Wait, I heard a whoa. Ew. 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 It was like it was. Just, Ew. It was my first. Ew. Talk. I agree with you, Kathy. Uh, okay, there's taco bites. Okay, I'm I'm back on. Board. I thought you might be <laughs> quick to judge. <laughs> You were a tough sell. <laughs> you had me a tie. <laughs> uh, barbecued chicken bites. Uh, maybe. 
How about buffalo chicken bites? And uncured ham and cheddar roll-ups. Rotting chicken bites. Mm. The word uncured kind of grosses me out because I don't know what that means. You like things that have been cured and are over their illness. Yes. Uh, cured means uh, salted, basically. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, these new flavors are meant to keep uh, frozen and then uh, heated before serving. Ooh, there's uh, the uncured ham and cheddar roll-ups look good. Uh, no. Wait, uh, do you see a picture? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. That's okay. just another. I didn't know they had those. Yeah. Yeah, okay, well, anyhow, it's, it's something they're trying out. By the way, we'll, we'll stay in... Um, the uh, Crustables? Not in the Crustables, but... Uh, okay. The Uncrustables? I was just going to avoid playing the music again, but that's okay. <laughs> it's, it resets it. Um... <laughs> No, uh, so food like this is uh, has been skyrocketing. Uh, of course, that, that, again, it's all comfort that you can uh, that that's comfort food and that you can you can freeze easily or, or keep canned. Absolutely, uh, Campbell Soup in Camden. Love Campbell's soup. Orders, uh, let's see, orders for cases of soup, sauces, and other items skyrocketed 366% one week last month. Dear God. Compared with the same week last year. That's astonishing. Kraft Heinz macaroni and cheese is a hot seller, too, giving at least a temporary boost to the struggling food manufacturer based in Pittsburgh and Chicago. And sales of hers potato chips jumped 20% in March. Over the same period in 2019, they're the official uh, chip of the president, snack food of the president's Steve Show. And the cheese balls, man. I got to tell you, I have adopted, I think I mentioned on the air, the fork method of eating cheese balls because we get the big tub. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a game changer. Yeah. No, like no. You're eating cheese balls with a fork. <laughs> you can no. use a toothpick as well, Kathy. Yeah, anything with a sharp one or a sharp, uh, sharp knife. But Casey doesn't believe in that because you get you don't get to lick your fingers. Yeah. Yes, you yeah. missed the best. Well, what if you're doing like if you're performing? Like a lot of times, I like to cut diamonds at home, and I don't want to get them dirty. All right, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, Americans are eating more snacks and processed foods. While we are happy that these companies and their business are going up, you you also want to keep in mind that overdoing it on snack foods and processed foods are, can be a tad bit unhealthy. Well, by the end of the evening, um, I I like to top off at four to five pounds of cheese balls, and I call that then that that's it. I've had enough. Uh, prior to the pandemic, uh, we had been trending away from some of these products just because uh, people see them as, as less healthy. Uh, whether the change in consumer behavior endures post-coronavirus uh, will depend in part on how much of a habit people build up uh, with respect to these products. I think there will be uh, the, the people will be reacquainted with some foods that they love. I think in times of crisis, we tend not to turn to baby carrots and things like that. Right. Yeah. right. Uh, I have not eaten ramen noodles as much as I have during this lockdown. And that's just, it's been a nice, easy sort of I thing. love ramen noodles. Yeah, no, me too. And right. you know, if you apparently if you go to Japan, they're, they're the that it's incredibly popular, as you would imagine. Yeah. But also the various, there are entire ramen Restaurants that and all different flavors, and it's it's just all the rage. I watched this show on Netflix, the second season of uh, I think it's called Ugly Delicious with David Chang, and this is a guy who I mean he's now an entrepreneur, but he was a chef. Went over to Japan, uh, you know, learned and worked at a, a basically a ramen noodle shop, yeah. and then came back over to the states and opened. And, and people were laughing at him, like, "Dude, what are you doing? You're stupid. You're stupid." Uh, you are a classically clean, uh, trained chef. You can, you know, you can make uh, amazing dishes, and you're going to open a noodle shop. And he's now like a multi gazillionaire. Yeah, and um, give the people what they want. Mm-hmm. That's what you got to do. Got to give them ramen. All right, uh, those are just a few things I thought you would appreciate headed into the weekend. A surprise edition of the Connoisseur mm-hmm. because Dan Soder ran quickly.
Bailey. Yep. Stay with us. We will take a quick break and come back in just a moment. This is take Nick McElwain's birthday for 1,000, Preston? All right, your clue. This local Philadelphia phenomenon visited the Preston and Steve show to play Jeopardy, therefore fulfilling one of Nick's bucket list dreams. Hmm. Who is 16-time Jeopardy champion Ryan Long? That is correct. Hey, see who is victorious. The Daily Rush video featuring Nick and Ryan's unofficial Tournament of Champions is available now on PrestonandSteve.com. Uh, speaking of... I'm curious because there's no treatment available right now, and they're trying all kinds of stuff. And I'm curious, have they ever considered trying ginger ale? <laughs> because in my house, <laughs> ginger ale fixed everything. Well, whatever you're sick, ginger ale is the is the go-to item. I never, so again, that would fall in the realm of drinks I immediately associate with being sick. Yes. There are two. Ginger ale. And Gatorade. And Gatorade. Ginger, I would. I never drink ginger ale or, and or Gatorade outside of an illness. <laughs> Gatorade for me was not uh, fixing the illness. It was after the illness was over. All right. Now after need, the loving. Now after the loving's gone. Right. No, but at, now we need to bring you back up to speed. We got to, you know, we got to get the liquids in, the electrolytes and all that stuff. Kathy? Yeah, so the ginger ale was, at least in my household, was to, if you had an upset stomach, it would sort of like settle your stomach or uh, whenever we had the flu or whatever, it was something that would, could go into the stomach, I guess, and you wouldn't throw it back up. I don't even know if that's true. Like, it, I'm assuming that's what you guys were told too. Like, is that true? Does that work? I, took, I don't know if it's true, uh, but that's I, yeah, what I was told. I thought it settled your stomach. Did you guys ever, because when we used to get uh, tummy aches growing up, we had, it was like Coke syrup. Um, yes. now, I, we talked about that. that. I posted this on My uh, tummy hurts! It was about a month ago that I was sick and I was at home and I had the flu and uh, I and I posted a picture because I, I just, yeah. I went, I just naturally went to ginger ale to fix the problem. And I took a picture of my ginger ale can, and I was like, Is it, was this a, a cure-all for anybody else in their household? And a lot of people said Coke syrup. I don't even know where you get Coke you syrup. You can get Coke syrup. Uh, I, you know, I don't know where you get it. We used to get it all the time. My mother always had it, and it was a way, again, it, it served that purpose. Uh, and then we switched to maple syrup. <laughs> okay. Which just drinking that was just great. No, no, but the Coke syrup had that sort of, it settled your stomach. Ginger ale? To me, Preston, at a certain point, maybe was just psychosomatic. Maybe we thought, oh, okay, uh, I guess I feel better now because I drank ginger ale. I don't know if it was psychosomatic or not because it automatically made me feel better. And so the three things that were the go-tos in in my household growing up, Preston, whenever me or my brothers, whenever any of us got sick, uh, number one was ginger ale. Number two saltines. Yeah. And by the way, specific brands were really important. Canada Dry Ginger Ale. Yeah. Uh, well, that's real Nabisco, ginger ale. Yeah. Nabisco. Yeah, I don't want any of that Seagram's crap. Yeah, you can forget it. Yeah. Uh, Nabisco saltines. And then the last, which was a staple, uh, Campbell's Chicken Soup. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we were premium saltines. Premium. Well, I, well, I don't know Would if that's... Would you like your crackers, huh? To tell you the truth, I don't know if that's the brand or if that's just like a... No, I think, Case, I think it is because that's what... Well, I'll look it up, I but that's what right. we, would, we would get to. Okay. Yeah. What does Bill Gates eat? I'm sure that's the brand. <laughs> premium. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the Coke syrup or the cola syrup was such a staple in my household. It was... It was kept in the medicine cabinet. It wasn't like it was in the spice cabinet. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We, it, what did it taste like, Case? I mean, it tasted like cola. It, yeah. It, it's just okay. Super yeah. sweet. And you would uh, take it by the, the spoonful. 
Uh, another thing that my a little concoction that my parents would whip up, and it would be when when a stomach w- uh, issue, I think it was, or maybe it was almost anything as well. It's just hard to remember. Is would be Sprite, and then they would put some uh, lime sherbet in it. Oh, yeah. So like I a, did, like, like, a couple dessert. scoops of lime sherbet, and then you pour Sprite in it. Oh my God, it was so good, and it really? was like a treat, you know. But but they were using it as some kind of medicinal thing, it's like a little bonus, a little bonus. There. <laughs> uh, to me, that that seems like the kind of thing it, you you are. It is a very tight slalom when your stomach is upset when you have something like that. To, for me, the go-to is always going to be regular Coca-Cola or ginger ale. Okay. If you start, I think, though, that sounds like it would be a good dessert. Yeah, right? totally. Would, would, would it help, or was it just like, if? because Jell-O was a go-to. Is it, do you think you could hold down some Jell-O? Right. Uh, I don't know if it worked. It made me happy, though. Yeah. yeah. It tastes good. <laughs> Kathy? Yeah, that was the thing. Like, when I started to, you know, into my adult years, I really didn't drink soda. And so when I would start to not feel good, that would be my excuse. I'd be like, oh, I, I'm going to get ginger ale. And then another thing that I found when I when I posted, a lot of people had said that the ginger ale, and I'm seeing text coming up, the ginger ale needed to be flat in order for it to work. Yeah, I'm down with that. I I I um I was always um I do like flat soda. I know that's kind of stupid, but I, I, I do. I don't like it overly bubbly. I like I, it inert and dead. I th- I always thought that the that the carbonation and the, the burping was assisting in whatever your issue was with your stomach, helping, here, man. helping to get, uh, you know. How do you flatten it? Will you just, like, stir it or With a hammer. Uh, yeah, use yeah. a hammer. No, I guess you leave it out. I, I, yeah, you, you, you open yeah, it up. just take the cap off. Yeah, yeah. just take the cap off and, and let it breathe like a fine wine. But you have to, but it takes a while, though. It takes, like, a About day, a month, right? It takes at least a yeah, day for it, would it to take go flat, lot. I would or imagine. So what do you, what do you just, do you, you constantly have one open at the for the ready? If you're civilized, you do. I guess you do. Uh, let me go. I don't know what Brendan wants to talk about. Hey, Brendan, good morning. Morning, Preston. How are you guys? Good. What's up, buddy? Not too much. Um, so my mom, she's a nurse. I mean, uh, knows a lot about the medical field, stuff like that. Um, and when I was growing up, I mean, I could be, you know, upset stomach, bleeding out my eye. <laughs> um, and I still wouldn't have to go to school or I still have to go to school. I mean, yeah. um, but basically, uh, the idea behind the ginger ale is that the, she told me they used to chew on the ginger root, um, and it actually helps with nauseousness and kind of vomiting and stuff like that. Well, then that. wouldn't, wouldn't right. figging help? Yeah. I think figging, yeah, it goes right? directly That's into your That's putting ginger in, in your butthole. Yeah. yeah, it goes right uh, into uh, your blood yeah. system. Why don't you try jamming some ginger in I your can, butthole? I can't. Uh, ginger has such a strong flavor to it. I can't imagine chewing on ginger root. It would have to be like a tiny piece. Yeah. Well, if you've never, yeah, for people who don't know, it makes a wonderful soda, but if you get it in its purest form, it'll lift Oof. your head off. Oof. I do, but you know what? Sometimes Thanks, it does. It actually helps, like, with my sinuses. I have a smoothie that has um, little tiny chunks of ginger in it, and if I'm having, like, some sinus issues and I drink that, it clears it out. Okay. All right, well, why do they put ginger with your, when you get sushi? They they give you ginger, and yeah, they ran is, out of Marianne. Is it's, that like a palate cleanser or something? It's pickled ginger, and I always assumed it to be a palate cleanser. Okay. Because you're going to some pretty extreme flavors sometimes from okay. sushi roll to sushi you roll. You want so. this in your body? What? Okay. They, they no. allow that? They give you the option. Wow. At Benny Hanna's, they do, but you don't want to put your ass over that heated. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, I will go to Dave. Hi, Dave. You're on the air. Good morning. How you doing, guys? Good. What's up, buddy? Uh, we used to use Burner's ginger ale. It was from uh, Michigan. 
and it has the highest amount of ginger in there. What's the name brand again? Burners. B-E-R-N. Burners. Okay. Never heard of it. And, uh, well, you can get it at Wegmans. Okay. Uh, It has the highest amount of ginger in there. My mom used to heat it up if we had a sore throat. If we had stomach aches, she would put milk in. It wouldn't curdle. That's the only ginger ale that would not curdle. All right, okay. so the, the notion of milk with ginger ale is a little uh, disturbing, but uh, I, then again, I like Coke and Pepsi with milk, so I guess it's sort of the same thing. But you say this pure form would always, you'd always get a good result with it? Yeah. yeah uh, all right. Always. So right, right now, COVID-19 doesn't have an aspect of it, uh, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a, a stomach thing for the most part. Yeah, it's obviously right. lungs and respiratory issues. But, uh, yeah, that I, when I get hit with things... When something, when I'm, you know, laid out, it's usually that. It's usually stomach, diarrhea, yeah. uh, you know, the, the vomiting, and, and that's what really wipes me out. I don't get whomped with a standard flu or a standard, um, you know, uh, lung thing, a respiratory thing. Is there a cure-all for a respiratory thing that's not medicinal? That's, you know what I mean, that's uh, like a soda or something. Like, I can't think of anything. I, I um, and insert Brussels sprouts rectally, okay. and uh, I All don't right. know if that's effective. But it's it's an old old Brussels sprouts. Oh, oh yeah, no, they, I, I let them go flat. Actually, I can't think of anything. Though I did, I was comforted to learn recently that the misconception that milk exacerbates congestion. Yeah, that that's not true. Yeah, yeah. I think if you get um like something respiratory, menthol cigarettes are probably probably very yeah. good. Yeah. Right. The more you can right. smoke, yeah. like, <laughs> and in fact, filterless Turkish cigarettes, minty freshness. Yeah. Yeah. Steve, Oh, sorry. Yeah. I don't think it was um, uh, for respiratory, but for sore throat, we would. Uh, my mom would wouldn't be afraid to give us a shot of Jameson's with uh, you know like a hot toddy, a little bit of honey, a hot tea, and a little shot of Jameson. Now that you loosened up, is... why not give mommy a massage? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear God, <laughs> you weirdo! <laughs> no, I think it, it was, and I think I think mostly it was to help us quote unquote sleep at the end of the night. Nick, but, that's uh, the, the equivalent yeah. of like yeah. a hot toddy. My 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 uh, my yeah. friend Jay Caruso uh, is a great guy. I remember. He, he would, I'd come over and he'd, he'd be rocking the hot toddies. And we were, you know, just in school and he'd get yeah, the lemon. Little, yep. Lemon, honey, hot tea, and then uh, and a little bit of Jameson's in there. Yep. Nice. All right. Let me go next to Mike. Hey, Mike, good morning. COVID 19. Yeah. COVID 19. <laughs> What's up, Mike? What's up? So, this isn't so much a remedy as my recovery. For some weird reason, after I have a really bad stomach bug, I crave McDonald's. Like you would not believe. Anything in particular off of the menu? Just cheeseburger, fries, and a soda. I don't know if it's my body trying to like get salt and sugar back into it or what. Mm, might be. Some sort of weird recovery thing. It, 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 it doesn't sound weird. It doesn't sound weird. But for some reason, and I, it was one Thanks, thing Mike. you got to learn is if you're craving stuff like that, your body's trying to tell you something. Yeah, usually. So you probably do need some sodium back in your system, and you probably need, you know, what go with the flow? If you feel it, do it, baby. Yeah, you do you. If you're rocking a hangover, which you know usually yes. is a, a, a headache and uh, you know upset stomach, greasy, salty stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's yep. your sort of your go-to. All right, Kevin wants to go to the the flat Coke. Hey, Kevin, you're on the air. Good morning. Tornado. <laughs> Tornado. Uh, maybe. <laughs> we'll see, man. What's up, buddy? Hey, I grew up. Uh, the same thing that you guys are talking about with ginger ale and everything, but a local thing that was in New Jersey is called Take a Boost or um, Drink a Toast. It's a, uh, it's again, it's like a flat Coke drink, 
and uh, they would mix it with a little bit of water. And um, it, again, it's like in the Riverside Delran area. But uh, I looked on their website for uh, takeaboost.com, and I found Parkwood PA and Franklin Mills PA where they sell it. And it's, oh. called, it's called Take a Boost, and it's sold as flat soda? It, it's it's basically like a flat cola. Huh. Uh, mm. Yeah, yeah, and you would, like, mix it with uh, either with water or with seltzer to make a soda. Mix it in with, uh, you know, like uh, making a milkshake kind of thing. All right. Okay. All right. That sounds That's good. Thanks, man. I was not uh, asking to talk. I was saying line one. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought Casey was going to go. Uh, Ken, you're on the air. Good morning. <laughs> Casey wanted me to go to you. Hey, Ken. Hey, it's Tim, not Ken. Hi, Tim. Right. What's up, buddy? <laughs> uh, years ago, I worked for Coca-Cola in New York. And what we used to do, we would supply the syrup to the pharmacies and they would bottle it and sell it as a cough syrup. So okay. you would bring d- directly pure um, Coke syrup, and then th- they would uh, brand it and do their own thing with it? Yeah, we would turn around and get it by the gallon, and the pharmacy would buy it by the gallon. Huh. And they would just turn around and bottle it up themselves. You can still get it the syrup now through Multiflow. He delivers to the firehouse up here where I'm at in Green Lane. Multiflow. And you can get it by the bottle, the gallon bottles. Gallon, gallon bottles. Oh my God, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that like to purchase the multi-flow? No, it's not about my period. <laughs> you're a pharmacist. You're selling it big time. It was an old Italian neighborhood. Okay. That was the big thing. I have no doubt. Yeah, I used to. I, as a kid, we'd we'd hear about it and use it all the time. Yeah, I mean Coke syrup. All right, thanks, Tim. Kathy, you had to have grown up in a family full of non-traditional. Uh, remedies, right? Yeah, mom. I mean, like I said, we we definitely did the ginger ale, and that's just something I associate with not feeling well. That the saltines, the uh, chicken noodle soup, um, ginger was used a lot. Preston, there were like ginger tea and stuff like that. Like I said before, um, you know, my mom would give me that for sinuses and stuff. Um, but did anybody mention the grape juice? No, no. no. So apparently, a lot of people think that grape juice will keep the stomach bug away if someone in your house gets it. So if, like, somebody in the house gets sick, you start drinking grape juice. And I originally thought it was, okay, maybe does it have something to do with the vitamins in it or whatever. But apparently, um, I, I looked it up, and, and the idea is that uh, some people claim that drinking gra- uh, grape juice changes the pH of your digestive tract, making it harder for the stomach virus to multiply. Huh. Oh, so there's legitimacy to it. I, I, I don't know. Maybe. Does the same go for uh, uh, red wine then, Kev? <laughs> Perfect. I don't yeah. know, but that's a really good point. Okay. I, have, I have caught the virus yet. <laughs> I feel great. And I got a little wedge of fig in my butt. <laughs> Wow. Uh, Casey, just to just to make you feel better, uh, you and I did share the same brand of saltines growing up. It was Nabisco was premium brand. So Nabisco oh, okay. saltines were also known yeah. as premium saltines. So that was it was Nabisco, premium, and then uh, Canada dry ginger. Thanks Nabisco for knocking him off his high horse there. <laughs> What's hey, it? Is Zesta a brand? Yeah. Yeah, that's what yes, we had. That's, the, that's, in the red okay. box. that's yeah. the uh the Keebler. Yes. Yep. Yeah, the that's yep. pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> Other oh, home that's remedies. A good crack. <laughs> when you guys did, we all get um, chicken pox here. Yes, yeah, I did. I did. I did. did you guys take um, baking soda baths? No, uh, no, but we did the dance of the seven veils. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> I remember if, getting like a poison ivy or something like that, and doing something similar, taking a bath that eat maybe oh. Epsom salt or I don't remember oatmeal. But. 
It was like an oatmeal type stuff. You, okay. you're, you're talking about for the, for the chicken? Well, box? no, for chicken pox, it was definitely baking soda. Was I mean, it? Yeah, and okay. I don't know if that like helped uh, dry out the the sores on your body or whatever. Uh, well, baking soda. That's another one too. That's mm-hmm. kind of some people baking. brush their teeth with that stuff. I, baking yeah. soda My is mom. the most mm-hmm. utility. It's just an astonishing <laughs> amount of stuff it can do. Your mom, Kathy? Yeah, she she brushed her teeth with baking soda for a while. Um, and she used like, and then she she did move to like baking soda based toothpaste. And she tried maybe to it's time to change things up. <laughs> she tried to get me to use it. It's so disgusting. It's like, like I was I would gag while I was brushing my teeth. It, well, I'm sure is it just because the gritty nature of it, or did it taste uh, and the bad? taste too, like a little bit on the tongue? Yeah, it, it was it was gross. I didn't work like in it. there, Kathy. It's gonna really work out nice. <laughs> You can have some beautiful choppery through the door. I'm going to go to Jeff. Hi, Jeff. You're on the air. Good morning. Gadzooks. Gadzooks, my man. What's up? Hey, so uh, you're talking about uh, ginger. So my concoction that I do is uh, I'm kind of a bigger guy, and um, so I get really bad heartburn and acid reflux. So what I do is I take uh, apple cider vinegar, yeah. and I do ginger root. I chop up ginger root in it. And then uh, a cup of um, sugar-free or diet cranberry juice. Okay. And I drink that every night. Helps out. I don't have any acid reflux, any heartburn anymore. Wow. Um, doesn't did, did doesn't you... matter what I doesn't matter what I eat. I could eat Indian food. I could eat hot wings. You know, it doesn't matter. It kill it. It knocks it right out. And Jeff, I did no you problem. did you did you create this yourself, or did you get it recommended to you? So I saw online that the combination of apple cider vinegar and ginger was was really good for heartburn, but it's absolutely gross to drink by itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so um, I decided just to add some some diet juice to it. Uh, so that way I wasn't adding any sugar or anything along those lines. And uh, it, it, it cures my problem every single time. Wow. Never Didn't know that. that. That's yep. very interesting. So ginger yep. root, cranberry juice, or it has to be sugar-free cranberry juice, and apple cider vinegar. Yep. Right. I mean, I don't. it probably doesn't have to be, uh, you know, sugar-free or diet, but... You know, it's just the route that I ended up going. Okay. You cool. know, you were, ta- you were talking about something, um, you know, um, coronavirus-related and upper respiratory things. Uh, I was talking to Dr. Mike, and, and he is of a, of a mind, as are a number of other doctors, that the Neomed, keeping your nasal passages moist, keeping them uh, irrigated, basically. Mm-hmm. I do it like four times a day now because the virus gains access through the tip of your nose on the inside. Yeah. That's the most likely place for the virus to enter your body. Well, and it, it plays in part to Remember Casey brought up last or a couple weeks ago staying hydrated. Like it's, it's, it's exactly. It, yeah. Yeah, you're exactly right, Kathy. The hydration is, is, is a critical element. So, so doing that little thing, he believes, and I think it seems accurate from what everyone's saying, might be a nice little level of defense against the COVID-19. COVID-19. Uh, hang on. Let me go to uh, Kyle because this is interesting. I was asking how you, you know, how you get soda to go flat right away. A lot of people are calling me an a-hole and saying you just shake it up. And, uh, <laughs> and I, I, were they, were they using such supportive language but as a-hole? If you were to do that, you'd have to shake it up, burp it, do it again, do it mm-hmm. again, do it again, do it again, right? And would it eventually, I wonder how long it would take to go flat. We don't have time for that person. Yeah, that's right. The COVID-19. 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 Let me go to Kyle. Kyle, you're on the air. Hey, good morning, guys. Sorry to bother you at work. Sorry, man. What's up? All right, right. so you're talking about the flat soda, all right? And uh, an easy trick that I do, um, just a little bit of white sugar inside the soda to go flat immediately. Uh, Really? Really? 
Yeah, if you're going to use, like, a two-liter or something like that, maybe, like, two spoonfuls, um, it'll fizz like crazy. And you're, then, you're yeah. a little alchemist, you are. So That's just, interesting. Uh, that, so uh, that probably would work, though. I don't know if I can handle. I don't, you know. Well, I guess you could do maybe diet soda because now I can't handle fully sugared yeah. soda. Sweet is yeah, too yeah. much for me. So sweet. Have a yeah, four loco. Oh, I've never tried that. But if you're gonna try, you know, Coca Cola, ginger ale, something like that, half a spoonful of sugar per. Yeah. Uh, okay. Glass. Nick. Another option would be to, just to go to my grandmother's house because uh, she never had soda that wasn't flat in her refrigerator. Yeah. <laughs> Why is that? Or I can I give know. you some ice cream that's got a sheet of ice on top of it. Although it was uh, slice, slice soda, not even Sprite or yeah. or Seven Up, slice. My friend's mother would put, and this could be a whole other conversation, uh, a spoon in the soda in yes. the bottle. Right, Kathy? My grandmother, too. So you put the spoon in upside down, Steve, so the handle goes in and touches the soda, and that's supposed to keep it from going flat. Right, (laughs) Kathy? I I actually had no idea why she did that. Yeah, that's apparently the rumor is it keeps it from going flat. It's a total myth. And you also have to make love to the devil (laughs) (laughs) with the spoon. Yeah, all those grandmother things, all those uh, fixes. My mom is a big uh, advocate of uh, mint, like peppermint. Um, she usually has like a, a mint peppermint lifesaver uh, in the morning. She can't eat in the morning. Her her stomach, for some reason, is is upset every morning. Does she put the lifesaver on a plate with a, like a knife and fork next time? <laughs> no, no. But um, Santa Claus brought her like a bag of like 200 peppermint individually wrapped uh, lifesavers because he knows. you nice. got the worst Santa Claus in the world. <laughs> and then... Uh, Whenever we go out to eat, we go to a, the, a couple of different little uh, uh, delis around our house, um, and she likes to have a York peppermint patty. Oh, I, I agree with that. Oh, After good. she gets done eating, like a little tiny one, and that settles her stomach. We don't have time to go to this call because we got a break, but Valerie was saying peppermint and Himalayan salt helps with respiratory system, can help oh. open it up a little bit. I so believe that. So- yeah, well, that. That salt cave, that's what it is. It's filled with Himalayan salts. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. and lifesavers. Okay. And lifesavers. Wow. <laughs> uh, I did not know. Well, interesting. I just was curious if they if they considered using uh, ginger ale as a cure-all for... COVID-19! COVID-19! Have they tried it? I'm just curious. All right, we need to take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us. If you like what you hear, you can see it, too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on PrestonandSteve.com. Hey, you've heard us talking about Krista. She's beautiful, classy, and brilliant, and she's so easy. Krista is Stephen's most loved engagement ring. Picture her, a bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant-cut diamond expertly set into a classic, solitaire, Tiffany-style setting. Krista will guarantee you a yes. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on Krista to check her out. Visit Stephen's showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. You buy real diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. It's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. All right. (laughs) We've been dying to talk about this show. By the way, this is a warning. There are going to be spoilers. If you've wanted to see Tiger King and have not seen it yet, we're going to be revealing information. It's not going to make it any less entertaining if you do hear what we have to say. But there are a lot of things in this documentary, a lot of of, um, bombs that are dropped, so to speak, in each episode where you just go... 
It just went up another level. <laughs> what are you talking about? So I think the full spoiler approach, because listen, we have to talk about just to just just to compare notes with other people. Yeah. I think this is going to incite more people to watch it because you're going to say, you've got to be kidding me. By the way, and as Kathy as dressed as Carol Baskin this morning, uh, she's at her home, but you can't see it, but uh, she's posting uh, pictures <laughs> on social media. Come Halloween, oh. if you have a group... Yeah. Of about 20 people, there's plenty to get out of just this show alone. 20 people could go out as a group costume. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm looking at the list of characters uh, from this documentary, and there there are so many of them that have a personal distinctive style that you can easily dress a group yeah. of 20 people as the cast yep. of Tiger King. It's yes. unbelievable. Um, so if, if you haven't seen it yet and you, and you want to plan for Halloween now, take a look, man. I saw, and I, I wish I would have, um, at least screen captured this tweet because basically all they did in this tweet was, um, in a very, very, very succinct way, they put everything that happened in the seven, uh, episode documentary in, in one very succinct 250 character oh, tweet. Funny. Yes. Okay. Sure. And well, it's ridiculous. Well, again, what it what it is, and I saw someone else describe it, it's it's um as nuclear it's nuclear white trash meets Shakespeare. Mm. It's it's a Shakespearean <laughs> yeah. drama with yeah. with characters and betrayal and love and and, and everything you'd, and, you'd, and, you'd associate with a classic Shakespearean work. Yeah. And, but carried out and again, <laughs> so uh, while well, we're talking, all, all the reins are off. Basically, if you don't understand what it's about, a documentarian uh, approach, there's this, we've talked about this many times. In fact, Nick has mentioned many times on the show we bring it up. It's, it's, it's a fun fact. There are more tigers uh, in the, in the, uh, in, captivity. Con- in captivity in the continental United States than there are. Uh, you know, anywhere in else wild. in the world, right? Yeah. In the wild. Yep. Yep. So, and especially like in Texas and in Florida and, and some other states. So a, a crazy amount. And there is a, sort of a seedy underworld to these roadside zoos. Yeah. But the characters that populate them are the cast of Tiger King. Yep. Kathy? So before we get into all of it, I just want to tell you guys a quick story. My parents took me to one of these places when I was a baby. No There's kidding. A picture, my, and, and both of them searched for it for like the past couple of days because I told them we were going to talk about this. They also watched the show. But one was, of these exact places well, that was in the show? I, no, I'm okay. not sure if it was one of these exact places. It was in Tampa. And I know Carol Baskin's place is in Tampa, but yeah. um, that's where we were. We were in Tampa and there's a picture of me uh, as a baby. I was probably one uh, with my mom and dad and a baby tiger and uh my dad said yep we we went to a place similar to this where you could go you had the experience the tigers the baby tigers were were running around you um yeah so it was and we searched for the damn picture and we couldn't find it they've been they've been around for years or years ago we went to a place in florida that was called lion country safari it was one of these where you stay in your car and they basically had all these acres of land and the tiger and the lions were out there you know the way you do any sort of drive-through zoo so that was the scenario this is wholly other all right. So, you know what? Feel free to call him. Yeah, what do you want to talk about? So here's how I'd kind of like to, to get the discussion started, because we're going to operate under the assumption everybody listening has heard this. Not everybody has, but we're, we're going we're to speak as if we've all seen this together. Um, who... Who do you who do you like the most and who do you hate the most? I think we okay. all maybe agree on who we like the most, right? <clears throat> uh, I well, actually, some of us right, do. I'll tell you who I, I found the most... Like. <laughs> 
the most sincere and um, the most, there are a couple, but uh, Kelsey, the girl who had her arm, so. Her arm ripped off. She, yeah. she becomes a, an employee yep. of the GW, of Joe Exotic's zoo. <laughs> Five days into her job, she's doing something not quite right. The a tiger rips the lower part of her left arm off. Yeah. Just days later, mm-hmm. she's five back days. at work five yeah. days because she didn't want to make the zoo and Joe look bad. By the way, Joe went into the the the, yeah. uh, the gift shop and made sure he told everybody they could have their money back if they wanted. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. Because yeah. and someone's the, arm okay. had just and, been ripped off. Wait, and his com- his comment of uh, "I'm never going to financially recover from this." Not that the girl had left. <laughs> yeah, with, uh, right. her Arm ripped off. Yeah. So so going back to our favorite characters, we'll, we'll go around the room here. I think Casey and I agree on our favorite. Yes. Uh, Eric, the guy with the long red that's, hair. That's me too. I'm with yeah. you on that. Yep. He, he seemed to really love the animals. He does. He was kind of a he was a guy that that didn't have much going on in his life, and he found a home. He found somewhere. Answered yeah. to that on Craigslist. Yeah, yep. uh, and, and so he, he he's he's really uh, he, he, there are a few people who are purely in it and actually give a rat's ass about the animals. Sadly. Most do not. Yeah. When yeah. he uh, when he had to go in and testify, and they interview him later on, he was hammered. Yeah, you could tell that he, he passes just, out on his bed. Yeah, he had just had it, and yep. he's got like a stuffed tiger next to him on the yeah, much like Kathy does. Nick, right how about you? <laughs> Yeah, he's one of my favorites as well. I found him really um, genuine, and there were a lot of people who were disingenuous. Yeah. All right. And uh, the, do you want to go to the ones that I because I don't want right, to talk about the one that I hate? All right. Doc Antle. Uh, really. I, I was can't most stand that guy. I, I, I don't like him, but I was most fascinated by yeah. him. So Doc, Doc, I'll, is, I'll is, tell you why. Yeah, go ahead, Nick. Well, because he seems to me like he's uh, Joe Exotic, but just more sophisticated in uh-huh. his scam. He, yeah. He's got he, more polish. He, yeah. yeah, he's got more polish. He's got more money. He has a, a bit of a higher end clientele, and, and he's, he and goes he's, out of. And Nick, he's running uh, a cult, so he has the as he's he, the way he's not only a cult. He's, he is just the, the worst of the womanizer types. He'll yeah. bring in the, these teenage girls and, and completely blindside them and get them to to subscribe to him as almost this deity-like character. Yes. And so I find him to be o- overall, of all the people on the show, the most reprehensible. Yeah. So in that, in that vein, Nick, if I may, may uh, tag on to what you're saying, uh, her name is Barbara Bella Fisher. She is one of the people. She's She got out of the cult. Of the of Doc's cult, it was one I of liked the girls. Her too. Yeah, so she's at yeah. her home talking about it, and she left when the requirement came up to have sex with him and get a boob job. Right. Yeah. So she said, "Maybe this isn't what I want to do." Well, then but who's your who, the who's your least favorite, Steve? My least favorite might be. There's so many that are least favorites. Um, as I'm going through the list here. Uh, Jeff Lowe. Yeah, me too. Jeff Lowe. I hate that guy. Is, is so, <laughs> oh, my he, God. Not only is he a dumbass scumbag, yep. he's a backstabbing scumbag. He sets in motion. Like the guy, um, also Alan Glover, who is the guy that Joe Exotic um, sort of wants to hire as the, as the quote-unquote hitman. Um, yeah. He, he, so he's he's a, a useful idiot for Jeff Lowe, but Jeff Lowe is the the me the, the most um, the sinister the most sinister one. Now the biggest scumbag I believe is the guy who was the basis for Scarface, Mario. I don't know to, to Bory. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. He, he, this they only a, touched on him just a little wait, who bit. Who was that? He's, he's the, the guy who's who, outside of Miami, who right? Talks, yeah, he did 12 years in prison for, oh, uh, yeah. for drug dealing. He, yeah, yeah. he drives oh, up like in, in, a, in a Bentley. Uh, and, and he's also, uh, he goes, uh, you know, they say that I, they, they apparently chopped up a federal agent with a circular saw. With but a he, circular saw? He said, I wasn't holding the saw. Yeah. But I was there. I was there. But yeah, so, but so he goes, so, you know, I got they, they got me for that. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Oh, my God, I forgot about that guy. That's insane. Uh, yeah, I, uh, the thing about Jeff Lowe, too, that I just can't stand, and there's not one single scene of him without a bandana and a hat on. <laughs> so, both of them, the bandana on the head, the hat on top of the bandana, and I'm like, dude, that is just... <laughs> there's just so much to hate. Oh, and, and there's add, so much to hate about this guy. Add on to that the fact that, uh, this guy is... So at a, for a brief period, uh, and again, use this in, as enticement if you haven't seen the show and you're just listening. This guy is is smuggling cubs in luggage into Vegas. He had a scam yeah. running mm-hmm. where they had a cab service that they briefly tried to get up and running. Where uh, where you're on your way to a casino or whatever, you can sit in the back of the cab and pet tiger cubs. Right. But they literally show them stuffing uh, tiger cubs in, and I mean, like barely fitting into a suitcase and wheeling them into Horrible. the yeah. yeah, wheeling them into so, so they could get them up to the hotel room. Yes, and have parties exactly. In the hotel room with a bunch of ladies. Yeah, Kathy, who's your, your who do you hate the most on that I, show? I mean, who I'm dressed as, Carol Baskin. I mean, <laughs> when I first started to watch it, I thought, well, she's just annoying, but like she's not like the rest of them. By the end of the documentary, she's just like the rest of them, probably worse because she most likely killed her husband and fed it to a lion. And fed him to a lion. You know what's telling about her is that uh, the way she laughs, because she laughs after the thing. She says she has the crazy (laughs) laugh. Yeah, she's got the crazy laugh. And the story of her and her first husband. Oh, my God. How they met and... Yeah. Long story short, she ends up holding a gun on him while they're driving around town. It's that bizarre. So the way we tell the story, the first husband is wealthy, right? You're going to tell it. No, go ahead. Okay. So she is walking down the street. She had a fight with her ex-husband or her her, her fiance or husband at the time. He sees her, picks her up, or he says, "Why don't you get in the truck? I'll take you where you need to go." And she's like, "No, I'm not going to get in the truck with you." He goes, "Well, I have a gun in here. You can hold it on me, and that way you'll know it's safe." And she holds a gun on him. Okay, the whole time that they're driving around, and then spends the night with her. Relationship started out Mm -hmm. just insane, and then. That whole storyline of how he's this womanizer and freely um, open about it, and then he goes missing. And it's just, so you hate him the most, or hate her the most. They also brought up a point, and I didn't know this, that apparently, and this is a fact because I looked it up, there's enough acid in a tiger's stomach to dissolve yeah. bones. Yeah. The yeah. bones, yeah. They, yeah. they did and say so something like that. Subsequent to this, Preston, I don't know if you saw this, it was just in the news the other day, uh, they are the authorities are looking into reopening the uh, missing persons case of Don Lewis. Yeah, yeah the because, sheriff is. Yeah, I mean the night he went missing, and by the way, she also uh, has released a statement about all of this and his disappearance, and basically smeared his whole character and all that's where. Oh, he was. He had Alzheimer's. He was crazy. Blah blah blah. But he went missing. They found his van at an airfield, and it just so happened that she left at 3 o'clock in the morning to go get tiger food. Well, and there, broke there's, down. there's a multitude of things. And that, broke down, that broke Yeah, and yeah. broke it down. <laughs> there, and also, leading up to it, he's telling everyone she's crazy. Yeah. She's crazy. She, now, she's not, one of, go ahead, Nick. 
I was just going to say, Carol and Joe Exotic both have that, <clears throat> when, you, when you go through the series, I think they both started off with good intentions. And, and her whole mission initially uh, was to, you know, to free these cats, to get them out of captivity, and, and to start this uh, campaign to do so. And then she ended up just with a different version of a zoo. Preston, if you could go go to line um, five, Matt, he's got an observation that I think is is true in a little, uh, on a level. Matt, you're on the air. Good morning. Oh, sorry. Let me try that again. Hey, Matt, now we can hear you, bud. Hey, Nanapuya. How you guys doing? Nanapuya. What's up, dude? <laughs> so, uh, me and my buddies were talking about this, as pretty much everybody is. And uh, my one friend has a good point. The guy with no legs who lost him in a ziplining accident. Was John, John Reinke is his name, I think. Yeah. I think so. He's right. the most normal person in the show. And he has no legs. Like, that's just... So here's a guy who overcomes. He says he wasn't going to be able to walk. He's got basically from the knees down. He's got artificial legs. Now, Preston, maybe you can explain this to me. He says it was a zip lining accident, but in the footage that they show, it looks like it's a bungee. Yeah, I I don't know. No, it, was, it, was, it was zip lining. It was zip lining. Yeah, it was definitely zip lining, and um, and he fell, and I guess he landed on his feet, and and it just completely well shattered, shattered everything. Well, it was he, he could walk after that. He said, but he kept walking. He he wasn't supposed to be walking, mm-hmm. and he ended up ruining his legs because of yeah. it. And they had to uh, they had to amputate. But he, he also, I, I I would agree with uh, Matt on that. That he he his heart seems to be in the right place. Yeah, agreed. Uh, <laughs> Can we get into a little bit about Joe Exotic and his husbands who really weren't gay? Yes. Okay. So, and and listen. And this redefines. This conversation we're having as if everybody's seen the show. If you haven't, then this is going to be a tad bit confusing for you. But yeah, he was, uh, Joe was, uh, he married two guys. He's, Joe is gay. Um, and as the story progresses, we find out mm-hmm. that the guys are, are really, they're, they're either trying, they're being with him because he is an enabler and is allowed to supply them with money that can get them uh, meth or drugs or whatever drugs they may do, pot and meth and exactly. so Exactly. And that maybe they, and, and listen, some addicts will do, well, they'll do that. Yeah. yeah. They, they'll they do will, whatever they, they can. will do whatever they can. It's right. not an old story, but so the, the, the boyfriends then beca- uh, slash husbands would be John Finley, who is the guy who is famous for having well, like three teeth in his head to when the when the series was on uh was it uh what's the other one the, travis travis yeah. so incredibly tragic too. and then dylan who's the guy who was the last boyfriend did they marry yes uh, yeah they like, did he marry two months two after months travis after. Died. after yeah so dylan. let's talk about let's travis. talk about if you're talking about one of the oh my god moments of yeah. any series you will ever see yes there's a scene where uh the guy is um who is the the campaign manager i forgot his name okay oh, yeah. I, I have it here i, I joshua this... dial right so joshua dial is sitting in the office so at, at a brief point you guys know who have watched the show joe exotic decides to run for first president and then <clears throat> tams it down to governor right he hires a guy who says what the hell this is interesting. I'll, I'll try to you know, go along with this. And so um, one of uh, Joe's husband slash boyfriends comes in, and he's been walking around playing with guns. Travis he's, likes to point guns at people, by the right, way. And wake people up holding guns on them. Mm-hmm. So, in fact, uh, he'd done it multiple times. He goes into this office, and you're seeing a security camera in the office. This is real footage. The guy's sitting there talking to Travis, who you can't see. Right. And he's holding a gun and playing with a gun. And then you see a flash. Yep. And he blows his he blows his brains out yep. right in front of him. 
and 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 this is on this is footage right there and you you see Josh this guy sitting there frozen with his uh-huh. mouth open so much so in Casey and I were saying I'm sure everybody did you thought maybe your TV screen froze because it was so it's an extended amount of time he's sitting there with his mouth open but there's a time uh, a, a counter in the corner you can see this moving so it's it's live video of him just sitting there trying to process what he just saw this guy accidentally kill himself in front of him. Right, and he oh. gets up, and he, and, and K- Kathy, if you remember, he goes over and says, I, he was known to be a practical joker. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, wait, you, what, you think it was an accident? I do think it was an accident. Oh, yeah. because I thought he killed himself. No. Well, so you, he had also talked about how he wanted to kill himself, but did. what he was saying was that he pointed the gun at the campaign manager, and, and the campaign manager's like, don't do that, and then Travis says, you can't, Fire the because it's a Ruger and Rugers won't fire if something. I, no, I don't. He said there's no clip, meaning a magazine in it, yeah, right. or some along those lines. But there are there are multiple shots in this show where people are just going around popping off rounds. In fact, there's one Dude. where Joe is pointing the, the 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 gun right at the camera. And he does it like a few times. Yeah, and then he moves the gun to the side and starts shooting. And I'm like. That thing was loaded? Yeah. And you're pointing it at a cameraman? You're insane! Not only that, he's playing with a couple of his female employees. Yes! And he's shooting at their feet. Yeah, like, like And they're laughing. And, they're I, la- and they were laughing. You're right, Kathy. I'm like, <laughs> it's only a matter of time before somebody dies if you're oh doing that. Without question. Somebody's going to get shot and killed, and that's exactly what happened. Do you want to play a quick wow. audio clip of Joe to kind of put in context the kind of guy we're talking about? Yeah, which one? I, they, I've got a uh, clip there's, he, there, So it turned Tornado's coming, so uh, Joe decides the thing to do is to hop on his ATV and ride out to look at the tornado. All right, All right. Uh, hang on. Man, there, wow, we have a lot of clips. Yeah, I thought we only had three. There's a lot of clips. Uh, here, <laughs> damn it. Here we go. <laughs> it's just the thing you don't want when you have tigers, folks. It's a real-life tornado, and there ain't nothing you can do besides protect yourself. Ugh. Which, by the way, for those who haven't seen this and you're like, I can't watch these rednecks just because it's not my thing. Yeah, yeah. It's beyond that. You can <laughs> you watch can. this. It's it's unbelievable. And I, I think, and we have to address this because we only have a limited amount of time. We're going to talk about this. The best scene in the entire thing is the fat dude riding the jet <laughs> the ski. Jet ski. James. James Garrison. It was uh, and my wife and I are sitting and watching this, and all of a sudden they show it, and I am laughing my ass and off. So James Garrison is also one of the biggest pricks in the whole thing because yes. he's the one who's manipula- contacts the FBI, yeah. and manipulates the whole thing. And by the way, and guys, this is what I just realized this morning. Do you know what song was playing when they cut to him for the first time on the Wave Runner? Is it I of the Tiger? It's I of the Tiger. <laughs> it's hilarious. He's bouncing along. His jowls are jiggling. And, oh, my God. His hair, like, and, blowing in the wind. By the way, they all have awesome haircuts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, I, and it, it serves no purpose in the entire documentary. They Nothing. just said it was probably his idea. Yeah. And, you know, you got to get shots of me right on the jet ski. And then they were like, how can we not put this in this documentary? It's so priceless. Well, the how one- about that guy, Alan Glover, the, the guy that was supposedly going to be the hitman for Carol Baskin uh, at the end of the whole series doing an interview in the bath. Yeah, he's sitting there in his bath and he's talking about, I wasn't going to A bubble bath. Right. right. In, in some trailer. What? In, in, I, okay. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll shoot you in the bathtub. Sure, why not? To Nick's point uh, about... about 
about Thank Doc, about uh, the uh, Doc, Doc Antle. Right, Doc yeah. Antle. So Doc Antle is always orchestrating shots. I'm going to get on the couch here, and you yeah. get the. Uh, and so he's always aware of, of his of uh, of his image. <laughs> he becomes the director a few times. Yeah. What do you guys? I mean, overall. What parts of Joe Exotic did you find most endearing? Because he, he's he's a complicated character, which is, I think is part no. of the reason why the show is so appealing. Is that it's, he's not black and white. You're right. There were there were moments of of um, I, I guess uh, uh, bizarrely a little bit of sympathy I had for the guy. But then again, I would I would remind myself of the videos that he's putting together, shooting mannequins and pretending like it was Carol Baskin, lover or hater. That's a pretty damn you know terrible message to be sending. Uh, but but that was like jaw dropping. I was like, yeah. what? is he really doing that? I, how could you not be moved uh, when uh, during uh, uh, the, uh, the the boyfriend's uh, oh my God, funeral. funeral when um, in Jeez, front oh of the God. family, the mom, oh the mom, he talks about now. Travis was the kind of fella who would take his balls out and rub them in your face. I swear to God, at the at the That's services, the service. he's service. saying this. You know, he's pulling his balls out, and and he was saying it in a heartfelt way. And he yeah. was. He's like, those of you who work around here, you've seen his nuts before. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Save, oh, that, save and, that for a different time. And mom was sitting right down front. And she just can't effing believe it. Though mom, m- listen, Although mom. Yeah, mom. Yeah. Yeah. Mom, mom. I think he was supplying mom's habits, too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of calls coming in. Let me let me just go to uh, a couple of here. I'm going to go to Dale. Hi, Dale. You're on the air. Good morning. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. What's up, Dale? My favorite part of the whole thing was the Walmart pizza. Oh, oh my God. Right, Oh, my God. So gross. These people were getting trash cans of expired meat and then putting it on pizza and eating it. And serving it. And so they, they had they set up a pizza thing right right next to, on the, on the, the grounds, right next to an open cage of, of feces-ridden tigers. And, and so literally... Meat that had expired, that was being thrown out from Walmart, was going to, going over there with ostensibly to be fed to the tigers, yes. but was ending up on the pizza. And, and, not and only the that, workers, and were, the workers. That's what, yeah, Kathy. Yeah. That's what they would subside on was that that expired meat. And you know what? And that's one thing they just kind of glanced over a little bit were the conditions that these people were living yeah. in, because the the majority of the of the documentary shows. You know the zoo and and what you're seeing and and those those enclosures and things look like they were sturdy and they were yeah. they were well constructed and everything and then at one point they just go into where the the staff is living, roaches, rats. rats. It's disgusting. Yeah. Well, like a hundred bucks a week, I think was like one of the higher salaries yeah. there. Yeah. I guess they they you know they they got free room and board. They lived there yeah. and, and got to eat off eat the, the discarded <laughs> meat from Walmart. Yeah, the expired meat from Walmart. That's when I started to like that guy Eric though. When he was like, yeah, like we got to eat, so I we got to pick through it first. I know. Oh Dale, what were you gonna say? Yeah, but they were working like sixteen hour days. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 You're, you're and only getting a hundred bucks and that's what yeah. I'm standing there at that trash can saying, oh, look, there's a T-bone. <laughs> I haven't in a while, you know? Honestly, you're exactly Thanks, Dale. right, Dale. Yeah. All right, so we, we had already touched on this just a little bit. Uh, when when the worker had her arm ripped off by the tiger, yeah. and obviously Joe goes in, he goes, I'm never going to financially be able to recover from this. The part that, that threw me for the biggest loop was when he went into where the patrons were, and he's saying that you, yeah, you can get your money back if you want. But he says to them, uh, one of our workers had his arm, uh, had their arm ripped off by a tiger. So I'm like, 
There's a better way. We've had a, we've had a security incident here yes. today, and so folks, we'd love you to come back. Hey, one of our trainers just had literally their arm ripped off by one of our attractions. Oh. So everyone's going to get a free condom. Uh-huh. By the way, they do refer to her as a female in uh, in the documentary series, but um, afterwards she said she is you know refers to herself as a he. She's okay. identified. Okay. I didn't know that. Nick, what were you going to say? She's, yeah, she's transgender, right, Kath? Uh, I, I, I guess I don't. Okay. I, I don't know. I just know that she said uh, that. Well, she goes she identifies by as male. I identifies I got as you. Okay. Male. So I brought him up yesterday in case I know how you feel about him. But I, there was something about that Rick Kirkham guy, the producer that I liked, the guy with the cowboy hat, and I think maybe it was just because he didn't. Um, he didn't present anything that that he was talking about with any levels of BS. He just was straightforward. He's like, this is what I do. I'm a reality show producer. And I believe he's part of the reason why all of this footage exists. Because it's five years worth of footage. No, his but footage no, is all burned. gone. It all burned down, Nick. So where did the... He how, was, not all of it, I don't think. I think... Um, well, every everything they filmed for that reality show... Uh, that he was going to be producing is it's gone. They it burned down. Which, by the way, I think Joe did that. Of course he did. I think. Oh, of course he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was to get rid of as much evidence as he yeah. could have. So, so for, if you're not familiar, Joe is currently in jail right now. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but but so, twenty two years. So Nick Kirk. Kirkham's um, story was he was one of these old-time newspapers, uh, TV, current affair. Yep. Uh, he worked on the show with um, with Bill O'Reilly. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, the uh, F it, we'll do it live era. That yeah. He was one of the reporters who would go out and do stuff. And he, was, so, and he, was he like knew he little- had gold. Oh yeah! He, he, like everything that he was filming, he was like, "This is going. This is much better than I ever thought it was going to be." Well, that's what he said. He's like, "This was going to be my retirement. This, this yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. We sold this. It was going to be. It was going to be huge." Uh, I think the whole documentary is telling because he's the first one that that they actually interview that they show, and it's like it's, it's right great. out of film noir. He goes, "Where should I start?" Yeah, I guess the beginning, and then he lights a cigarette. <laughs> Takes a big drag, exhales. He's like, it's a messed up story. <laughs> and he, it's awesome. Boom, man. So he lives in Norway now. He, what? He, he left oh, no the country. Kidding. Yeah, he lives in Norway now, uh, and, and he sets it off. But, uh, yeah, you, you, that is an interesting aspect, going back to the earlier point. Uh, because there are levels, except for a few of the scumbags like Jeff Lowe, there's li- literally nothing. There's no moment in which you go, I can kind of see this guy's point. No. <laughs> but what it does no. is a good documentary, Steve, though, in the beginning, in the first few episodes, is you kind of, uh, you know, at first you're like, oh, this Joe dude is, is uh, th- th- this guy's a scumbag. And then they start to show Carol's story and we'll go, well, wait a minute here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, by the letter of the law, he's not doing anything illegal. But so, and then you so, almost so take you, his side for So a you start bit. going back and forth yeah. between who you believe, who you like, who you dislike, and that's a well done documentary. Well, my inclination, like with Carol, is to go, okay, she's now interceding on behalf of the animals. Right. Then you look at her facility, she's. Yeah. Not paying her staff, she's she's yeah. using all sorts of slimy tricks to get the people to work for her under the auspices of I'm doing the right thing for animals. Yeah. And of course, we firmly believe she fed her dead husband to a tiger. Yeah, Marissa. Oh there was just that one episode. It rolled in as the beginning of one, and they were like, "Oh, Carol's this, you know, human rights or this animal rights activist." And then they show the tape of her. Oh, I want to start my own animal kingdom. This right. is, you should invest. And they had that videotape, and I was like, "Oh my god, yeah. this just it rolls." So well. Yeah, it's possible. 
except maybe for her. Maybe I, I don't know. I think some of these people may have started off with good intentions, and then they started. I, I, yeah, they, they got into the world of money and the showmanship behind it too. Because you look, they're all doing magic shows and stuff. Yeah. Even Doc Antle, just these illusions and magic. You know, some kind of a really, really cheap. You know, a Siegfried and Roy thing. So ultimately, too, and, and again, if you're worried, if you're an animal, listen, there's stuff there that's going to be troubling to watch, but 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 that's the, the focus. The real zoo, the real animals are the people in, in this thing because oh, yeah. that collection yeah. is, you know. Case. Uh, hey, um, uh, Connor, can you pull that one graphic up, the Saturday Night Live graphic, and, and just have Preston read it because this, this was the... Basically, the summation of the seven-part series, basically in in one sentence. All right, while he's pulling that up, Kathy, you wanted to say something? No, I was just going to say, like, in the beginning, I thought that Joe Exotic did have good intentions and, you know, that that he wasn't so bad. Yeah, he was, you know, a little trashy, but uh, in the beginning, it was about the animals, and then clearly, by the end, it had nothing to do with the animals. So here's here's this meme. It says, Tiger King has everything. Tigers, lions, murder, a gay redneck throp. A one-armed lesbian, alligator arson. I forgot about the alligators. Yeah. Oh, my God. I forgot about the alligators. Mullets, pizza made from expired Walmart meat, a zoo-based sex cult, a crazy cat lady, and country songs about tigers and gay love. Yeah. It's just, it's so much. By the Did way, you guys read video. that the alligators are, are, are Michael Jackson's? No. What? Yeah, Michael Jackson apparently owned some of the alligators that were uh, there at one point. Of course. Yeah. So one of the elements in the thing is, the, the, you know, impressed you brought up the story about the tigers getting, you know, the animals getting loose, you know, that they yeah. had. And then now I remember that story when it occurred. And there was, a, there was an, an owner of a zoo who kind of went crazy and he released all the animals into this town. And it, that was just a, a footnote in this story. In yeah, this uh, a, ho- a horrible outcome. That's that's why these things are, 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 are horrific. But yeah. Again, that's just one small part. Yeah. So Jeff Lowe has a wife or girlfriend. She's pregnant at the end of the series. And so um, I looked some of them up yesterday just to kind of see where they are now. Yeah. And uh, there was a, a tweet or something on Instagram that said, uh, well, it's good to know that Jeff got his hot nanny. If you remember, he oh, mentions oh. hiring a hot nanny. So you have to see this picture. <sighs> it's him and his wife and this like amazingly hot woman in the middle of them and this was just he he sent it out tweeted it out just a few days ago like three days ago yeah so they they have this open relationship thing or they they like to share uh partners and and uh so yeah as she's pregnant in her pregnancy they're literally flipping through a book of people that are hot that could be the nanny that could also be part of their little sex group Oh my God! They're doing these women a favor. How, what woman could keep their hands off of Jeff Lowe? I, well, and he he makes sure to uh, emphasize the fact that she needs to hit the gym when she's uh, after yeah. she has oh the baby. Oh my God! Yes, God, and she right. just laughs at it. She's like, huh. "Oh my God!" <laughs> Let me go to our buddy Craig Lagans has some observations. Hey, Craig, how you doing, man? Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. <laughs> <laughs> Carol, what's up, dude? Uh, so many things. You talked about, uh, you know, nobody wants to see white rednecks. I'm black. That's all I want to see is white rednecks. <laughs> yeah. This was The Lion King if it was produced by the Jerry Springer show. Yeah. So yeah. that was the one thing that I realized today was that the show is called Tiger King. And it's a, it's a take on, on, on Lion King. Okay. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. 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 Welcome to the show, Casey. Uh, <laughs> The thing, the, the two things that got to me the most was uh, this guy got two straight men to marry him. I can't get him a lesbian to return my text, <laughs> so that was amazing. And the the when I knew the show got to me, where it was so many outrageous things that I didn't even blink. When legless John Ranky 
pulled up to the courthouse in a tricked out monster mobile with a skeleton right. Oh, yeah. Yes. 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 And it wasn't, it, what it was, it's one of those, one of those like rear wheels. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even blink. It's like, okay, this is it. And no, and no explanation at all. And it's like, uh, I had a, a huge crush on federal prosecutor Amanda Green. She was like the one woman on the entire uh, show that uh, actually had a head on her shoulders. And she was, you know, a, a intelligent. But yeah. you had all these cartoon characters. You had Mugatu. You had Chucky. Well, they were go they were going when they were going after Joe Exotic for the for the then they everyone had to say that it was the flimsiest of of charges so he was you know att attempting or there was there had been inquiries into a murder um for hire and uh, on 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 Carol but they said they 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 then added on all the animal abuse charges and that's what got him in into jail yeah and the, the thing that that and what this whole thing really the takeaway for me with the whole thing they're all reprehensible because the the big loser and Saf Safi said it best there are no winners the, yeah. the tigers oh, yeah. all in captivity. Yep. So that's like the real like cause of this. Uh, so uh, that's that's all I wanted to say. Uh, right. Carol did it, and I love you guys. <laughs> Carol did it. By the way, so the, the guy Alan, the handyman who was supposedly hired, he had that vacant. Meth stare. That, or just that, that missing a soul look yeah. about yeah. him. The that, kind of that, guy that he, he he would be talking to you and in one minute, the next second, grab your throat and choke you to death. Yeah. Right hey, there. would you kill somebody for yeah. me? Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And Five thousand dollars. Joe. He did. Hated, hated him. Yeah. All right. Hang on a second. We have somebody who actually met Joe in 2014. I have Dana on the line. Hi, Dana. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good, Dana. So did you go to that zoo? Yes, my husband and I went on a honeymoon road oh trip back in 2014, and uh, that was one of our stops. It actually was the stop that started our whole plan for our trip. So, yes, we were there. Why, why did you choose that to, to go to? You know, we were looking for just some weird attractions to okay. go to. And I, at the time that I found them, they were doing... Um, a fundraiser for building more structures for their tigers. I'm like, oh, check out this place. So, um, so yeah, we we paid like two hundred dollars in order to get a free stay at their place, um, which we when we got there we didn't realize it was good. So um, they had these little campers that we were allowed to stay in oh, that oh were God. a little run down. They probably were the campers you saw in the documentary. We were in them. Um, <laughs> All right. So oh what was what was yeah. Joe like? Did you meet him? Uh, yes, we did see him there. He was doing some maintenance at the time, and he is exactly the way he's depicted on the docuseries. He's a uh, mullet and everything. is pretty weird. Did you get pictures? I do not have pictures, unfortunately. Okay. So, um, but I did see him. So. And the gift shop, everything you saw in the gift shop was there. Um, the underwear, the oh, music that's videos. Right, the underwear. The underwear. I forgot about that. Oh my god! Yeah. Did you get any underwear? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So you didn't get anything from the gift shop. Um, we didn't get anything at the gift shop. No. Okay. Uh, but it was. It was. Um, yeah. So all the things that you saw in the gift shop, they were there too, and they had his music videos on loop and the TVs in there, too. Of course, yeah. And it's so funny because we talked about it the other day that that's not him singing on it, and I don't know why I didn't make that connection because he talks like this when he's talking. <laughs> and, then, and then the vocals are, I saw a tiger. This big, beautiful country yeah. singing voice. Coming out of a guy, he talks like this. I don't know why. This is, this is
this is from the, it was yeah. a completely different group we talked about it the other day, but it's just, the it, but you buy it, right. you buy it, you know what I mean? Oh my God, that's funny. Dana, thanks for the call, we appreciate it. Uh, Chris, you're going to love this. There, So there's a, a, a small connection to Joe Exotic uh, that, that you and I might have. So it's on oh. morethanthecurve.com this morning. Before uh, Joe became Joe Exotic and opened up his zoo in Oklahoma, he came to uh, Conshohocken Elementary. No. Uh, when our friend and former boxer Henry yeah. uh, Rasich was was in elementary school. So Henry says uh, he went on to become a boxer and stated that exotics, fearlessness, working with tigers and lions was something that he channeled every time he got in the ring. Everything I did in the ring was a direct result of what I witnessed uh, when I witnessed Joe Exotic doing in the gym that day. During each <laughs> bout, I had flashes of Joe Exotic and the way he moved with the tigers and how they bowed to his masculinity. <laughs> God. How do we bow to his masculinity? Oh. Uh, wow. You know, on, you see on Twitter occasionally, this didn't age well. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Uh, wow. Let's let us all not forget the, that uh, Joe Exotic also has a Prince Albert, and that. Oh, that's right, oh my God! <laughs> I don't wear underwear. Yeah, yeah. Ew. yeah. Ew. And talk about a collection of some of the worst tattoos I've ever seen in my life. Somebody. Joe, Somebody texted and said, what's with the bullet holes? The bullet holes on Joe Exotic <laughs> with blood coming out of them all over his chest. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm oh interested in, in, in call five, Preston. Guy. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Let me go to Lindsay. Hi, uh, Lindsay. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Hi. Um, so my thing was is I actually saw uh, the a character change with Joe Exotic. It was right at the end. It was in the last episode when he had to get rid of some of his animals. It was actually the chimpanzees. They, He said that they were separated for 10 years, and then they went to this, I guess, another sanctuary. I don't know yep. if it was a actual sanctuary. Mm-hmm. But they were put into the same cage, and they were hugging each other. And he, you could see in his eyes that he was like, did I separate them? Yeah. Is it my fault? Like, he he contemplates like, whether he had been doing the wrong thing this whole time. Right. Now, whether that's legit or not, I don't know. Yeah. You know what I There's mean? There's always a show at some level going on, but you look for flashes of something, and I, I do believe in the context of the uh, complete insanity that is Joe Exotic. You do see moments where you go, eh, I mean, I, I think he was, he was, one, he was always looking for love, with all the toothless places, yeah, and uh, man, it was you weren't gay. He would whip out them nuts and rub them in oh. your face. <laughs> I, hope, I hope that serves as some comfort to his bereaved mother. Oh, Thank you, Lindsay. She brought up uh, Joshua Dial, who is the the campaign manager, and and Josh made the point at the end of the show too, where he's just like, you know, all of this time and money and effort and everything that went into the showmanship and into the zoos, none of it really went into tiger conservation. None no. of it really went into no. protecting the species, and there was all. Really, I mean, if you're looking at it from the cat's perspective, it was all wasted effort and certainly wasted time and money. And, and by the way, I meant to bring this up earlier. Some of the cats that they had there, maybe they were ligers. They were the biggest cats I've ever seen in my life. Ligers like, are, are ligers are huge, and so they had and they and despite Doc said he had ligers, and they were they they're they're beautiful. The tigers, they're beautiful animals. Uh, the mistreatment is something that's horrendous, and hopefully this will shine a light on a lot Dude. of that. 
you remember the scene with Jeff Lowe? He's in there with his wife, and they're with a lion. I yeah, mean, yeah. a gigantic lion, and he's roughhousing with him. Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, he goes, get out of here. Leave. Get out. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's pushing the lion's head down. Yeah, yeah. Because he could see there was a, a, a little, you know, uh, listen, those people, they, they've been around them enough that they know when they're about to get really aggressive. <laughs> and so he tells her to get out. She cut, shuts the cage, and then somebody with a, with a high-powered hose you know, gets blasted at the cat to get it away, and then he comes out. And he's like, "I'm all right," and he's got blood just gushing, running down his arm. Well, there's a scene in it, you, you know, where where Joe is shooting a political commercial, and he's in the tiger enclosure, and he claims uh, in one of the clips that uh, uh, they uh, somebody unbeknownst to him sprayed cologne on his boots, yeah. and that attracts the uh, one of the tigers that actually grabs him by the foot yeah. and starts and he starts shooting in the air to scare it. Uh, I was see. actually kind of like because. He could have shot the tiger. He did. Was, well, he <laughs> shot five or six later on. I, I know, but at that moment, I was like, oh, he didn't actually shoot the tiger. Yeah. <laughs> and what about when Carol said the only way to get a tiger to eat something is to cover it in sardine oil? Well, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, she was. That's probably what she did to her, her husband. Yeah, that's what, right, that's some what they, people are wondering. <laughs> yeah. Wait, and are we led to believe that really nobody was killed by a tiger or did they just not cover that part of it? I would have been that would have been pretty hard to to cover a story. That's like that. when you, I mean. Listen, you can eat as many limbs as you want. I think that's the law. In, in, you can you can have your your staff have as many appendages ripped off as you want. But when they get killed, that's what the law has. To I thought say. of another character, uh, and I wrote his name down because I kept forgetting who who he was. He was another zoo owner. His name was Tim Stark. He's oh, the guy right. that always had the monkey hanging on him. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That dude was messed up too, man. He was Ohio, right? Yes, yes. and okay. and he he came in late as far as being a, a partner with with Jeff Lowe. And, uh, you know... Uh, the, Did the, he call himself an a-hole at one point? He's a complete time? a-hole, and then he tur- he turns against Jeff. Yeah. 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 Oh but God. he owns the fact that he's an a-hole. Like, he's he, he's a self-admitted a-hole. But he, he was saying no stuff, like, to, to Jeff about Joe. He's like, I told him to kill him. I told him to, to put him six feet under. I mean, they're... Yeah, you they're, treat me like that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, hang on. Let me go to uh, Mario. Hey, Mario. Good morning. Hey, bitches. Hey, hey what? what? All right, Mario, you used to work for a Tiger Refuge? I did, yeah. Uh, I was an intern at Turpentine Creek Wildlife Refuge in Arkansas. Yeah. Uh, I call you guys a bunch of times, actually. Um, but, yeah, the thing that made me upset was that lawyer with the gigantic bags under his eyes. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The he guy was, on the he jet ski. Joe's right? lawyer. No, not that guy. He's not the uh, lawyer. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah, I got Yeah, him. what about him? So he was basically saying that, oh, well, Carol killed her husband. You'd find bones. Well, no, you wouldn't. Uh, if you've never been around a tiger and never fed it anything, you won't find nothing if it's hungry. Okay, so, so is it, there, there's truth. I, I, I checked on it. The, the, the acidic composition of a, uh, of a tiger's stomach yeah. can completely pulverize and, and yeah. burn down bone, correct? Plus, yeah, so I'll give you an example. We had a liger when I was at the refuge in Arkansas, and uh, his name was uh, Brady. And basically, we fed him 20 pounds of chicken breast that we had donated from Walmart, and we also fed him, uh, I would probably say, a 100-pound deer carcass that somebody had just hit on the road and brought to us. Um, <laughs> and, and, well, that was, that was the way that we cut down costs just like Joe did, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, anyway, so we would throw that, uh, the deer carcass and the chicken in its cage, and he would eat it. Uh, I came out the next morning to look for any kind of remnants. I found a piece of jawbone from the deer that was maybe three feet, Three inches long with three teeth in it, and that was it. There was nothing it else consumed left. 
every bit every of that day. animal. Yeah, wow. and it's not like we starved him at all. That was his regular feeding, and he ate that much every day. So, so, so Mario, I mean, obviously, the, 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 the we've known, and, and this is the, what the, the documentary does, docuseries does convey, it, there's a lot of incredibly shady stuff going on and a lot of incredibly uh, sad stories revolving these animals. It, 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 when did you eventually leave there? Uh, I actually, uh, I left in 2006 when my internship was over. However, I moved down there about a year or so after that right. um, just to basically, you know, spread my own roots, so to speak. But I lived out there for seven years and then came back and I was in touch with the refuge the whole time I was out there. Uh, that that place is, is way different than Joe Exotics. They are a hands-off facility. They do not go in any cages. They they don't like, like you to even like get close to the fence for them to wrap, uh, reach out and grab you. But um, yeah, there's proper safety protocols that are put in. Not every not everybody is like Joe Exotic. However, there are a lot of there's a lot of crazy cat people out there. No, yeah, that's you know, for sure. At, at the beginning, Mario, <laughs> I forgot who was saying this. He goes, you know, the monkey people are kind of weird. <laughs> they're, 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 they're strange, you know, in a weird way. And then I thought that the, the way it was going to go, but the big cat people take it seriously. But he goes, the big cat people will kill each other. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they yeah. will they will murder each other, something okay. along those lines. I'm paraphrasing. It, yeah, it's just, it's just like the same thing that I believe it was Marissa that said with Carol, how she's like, oh, well, conservation, hands-off, blah, 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 and then cut to the video she made years ago about how she wants to start her own wildlife utopia or whatever. Right. And right. So yeah. it's like as soon as they have their idea of what they want to do, and then as soon as somebody or anybody says you shouldn't be doing that, then it's all of a sudden if that person that tells them they shouldn't be doing that has enough backing, then all of a sudden they flip the script and change their opinion. You know what I mean? Because all of a sudden it's becoming uh, politically incorrect yeah. or politically incorrect yeah. to free tigers or whatever. And second of all, I just want to say, the hitman that was living in the trailer, <laughs> Kathy, the bath situation at the end, who, who left their mirror get that dirty? <laughs> <laughs> with my wife and I said, oh my God, look at how dirty that mirror is. Not to mention he's in the bath with his shorts on. Uh, <laughs> it was so weird. All right, Mario, thanks, man. We appreciate it, bud. Hey, anytime. You gotta take it easy. I apologize to anybody we haven't had a chance to get to. Kyle's been on hold for a half hour, man. I'm sorry, but he wanted to point out that the Big Cat Rescue is just a name they're not really rescuing. No, not at all. Everybody's volunteer there. I love this. Mike said his favorite part was when Joe changed when the arm gets ripped off yeah. the one gal. Joe changed into yeah. an EMT yeah. jacket. No. jacket. I didn't yes. notice that. Yes. Oh my I saw it too, and I'm like, <laughs> what? okay. Did <laughs> yeah. you just wear that around? <laughs> you got to put it on when any of your employees' arms get ripped off. And and Zach po- pointed out it's crazy, and I thought the same thing, how you can get a tiger for $2,000. <laughs> you yeah. can you, it, For some breeds of dogs, it will cost you thousands that, of dollars. And you're getting a, a tiger. That's why uh, the, the industry is, yeah. is definitely... Uh, Horrific. This show is outrageous. And, and I do believe, because Carol is now saying that uh, she's speaking out against the filmmakers, that they had originally approached her with the idea of doing what they called the Blackfish. You know, Blackfish was about SeaWorld, and it was a um, uh, an expose into the treatment, how they were doing a documentary on the expose of these big cat refuges. I believe it started off with that intention. Oh, yes, and I then, do as well. And then they met the people. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, oh, my God, this is so different than what we thought it was going to be. And they just ran with what they were finding. That's yeah. my guess. Let's we will be more. chatting about the series more, obviously, because there's different things that are coming up about the postscript to these people. 
and what's been going on. So if you missed out on your chance to uh, to talk with us now on this, you'll get another mm-hmm. chance. And somebody just texted and said it was a leather EMT jacket. <laughs> 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 oh my god! It just keeps on giving. Uh, we're going to take a break. We'll come back in a moment. Make sure you stay with us. Ever wondered where to get the latest MMR gear? Maybe you should pay attention to these promos we work so hard on. <laughs> I said, uh, never mind. Why, it's the MMR Rock Shop, of course, at WMMR.com. It's quite the upgrade from when we were selling stuff out of the trunk of that rusted-out 75 Chevy Nova. So log on and shop to your little heart's content. Tennis shops no longer required. From 93.3 WMMR. All the merch that rocks. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. Uh, we're going to do the Bizarre Final. Why did that do that? I don't know. You, you know, we've been we've been doing the show for, for decades, <laughs> and I've noticed when something goes wrong, <laughs> Casey goes, <laughs> It's like, look over here! Don't pay attention to the mistake! I joined in. Hey! <laughs> I, I'm here for you. I always got your back. <laughs> It always worked when the movies were on and and there was, uh, I don't know, questionable (laughs) material on the TV screen with my kids, you know. Hey, don't look at that. Look over here. Hey, my balls! <laughs> you're telling the one time you were describing something like that, something came, boobs came on TV or whatever, and in case she just goes, hey, look at this crazy dance I'm doing over here. Man, my father was much different. Where's the remote? I want to rewind that. <laughs> yeah, can you back that up? Yeah. All right, I have some stories to share. Let's get to it. Atlanta police say that they've arrested a woman for stealing a news van with the reporter still inside oh of my it. God. It's like the sleeping baby. Yeah. It happened in Midtown Atlanta. Police and CBS 46 news reporter and photographer were investigating car crash when the crime had happened. And a photographer got out of the van, set up his camera. Police said 38-year-old Sequina Lunsford, (laughs) who was involved in the original crash, jumped into the news van and took off with it. Uh, the reporter, uh, Iana Hughes, was still in the back of the van editing video when I'm it all... Iana Hughes and... <laughs> when it all... <laughs> when it all happened. Jim, I'm Iana Hughes and... Help me! Uh, as soon as she noticed what was going on, Hughes shouted for help. That's what it says right here. Uh, officers got into that. And if I can say one thing more, Jim, help me! Officers. Officers got more into More on this as it develops. <laughs> officers. Check back in with you. Got into their cars and followed the stolen How you doing van. out there, Ayanna? <laughs> The reporter uh, inside tried to make the woman stop and pull over. The suspect wouldn't do that. I don't want to. So she did the smart thing. She got into her seat and put her seatbelt on. Uh, the vehicle continued uh, to a location where it crashed. Hughes, who was pregnant, by the way, oh boy. was thankful that she was not hurt. Police arrested Lunsford, who was also pregnant. Uh, she was taken to the hospital. Was the cameraman pe- pregnant? <laughs> with an injured arm. It's unclear if the injury was from the first or second crash. An officer said Lunsford was acting strange at the scene. 
Uh, they don't know if she is emotionally disturbed or they were intoxicants, and that hadn't been determined at the time. Well, maybe that's not the channel she watches. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe has declared an official state of emergency in Tokyo. This happened last week. Uh, even in other parts of the country, though, the announcement has people on the edge and reevaluating the level of caution they should be using in order to stay safe and prevent uh, the transfer of the coronavirus. A 20-something employee of a construction company didn't just refuse to stay home, but went all the way over to the border on his day off. Because of that, his manager told him to stay home from work as a precaution against potentially spreading infection to his coworkers and anyone else who would come into contact with him along the way. However, the employee ignored that order and showed up at the job site. Mm. And after the manager found out, he issued an on-site reprimand to the younger employee. He punched him in the face uh, and had him, uh, you know, leave after that. So is that the protocol? Face punch and then angry email. Maybe. Given the importance of social distancing in the current healthcare climate and the younger man's repeated refusal to practice it, the manager's anger is understandable and health officials would likely applaud his sentiment. Uh, <laughs> the police authorities, however, took issue with his actions and placed him under arrest, so it's probably not a good idea to punch someone in the face. Would you come to work if a Godzilla was attacking? Damn. No. You're done. <laughs> A 27-year-old man has been charged with multiple felonies, including second-degree murder in the April 10th shooting death of his mother in Flint. And I bring this up. It's tragic. Obviously, she was killed. Officers found a 51-year-old woman deceased on the living room uh, couch with a gunshot wound. Uh, The woman's two adult sons were detained in the scene. And the reason I bring it up is because... Uh, the man who's not, uh, who has not yet been arraigned was charged with second-degree murder and tampering with evidence. The tampering with evidence charge resulted from the suspect allegedly ingesting the shell casing from the bullet that killed his mother. So to hide the evidence, he ate the shell casing. Yes. They said, we think he followed it. He swallowed it at the scene. Why didn't he eat the rifle? But the suspect gave the shell casing to a jail guard on April 12th. Mm, it's got which, some poop on it. Which means he... Yeah, here, you may want to clean this. Go <laughs> want to clean that. It's got some poop on it. Uh, no charges have been pressed at the time of the uh, article that it came out, but they uh, obviously are going to... Uh, pursue criminal investigation on what, that. What, what gauge were we talking about? What? How big was that? That's a good question. <laughs> it was an elephant rifle? I hope it wasn't a shotgun. <laughs> All right. Uh, one last story. Let's go with uh, this one. With the uh, coronavirus lockdown in place all over the world, uh, people are turning to other ways to satisfy their wanderlust. Uh, for one particular couple in Victoria, Australia... Uh, This meant sorting out some of their old travel photos, but after posting the pictures of their 2019 holiday onto Facebook, Jazz and Gary Mott ended up receiving a fine from the state police for infringement of lockdown rules due to their non-essential travel. Ms. Mott had posted 12 photos of herself and her husband on Facebook, tagging in their location as Lake's entrance, which is around two hours from their house. Uh, so they thought that they were out traveling around. But they weren't. <laughs> no. A, yeah. a few days later, the couple were shocked to find a police officer at their door. Miss <laughs> Mott said he handed me. The officer just handed me the fine and walked off. Uh, she was then forced to contact the station where she was told she had to pay the fine. I think it's probably going to be a follow-up on this. Yeah, he's a couple more fines. Oh. There's all these Christmas pictures. In fact, the uh, the fine, it says here, has since been revoked by the police. So right. they took care of that. And there you go. That is what I have in the Bizarre File for you this morning. We'll be right back. This is... 
I'll take Nick McElwain's birthday for 1,000, Preston. All right, your clue. This local Philadelphia phenomenon visited the Preston and Steve show to play Jeopardy, therefore fulfilling one of Nick's bucket list dreams. Hmm. Who is 16-time Jeopardy champion Ryan Long? That is correct. Hey, see who is victorious. The Daily Rush video featuring Nick and Ryan's unofficial Tournament of Champions is available now on PrestonandSteve.com. Tiger King obviously has big, uh, been a big topic of conversation of ours for a couple weeks now. And just in, uh, nationally. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, the president was asked yesterday about pardoning, uh, pardoning uh, uh, Joe Exotic. Seriously. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's perfect, actually. <laughs> uh, so it's been, you know, we, we've been dying to get somebody on uh, from the show, and that time is now. Uh, and we've, we've uh, all pretty much agreed one of the few really likable characters on, on the show. It was my pick for the most likable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. most definitely. So uh, if, if you saw on the program someone sitting with one arm, that would be our next guest. Please welcome uh, Kelsey Safry, also known as Saf, to the show. Saf, yeah. good morning. Hey, you guys. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, no, hey, you kidding me? Thanks for taking the time to come on. We, we appreciate it. So uh, I'm going to lead with uh, how... How has this taken you, the, uh, the, 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 the fame, that, or at least the, the way that this is virally taken off this show, what's your reaction to that? I mean, did you have any idea that it was going to explode the way that it has? Oh, no, sir. I could have never imagined that. No. Yeah. <laughs> is it a little overwhelming as far as you personally goes? Are you getting approached a lot, more people trying to contact you? Right, right, yeah, that's definitely new and different for me. Um, I'm not anonymous anymore, and that's uh, that's something I'm going to have to... <laughs> I'm going to have to work on for sure. Well, you, you, you impress me as somebody who is, um, you know... I, I I I just love the way you approached your your work ethic. Obviously, and we're going to get into the specifics of the of the tiger uh, attack and and obviously the amputation and all that stuff. But your your commitment to your job and being back on the uh, at work. I mean, you were in the military uh, and you you know you you fought over in Afghanistan and Iraq and and uh, I mean you you certainly you you have that let's get the job done sort of vibe that is is very appealing. And so obviously you never got into this for the fame and glory, but but like it or not, you're kind of becoming a pop culture icon. So have you have you thought about? Uh, I mean, because yeah, listen, you're talking to us out of the blue. Um, have you have you thought about long term aspects of this? Are you you know perhaps interested in telling your own story in your own way or yeah, to to elaborate on, on Preston's question? How are you processing this? Right, right. No, I definitely um, love being a part of the conversation as far as being able to speak for myself. So yes, I definitely try to participate as much as I can. Um, but other than that, you know, I've always been very low key. I've always laid pretty low. Um, so. Yeah, it's, it's it's a matter of balancing that, I guess. What can you tell us about Joe Exotic? Because as far as the documentary goes and some of uh, the other, other articles that I've read, and, you know, I don't know how accurate they are, but um, what's your take on him? Because it seems as though you were sort of um, on his side, if there are sides to be taken. Yeah, you know, of course, we worked together for almost 10 years, so... Um and directly together every day. So I, I do know him. I've seen all sides of him. You know, I've said before, he does have a good, a bad, and an ugly side, and I've seen all three of those um, throughout our, our time spent together. Um, but, you know, Joe's done a lot of a lot of bad things, um, a lot of things that I don't condone or I don't agree with. 
um, which is why, you know, I, I chose to participate the way that I chose to participate, which is um, I did not participate in the trial. Um, however, and again, I, I declined to participate in the documentary, Right. you know, until they said that this was a story that was going to be told. And uh, I do play a significant part in it, and they wish that I would tell it myself. So I did. Well, did you ask to sit in front of a trash heap while they were interviewing you the whole time? That's, uh, I've, I'm sitting there watching this. Why would they put this this guy in front of all this garbage like this? <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, I I don't know. <laughs> hey, so so Saf, one of the obviously the more shocking moments on the show was when you had the incident with with your arm, and obviously they they didn't show that. Uh, can you describe what happened? If it's not, you know, if it doesn't bother you too much to talk about that? Yeah, no, it doesn't. It doesn't bother me. Um, yeah, it was just a typical tour day, you know, uh, Saturday morning. So the, on top of the, you know, the fact that we had to take care of all the animals, just like we do every other day, we had two tours to conduct. So and we've done it over and over and again. Um, basically, I was just taking the tiger from one cage to the next, so that you know we can get his cage cleaned. Um, get him new food, get him new water. Man, and, and I've done that a hundred times a day, you know, a hundred days before. Um, so that was my biggest mistake was complacency. Mm. Um, I reached into his shift pen to shift him back to his main pen. And man, he just, he just, he bit me. And he got me. He got me good too. Did he, did he, uh, did he nail you? Like, did, did, did he bite it off or was it, was it mang- mangled? I know it was amputated, but I mean, how, I mean, not to get too graphic, but, um, so you have below the elbow is, is missing. Uh, what, what was the initial wound? Yeah. So what he did was he bit my hand and then the rest of the damage was caused by his claws. Okay. Oh. So yeah, it was, yeah. He never released my hand, and it was a matter of 15 to 20 seconds from the moment he bit me to the moment he let me go. What, is, um, so is, fairly... is there any lingering, you know, PTSD? Do you do you flash back to that at all? No, I actually don't. Good. You know, um, I know or I knew um, the risk that I was taking working with these animals. I knew every day there was an opportunity for me to get hurt or for, you know. Um, so, no, there's, there's none of that. I... I I did go back to work uh, about seven days after the incident. Which is amazing. I have to say, though, uh, Saf, that the um, the story that you said about getting too complacent, some of the most uh, seasoned, uh, you know, animal handlers and, and, and zoos and places around the world, research facilities, it's happened to other people with years and years and years of experience doing this. So, uh, you know, but, the, but that is the one thing. You get good at your job. You know what you're doing. Mm. But the one thing that everyone says... These are wild animals, and those instincts are there, and obviously he saw his opportunity and went for it. For sure. Yeah, you know, I definitely um, wanted to point that out because, you know, just like any other career, I know the risk that I'm taking, you know, every day that I go in. Um, So if it was something that I did that was a mistake that I made, I wanted to make sure that that, you know, fell on my shoulders and not anyone else's. Right. So, Saf, I have a question because um, as this is unfolding, I mean, in your real time, you're you're on the ground and, and you're being uh, administered to, and then I imagine you're, you're taken to the hospital, and so you don't know what is happening at, you know, in Joe's world, in Joe Exotic's world. What was your thought when you saw the footage of him in the office saying, I'm never going to financially recover from this, that that was his initial reaction? 
Yeah, uh, man, I know Joe, and I, I honestly don't expect anything different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you, you got it. You know, the devil you know, right? Um, you know, I mean, I really, I really didn't expect anything different. Um, obviously, I didn't know what was being said or whatnot, and, and you know, that was a big uh, issue for a lot of people, especially like my loved ones and whatnot. Um, but I really didn't, um, and and you know, everyone's got their own priorities, I guess. You seem super easy going, by the way, Seth. And uh, you know, yeah. you men- you mentioned knowing Joe, and it's par for the course, you know, for him to say something like that. But you you lived in this world. To a majority of people who start watching this show, it's it's a bit of a freak show. It's wild, man. I mean, it's you know the things we're seeing the the, the, the uh, all the way from not only just the the fact that you're going into to, uh, cages with tigers and some of the things that are being done with them, but the fashion, the things that are being said, all this stuff is just it's a sideshow. It's nuts. Did it seem that way to you at the time, or is this just no? Nah, this is this is this is the world. This is us living life, and this is who we are. You know. <laughs> uh, no, no, I definitely, you know, I definitely knew that the people around me were different. Okay. Uh, to you know, for lack of a better word, um, but I, I, I gotta tell you, man, I was so consumed in just what I was doing on a daily basis. You know, from sunup to sundown, I absolutely loved every second I uh, spent with those animals. Yeah. I, I, nothing else. Nothing else mattered. Okay. After the incident with your arm and then when watching the documentary, did you have any idea that Joe had an EMT jacket at the ready <laughs> when something like that was going to happen? Yeah. Honestly, yes. I mean, I, I'm telling you, I really didn't expect anything else from him. You know, he's a showman by nature. He's an entertainer by nature. So if there's an opportunity for him to kind of steer the show, he will. If only he had had a neurosurgeon jacket, he could have hooked you right back up again. But uh, I, I, I wanted to ask because you are obviously, I know you were you were searching, you know, stuff about big cats, and that's how you ended up with, uh, you know, the the GW Zoo and, and Joe and everything. Um, you, you you have a love for these animals, uh, you know. As you look back, obviously, a lot of these places and, and Joe's place, obviously as well, uh, was in horrible violation of the way they were treating the animals, but. Do you yourself, do you still have a desire to, to go and perhaps go to a, a more uh, legitimate uh, situation or, uh, you know, uh, a place where you can go and be with these animals again, or are you done with it? Right. No, I definitely have um, have connections as far as interacting with these animals on a personal level, um, but I will never do it again professionally, no, sir. Okay. All right. <laughs> Uh, I have a question, and this is this is a bit off the wall, and, and if you don't want to answer it, it's fine. But you had mentioned now, you know, you're not anonymous any longer. People can probably find you, and I don't know if you have social media accounts, and, and if so, what kind of people are approaching you? Because I'm not just talking about people who want interviews, because when you're, when you're thrust into the spotlight like this, there are people that are going to be interested in you, maybe in a relationship, or yeah. there are also people who have amputation fetishes. Yeah, and I'm wondering true. if they have crawled out of the woodwork to you. <laughs> they have. They have all crawled out of. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, I think you know, like I said earlier, I just, I just like to be able to speak for myself. Um, yeah. So. Not not only the interviews, but just people reaching out. You know, I know it takes a lot to to just reach out in general. Um, and I'm only human, man. I, I I love responding, and I love being able to be a part of that conversation. Mm. 
No, you're instantly likable when yeah. I saw you in the documentary, and 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 that's you know, and obviously you you know you 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 fought for our country, and you you do you've done some some stellar things. I wanted to ask you though, in, in the picture from here on in, you know, there's a a theatrical movie that Kate McKinnon is involved with it, and and moving forward. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm sure you've been asked the question, so I have to ask it: Who would you like to play you in the movie? Yeah, um, you know, and, and I could never come up with a good one. Um, I've never looked at anyone and, and, and thought, hey, man, you, you look kind of just like me. So my, <laughs> yeah, my, I guess my challenge would be um, the first one willing to cut their left hand off. <laughs> there you go. I think that's wow. a good litmus test. How about, uh, I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of somebody who'd have a good sensibility. How about like uh, Michael Pena or something like that? A very similar, oh, yes. Yeah. He's great. Oh, yeah. And a very good. You know, he's, he's awesome. And very likable. Very likable, too. Yeah, says, yeah that yeah, wouldn't for work. Sure, for yeah. sure. So what what are you doing now, Saf? What's, uh, uh, what's keeping you employed? I, I mean. Am- yeah, I am out in California. I uh, I was employed. They just shut us down. So now I'm just like the rest of the world, stuck at home. Well, you, you're stuck at uh, home during a time when this show is, is oh. again, fueling everything from uh, um, uh, White House press briefings to uh, every other sort of um, uh, pop culture. It's just with all, everyone being quarantined and looking for this stuff. Have you had somebody out of your past who just had by happenstance caught the show and got in touch with you and couldn't believe it was you? Yes, I have. Um, and more so I've had people come up to me, you know, from my past that, uh, says, Hey, people don't believe that I know you. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> I funny. Need to, I need you to tell them and show them that I know you. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's pretty interesting. You know, I've never had to, had to do anything like that before. <laughs> Since you're stuck at home, do you have any uh, recommendations on shows we should binge while watching Netflix? Like any, I mean, besides Tiger King, obviously, like anything that you've gotten into? Yeah, no, I honestly haven't. Um, I've actually been watching a lot of Disney movies. There's some good stuff. There's a, I, I got to recommend a movie called Togo. You're an animal lover. Watch the movie Togo. It's great. Okay, I can right. definitely do that. Sure. <laughs> All right, and in, in, did you watch the entire documentary from uh, beginning to end? Uh, yes, I have. Please tell me your favorite part was the fat guy on the jet ski. <laughs> <laughs> it was the most. It was the most random thing I've ever. Seen. <laughs> <laughs> we said exactly the same yeah. words. I wanted to ask you one question because you're out of work, but you know what? You are a you're a celebrity of sorts, and you can go. A lot of them go on this site cameo. I would imagine that there would be a big call, and all you have to do is just sort of record, like, birthday messages and greetings for people. With the Tiger King fascination, you could, from your home, uh, you know, pick up some uh, pick up some money. I mean, it, it's everyone from Gilbert Gottfried and, and entertainers all the way on up do it, and uh, and it, it's an avenue for, for you to consider to make some money, and I'm sure a lot of people would love that ability to reach out and sort of, uh, you know, uh, kind of have interaction with you. So just consider that. Right, right, for sure. <laughs> hey, Saf, who do you stay in touch with uh, from the zoo? Is there anybody that you've uh, that you've contacted? There isn't, unfortunately, and it's and it's just I, it's just what I choose to do right now. When I disconnected in 2018, I, I just decided to let it all go. Okay. Yeah, it's because you know us watching, we we really don't know how everybody is actually really like, but we we um, we all agree that we liked you, and then we liked Eric. Is is um. What are, what are your thoughts on Eric? 
No, Eric was definitely hardworking. Um, you know, he did he did have a substance abuse issue. It seemed that like it, yeah. That he, mm-hmm. Right, that's something that he fought on a daily basis. But no, he was he was excellent, man. He's hardworking. He was dedicated. Definitely had mad passion and love for the animals. Um, you know, and and he's he's openly said it when he when he arrived at the zoo, he it was end of his line. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, and he, that definitely showed in his in his work, and he loved what he did. And it was cool. It was cool to work with him. So, are you looking forward, Saf, this uh, Halloween to seeing people dressed up like you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, most definitely. I'm excited. <laughs> I think that's one of the ultimate compliments when you become absolutely a costume for Halloween, and it's yeah. it's it's such a surreal thing oh. that's going on in your life. But you're again, we you know, only we, everybody I think just wants only the the best for you, and you got your you got your head on straight, and uh, you know your 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 motivations are pure, and it's uh, uh, it's cool to get to talk to you. Yeah. No, I, I'm really excited to be here and be a part of the conversation. So, honestly, right. thank, thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. Well, listen, we wish you the best, Saf, and maybe we'll reach back out and, and touch base again down the road because this story is not over. Uh, there's going to be more coming out. There may be another episode. Um, so, we'll see what ends up happening. But we appreciate the time, and, and uh, take care of yourself, okay? Definitely, guys. You guys take care, too. All right, thanks. Let's hear it for Saf, yeah. guys. Wow. What a story. Uh, I mean... So he's just an even keel sort of person. Thrust, it goes to this... This is the kind of job that you figure, okay, I, I she's, he's got a passion for, for doing this, and, and, and nothing's... Nothing on this level could even enter your mind that yep. this would go on. Was a, uh, a, a veteran of uh, yeah. Afghanistan and Iraq... Gets arm ripped off in Oklahoma. Locally. Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. domestically. I wow. Yeah, wow. That's, uh, that's <laughs> wow. Uh, well, very cool. Kathy, thank you for lining that interview up. And I really enjoyed watching you throw a pen at your cat. Oh, my God. Cat's <laughs> so text message board, by the way, heard everything. Everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And I didn't want to stop... <laughs> Staff is kind of low key, and I didn't want to stop and say, "Well, oh, Kathy's just throwing pens at her cat." Uh, so, I <laughs> yeah, in the background, you're hearing. yep. And then all of a sudden, Casey and I are yeah. looking. We're watching you on Facetime, and we just see you holding a pen up, and you just whip it across the. <laughs> So that's what it is. <laughs> squeaking of the door. It's them. They're, I'm going to get video of it. It's literally the, him knocking at the door. And it's it's not like I'm just, I fed him. He has toys. He just, and, and when he comes in here, he doesn't just sit on my lap. He crawls on the computer. He knocks the microphone over. Like, it's just, I know I've said this every single day, but it's like, I, I just don't understand. He's just got, lay, yeah. Aren't your cat. You're supposed to go lay down somewhere. He's, he's got to be with you. I have the same in, yeah. in, in, you know, I have nine cats and, and they're ones that just have got to be with me. And that's that. And he, and he clearly adores you. And it takes like about 15 minutes for, eventually he will sit and not move. But like, it takes knocking everything over. Like the one day you guys were like, what was that? He knocked this like metal thing that was on the desk over. Like there was no need for him to be behind the computer where there's metal. Like just yeah. stop it. Kath, where are your litter boxes uh, set up? Uh, they're upstairs in a bathroom. Okay, so can you, can you just so lock them in that room? I did. So I, I did lock him in there one day. Um, so yeah, I, I guess I'm going to have to do that. All right. So it was uh, it was an interesting little distraction <laughs> in the middle of that interview. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, that was cool having staff on. Yes. I, I, I would imagine we're we're working on getting more staff members uh, to talk to eventually. Well, I actually was texting with um, Doc Antle. Oh my god! Believe it or not. Oh my god! Um, don't you're going to fall into his uh, his harem? Yeah. Well, somebody was like, oh, "You better be careful." Like. <laughs> 
they might come to kill you or something. Uh, but then he just stopped responding. Like he said he was interested in coming on the show. And then when I tried to like set a, a day and time, um, he didn't really respond. I think there was another, uh, there, there might be another investigation into stuff that he's doing that, that I thought I saw a headline about the other day. And I'm not sure exactly what it pertains to. So he might be shutting down. I don't know. Well, they're working. They have obviously the, a couple of episodes, like a three episode recap and after Tiger King. And then they have one that they're really rushing to get out mm. uh, now. So there's all of that moving forward. And then there are these investigations that have arisen because of the series itself. Yeah. You know who was a little high maintenance that I also tried to get on? Um, and Carol? I, uh, mm-hmm. No, no, no. No, they just outright said they actually were the most professional. Like, these right. other ones are just sort of uh, communicating through, like, Twitter and Instagram yeah. direct message. Um, Carol actually had, like, somebody send out a letter that said, no, thank you, and here's our statement. Yep. Um, but, no, uh, John Finlay, the, the guy with no teeth. Yes. The, um, yeah, he was, the like, husband. high maintenance and, like, had all these, like, uh, specifications if we did have him on and that he, he couldn't come on. I guess he's, a lot of them are out on the West Coast. Yeah. So he could only come on after 11. And I was like, well, that doesn't work for us. Here are the times. And they basically were like, no, after 11. I was like, he's, he's got Thank teeth you. now. And he's actually, he looks much more pleasant. Uh, I haven't seen the picture of him with the teeth. Yeah, he he's actually, got he looks good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the most hilarious thing, and we were talking about this earlier when we, we, we discussed the series on the initial go-round, is that he got the, <laughs> he had the world's worst I'm property of, of Joe Exotic oh. Tattoo, yep. and then he gets it covered up with another horrible tattoo that doesn't fully cover fully over covering. the original what, tattoo. What the hell was that? I'm like, wait, I don't understand why they co- like didn't cover all of it. Yeah. No, maybe he didn't want to fully let go. Who knows? Yeah, but, right? Uh, why maybe. would you? Yeah, Once but, you've had Joe. Yeah. yeah, before he got his his teeth done, he totally looked like... Um, Oh, my God. Uh, Baby. So uh, we're looking at a side-by-side picture. Yeah, he's a good-looking dude. Yeah. 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 Uh, Listen, you know, meth is a terrible, terrible drug. It is. And for some reason, it attacks people's teeth. Yeah. I don't know uh, what it is about smoking it or snorting it or however you consume it, but, I mean, that that is completely and totally meth tooth right there. Exactly. All right, so we will take a break because we got more to get to, gang. We've got uh, Bizarre File and a bunch of other goodies. So stay close because we'll be right back. Hey, friends, did you receive our Camp Out for Hunger save the date? I mean, we made a big announcement and then we put it right there on the website for you. Well, just in case you missed it, Preston and Steve's 25th Camp Out for Hunger is set November 7th through the 11th, 2022. And hey, it's never too early to start collecting. You can find the list of Phil Abundance's most requested items, plus all of the outrageous photo galleries and videos of our guests from over the years at WMMR.com slash campout. Their next guest is ready to go. We love talking to him anytime. Yes. And we called him up and said, hey... Want to come on the air? We're just checking in with friends and how everybody's doing in the in the pandemic and the quarantine and all this stuff. And he's far too talented to talk with us, but yep. we were relying on the fact that he might be bored. Uh, executive producer of HBO Succession yes. as well. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he's been behind the helm of a whole lot of great stuff throughout the year. Some of the best comedies ever put to film. And Oscar winner. Uh, yes, true. For Vice, you're right. Please welcome Adam McKay Yay. to the show. Hello, how are you? We're good, Adam. We're doing good back here in Philly, man. How are you? I'm good, too, out here in Los Angeles, you know? But probably much the same as you guys. Just, yeah. uh, you know, inside baking bread and watching <laughs> too much Jeopardy. Any banana bread? 
I went with regular straight-ahead bread. It's the first time I've ever baked bread in my life. Uh, my 15-year-old Pearl, you know, from the landlord, her and I uh, yeah. <laughs> made some bread. And, uh, yeah, we felt like we, we had climbed, uh, you know, K2. <laughs> I, I can completely understand that. Tom Papa is a world-class sourdough bread baker. And he uh, there is... I am fascinated with the process, though I'm too easily distracted to participate in it. Was was it? It was that sense of accomplishment. Was it really everything you wanted it to be? It was, in the sense that it was edible. <laughs> <laughs> so the bar was low. <laughs> we we high fived, and it was warm bread, and you smother it in butter, and you move on. But that, that's like a little more advanced. The banana bread is like not really bread, and anyone can do it. But like yeah. if, you're, if you're using yeast and you're actually make, baking bread, that's difficult. Yeast is scary, yeah. And we we had the instant yeast. I, I, I we're terrified of the active yeast. It seems like you're like it's a, a living creature that you're bringing into your house, right? It, yeah, it's like a sentient thing that you're pulling off of. Like it's it's like the pods an invasion of the body snatch. Well, it takes like ten years or ten years, like ten <laughs> days to build like a, a yeast, a working yeast. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Someone told me yeast has the intelligence of a pig, of a, or, or a four year old too. That it's not what? dumb yeast. Yeah. They, you, no, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> my yeast is, is doing my taxes right now. So. I would love to think that your average sourdough yeast has the intelligence of a... <laughs> Adam, that would make it more exciting. Adam, as a writer, I'm sure, you know, being under a lockdown is, is probably okay for you so you can actually sit down and, and put pen to paper. Are you finally finishing up your... Um, uh, your script for your biopic of Maurice Cheeks? <laughs> oh, my God, I would watch that at RT. Um, you know, it's funny, writing during this, it's just the world is changing so much. I was telling a friend of mine, it's kind of like trying to redecorate your house during an earthquake. It's just yes. like the whole world is shifting constantly. So certain projects you, you just want to sit on because you don't know what the world's going to be like. And then other ones, yes, are, are totally working. We've been working on uh, doing a mini series, kind of, uh, I guess you would call it a, a sideways kind of world connected to the movie Parasite. So we're working with director Bong. Wow. Yeah, on a mini series. He's amazing. He's incredible. He's the coolest guy, too. He's hilarious. Um, and uh, so that one that one holds. That one holds pretty well. So we've gotten a lot of work done on that. But other ones, you just kind of go, all right, let's see what happens. Well, I have to ask, because I saw it mentioned a few times, uh, and I, I mentioned it to Preston earlier today. Are you working on the, the movie version of, of Bad Blood? Uh, we are indeed. Yeah, okay. yeah. We have a we have a draft of that, and that's one that you know sadly feels way more relevant. I mean, it's about you know medicine, blood testing, capitalism, fraud. It's uh, it's a fascinating story. And Elizabeth Holmes herself. I, the word is you're going with Jennifer Lawrence possibly to play her. Yeah, yeah. Jennifer Lawrence signed on, and uh, yeah, she, a fascinating character. Couldn't agree more. I mean, the fact wow. that she sort of took all these little nuances of of the people that she had, like Steve Jobs, and adopted the the manner yeah. of dress, lowered her voice, uh, it learned all these things that were sort of effective in the way to... Uh, I, she was essentially pulling off a super huge medical scam, and uh, the, the story just it just keeps getting more and more um, riveting as you go along. So it, what's, the, what's the status of that right now? Uh, uh, status is, once again, during this, you know, quarantine, yeah. just everyone kind of sitting on their hands, but that's one we 
definitely love to make. And uh, I'm signed up to direct. But then I had an, another movie with Jennifer Lawrence too, called Don't Look Up, which is a uh, which is crazy. It's it's a little bit like what's going on about a uh, giant uh, asteroid headed towards Earth and two kind of mid-level scientists who are trying to warn everyone, but the government keeps tweaking the science and uh, they keep getting treated like celebrities. On t- It's kind of a dark comedy. Truth. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So we were actually in pre-production on this, on that movie when reality kind of stepped in. So, uh, so that's another one we have going. Adam, with Elizabeth Holmes, and since you're, you know, you're writing this, is there any way that just for a fleeting moment she could cross Joe Exotic in, in the timeline? <laughs> oh, my uh, God. Just like uh, makes a visit or something to the zoo. I, I, you know, I think you just have him walk by in the background. And That's perfect. Look Without saying anything. Yeah. 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 I'm a big it. fan of knowing looks in movies. All right. Without <laughs> without revealing too much, is Christian Bale growing one of those mustaches that we should know about? <laughs> Adam, I'm a bit uh, behind, uh, but I started binging Succession during the uh, the quarantine, and uh, I love it. It's a, it's a great show, and you're executive producer on that. And on some of the episodes, you have commentary afterwards and there was one that i watched recently where you talked about feeling bad feeling um like uh feelings of remorse towards somebody who's a billionaire and and these complex characters and you actually feel sorry for them um and it's it's just a fantastic show but these guys are written so complexly that you actually feel uh bad for people who are going through difficult times even if they're a billionaire it's crazy. It's uh, all all credit to Jesse Armstrong, the showrunner and writer. He wrote this script where you realize in some ways you wouldn't wish that on your worst enemy uh, for the kids, especially because you inherit this life. You never really feel a sense of achievement. You feel this pressure, especially with a figure like that as your father. I mean, he's a terrible guy. And uh, there's a great documentary called uh, Born Rich. Yes. Yeah. It's great. It's so good. And it's all about the children of the super wealthy. And they're all, like, depressed and messed up and miserable. And this kid, Jamie Johnson, from the Johnson & Johnson uh, fortune made it. And he's a, he's a really self-aware guy. Uh, I recommend it for anyone. I, I brought it up to, to Jesse when we were making Succession. It's it's one of the best portraits of kind of that. that What you would think would be, oh, you've won the lottery. But in truth, it's just like a, a, a golden cage. You, well, it's funny you should mention that because I, I just happened to watch. I believe you were a producer on uh, the Spoils of Babylon, which was sort of a, a parody of oh, yeah. epic <laughs> miniseries. Yeah. It was hilarious. I wanted to know: is there any um, intent, perhaps, to extend that, or to do another one? Because it was, you know, we, there was a time when there those those sort of Thornbirds type um, those those miniseries just dominated, and uh, that's sort of a it's sort of a parody of that. Yeah, it's uh, Matt Piedmont and Andrew Steele created that. Those two guys. They also did uh, Casa de Mi Padre, which oh. is uh, a little gem. It's a, a Will Ferrell comedy that's all in Spanish. It's so good. It's uh, and, and we had Will on to talk about it. And the fact that they replicated the cheesy gun effects. <laughs> oh, so that movie kills me. And uh, so, yeah, it's those same guys. You know, it's funny. I talked to Steele a couple of weeks ago. I should hit him up on that. I'm curious if they're working on anything because they always make me laugh. Yeah, it's just it's it's dry, but it's it, it's great stuff. So so with with everything that's going on, I mean, it, it, uh, 
it, it's weird because I came to this revelation, you know, being in in the uh, the quarantine mode, is that my life is kind of pretty much in quarantine all the time anyway. Uh, and you don't impress me as kind of a going out on the Hollywood scene sort of guy. So, is this has this been a a large adaptation for you, or is it pretty much business as usual? You know, it's well, the the part. Yeah, I mean, you're definitely right. I'm definitely not, you know, out dancing till three a.m. But uh, <laughs> it, it's it, the part that just, you know, really hurts you is like you want to work. You want to work. Yeah. Like yeah, we yeah. were we were in pre production on a movie and we were in Boston. We were scouting, and you know, we had everyone going. We're filling up the cast, oh. and uh, and you know, and then I'm back here, and we have this great company, and you want to go in, you want to meet with people, you want to get stuff going. So that part of it is. We're all kind of going a little crazy, and you can't be as active. Part of you know Los Angeles, you get this beautiful weather out here too, and you're just used to being outside. And yeah, so I think yeah, everyone's going a little crazy. But I mean, that's a small sacrifice in the big picture. No, and it, I mean? it, it will be over. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get past it. And I'm hearing some good stuff about there's uh, you know some new treatments they're developing. Yeah. There's a vaccine over in England that's looking pretty good. So you know, thank God if, if that works out and us staying apart. You know, it's kind of heartbreaking because you're talking about that Mark Bolin tribute T Rex that. Was actually uh, produced by Hal Wilner, a good friend of mine, oh. uh, who we lost from the, oh. the, the coronavirus, and he was the music supervisor at Saturday Night Live, and he was the supervisor for a bunch of my movies, you know, for Anchorman, Step Brothers. He did uh, that as well because they they did a great tribute uh, to him uh, on, on the actual, you know, they they did the SNL from home. And yep. they, did, they did a tribute to him. I didn't realize he had done all that music they, for you. He'd done all these movies. He's famous for putting together these eclectic tributes to certain artists and live shows in New York. One of the most creative, original, lovely guys you would ever know, uh, Hal Wilner. So, so you know, it's, it's affecting us in that way. I mean, he's a dear friend and creative force out there. And, and it's, uh, you know, it's been really hard just emotionally, I think, for everyone to go through something like this. But people are really being behaving great and and everyone's kind of pitching in and and doing the distance and and the sense of charity i i know you so you you came up through the upright citizens brigade correct yeah that's correct right. yeah, yeah that's the group we we started that group at a coffee house in chicago back in like 93 by the way what an old man sentence to say <laughs> <laughs> we started that at a coffee house back in 90 they didn't have cell phones back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but uh, speaking to that point i know there, there's a lot of Efforts that a lot of comedians and and uh, uh, yeah, actors and musicians are doing to support people in the service industry, the the waiters, the waitresses, the bartenders, the people that work at these various uh, clubs and restaurants that really get just gotten whomped with this. Uh, and so, um, you know, I, I I know that actually Upright Citizens Brigade, I, uh, uh, former members are getting together to do That's something. Right. Uh, are you part of that, or are you participating? Uh, I, I'm actually. I was just talking to Ian Roberts, who's is one of the founding members, and we uh, they're doing uh, their famous show called the ASCAP that they've been running for my God, like 25 years, and uh, they're going to be doing three, four different online shows. Wow! With all different alumni to raise money for first responders for the the pandemic and uh, nurses, uh, delivery people, doctors, ER doctors, all all these incredible people that are just out there in the midst of this thing while while we social distance they're taking it head on so yeah they're going to raise a bunch of money from them if you're you're out there and you want to see a great show it's it's available to everyone 
Amazing. I have to ask because I know you had done some stuff and we had talked about, you know, your, your influence on, on the movie Ant-Man and, and and sort of missed opportunities in the Silver Surfer. Now the MCU is, is you know, we have these different television series coming out. Uh, are you doing anything with Marvel? Is there anything that we can expect coming up from you in the future? You know, we always, I, I just love the Marvel Universe. I grew up in it. So, yeah, getting to co-write Ant-Man was like a dream for me. I got to meet Stan Lee, and it's just the coolest. So I'm always kind of, Feige's just a great guy. We yeah. always kind of kick things back and forth. Nothing active right now, but uh, one of these days i got to do a superhero movie. I mean, you know, one of my favorite superhero movies of all time, and it's funny because my oldest daughter and I watched it, Lily Rose, uh, is uh, a Philadelphia guy m night's uh unbreakable is to me still one of the best oh my God. movies ever made yeah we we've 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 said that and the funny thing is we're, we're friends with uh night Shyamalan and and the fact is is that he kind of went into a depression when that movie came out i was like this is this was a revelation this movie was just brilliant and uh you know but uh anyway uh he, I wonder- felt, he felt like that didn't do what didn't turn out well unbreakable the, the reaction no. At first, he, he he said that he was like laying on his couch because of yeah, the despondent. Oh, yeah, he's outstanding. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, he was way ahead of his time with that yeah. movie. I mean, that movie's fifteen years ahead of its time. If yeah. you really look at it, oh, I love that movie. Didn't you guys hang out at camp out one year? You yeah. and Night Shyam- Yeah, you guys were hanging out at the back of the tent, and it was two Hollywood legends. If you uh, yeah. Excuse the compliment. Uh, chilling and just having a conversation in uh, the back of our You know what I said to him? I said, are you making a sequel to Unbreakable? That, <laughs> uh, honest to God, that's what I said to him. I yeah. go, it's one of my favorite all-time movies. And then he kind of did. He connected yeah. the whole universe. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, when you saw Split, if you, if you, have you seen the movie Split? Obviously? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. so in that last... Thirty seconds when you realize what yeah, it was, yeah. we had full blown seizures. We were like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. Same here. I went yeah. crazy. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. It's so cool. Yeah. yeah. And you guys are both huge basketball fans as well. I wasn't. Uh, you guys. I don't even know if you recall every uh, bit of your conversation that you had at our camp out for hunger. But uh, we, on that level, we didn't go down the hoops road. But uh, believe me, I can go down the hoops road for forever. Uh, you know, we made a, a pilot actually for HBO. That's the story of the Showtime Lakers oh. and uh, starring uh, it's with John C. Riley and all these great actors and um, and it was picked up so we're that's another thing we were working on when all of this hit the good news with that one is that we had a writer's room so uh, Max Borenstein's the showrunner wrote an amazing script we had so much fun making it and uh, so that's going to be a, a mini series for HBO it's it's really cool hey Adam depending on on uh, how this uh, drags out with quarantine and so forth we've seen some really cool things with reunions. The Goonies just had one the other day. The Wonders did it from that thing you do. Uh, I think there's some uh, some projects that you've been involved in that would be absolutely uh, conducive to something like that. It's, hopefully we're getting towards the end of this as far as restrictions go, but that could be cool, like an Anchorman get-together do it, you know, a, a, an online thing. That's a really fun idea, actually. Yeah. I, I should float that by, uh, even if they just came on and sang, like, Afternoon Delight <laughs> yes. or something. Well, yes. we, we had actually put out to you a while ago, and then obviously the world changed about uh, doing an evening with uh, uh, Step Brothers and getting you, if you were back in town, to do that. To do a Q&A. A Q&A and after a screening. Fun. Because Oh, my God, and I des- be a blast. I described it as uh, Step Brothers has now I- I entered the absolute pantheon of quotable movies. We have drops that we use constantly. Uh, and it's 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 just this 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 beautiful perfect thing uh, that just sits there, and, and and with the amount of people that we find that we encounter and celebrities that we talk to who have that sort of um, 
movie Tourette's, as we call it, where you yeah. blurt out stepbrothers' lines is ridiculous. So at some point, we have to make that that work because we'd be I great. would love that. And, and you know, it's so funny because after we that's that's the movie personally of all the ones we made that makes me laugh the hardest. Like yeah. if it's on TV, and I love every movie we've made, but that one just always gets me. And I remember Mary Steenburgen and after we made it, used to call it. Oh, you mean the greatest movie ever made? <laughs> Kept calling it that, and then like eventually, I saw her like a year ago, and I was like, maybe you were right. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, and you, and you always find something new that that you latch onto. Catherine Hahn was a revelation, outstanding in that movie, man. She's a national treasure, she Catherine Hahn, man. She's oh. a great dramatic actress, hilarious, and and truly one of the great people you'll ever meet. Actually, that whole cast was full of just people you want to hang out with, like Richard Jenkins, Mary oh Steenburgen, Adam Catherine Scott. Oh, my God. Yeah. Adam Scott uh, kills yeah. me in that movie. It's Every person was just a, a blast to hang out with. That's I kid awesome. you not, I'm looking at a page of of, absolute, of, of Step Brothers, you know, clips that we use all the time. Uh, yeah, they, so, so, again, on that case, I mean, you've... Your career has been so varied, and and obviously you, you go into uh, of, you know from Vice and things like that, and 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 sort of you know uh, expanding the boundaries. But there is a place for those just <laughs> totally yeah. junk food kind of movies that only you can do so well. Uh, so. Are you, are you guys, I'm doing. I'm, I'm watching a lot of like the best movie that I've watched with my wife and daughters. They had never seen when Harry met Sally, uh. and we watched it as a family, and it was just they were my daughters were like that was amazing. And we all, and my wife and I hadn't seen it probably since it came out, and we knew Nora Ephron, so it allowed us to kind of go, oh, I missed Nora, and uh, yeah, it's those kinds of movies right now that you're just craving, yes. uh, and the same with like the Jordan documentary, like just like pure love of basketball, and uh yeah, it's, yeah, com- so it's comfort food. You know? Exactly. Yeah. I, totally. I, I got into it. There was a, there was a Pam Greer Film Festival, I think, on Epics, and I was I was eating that up. I'm like, Jesus, these oh, are great. I love that. That's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, Adam, do you watch uh, Get Shorty on Epics? You know, it's, I have had three or four people have asked me that, and I think I got to because I keep hearing how good it is. Well, it's it's Ray Romano and Chris O'Dowd, and uh, Antonio Sanchez does the music for it, and that's brilliant. But it's um, it's so much about your industry, and it's loosely based on the Elmore uh, Leonard movie and our book. I mean, and, and the um, John Travolta movie. But uh, you would appreciate it for all the behind the scenes movie making stuff. Oh, I got to check this out. Yeah, yeah. And Ray Romano, how about him? He's just become a really good actor. I yeah. like him. He was great, and, you know, it, it wasn't on long, but I loved him in Vinyl, the HBO show. I thought his character was awesome. He was yeah. really good, and he was great in, in The Irishman to see Ray Romano. Oh, yeah. he, he's just good in everything. He's the coolest guy. Nice. Very cool. Well, listen, we just we wanted to check in. It's always so awesome to to talk movies and TV with you, man. But uh, we want to see you in the flesh again when when all this stuff pans out. We'll, we'll when talk. we can touch that flesh, yes. <laughs> we'll put the uh, we'll put the stepbrothers thing on the back burner and, and try to make good on that down the Let's road. Please uh, yeah. keep kicking that around. Also, I had a birthday about two weeks ago, and I want you guys to know my big birthday gift from my company was they sent me six cheesesteaks from Jim's. <laughs> oh, Jim's is nice. my favorite. So love Philly it. love still runs strong. <laughs> and, we know that. Uh, and I'm glad you guys are safe. I'm glad you're healthy. And uh, always a pleasure. And huge amounts of love to uh, Philadelphia.
Uh, Love it. It's right back at you. Keep baking bread and stay safe. <laughs> and we'll talk to you soon, Adam, okay? All right. Be well. All right. Take care. Adam yeah. McKay. Yeah. You got to love that guy. This is one of the best, one of yes. the easiest to talk to. And a, and a real, I mean, he is a, a, a force to be reckoned with yeah. in Hollywood. And yeah. he uh, he's the real deal. Yeah, he's the real deal. And, you know, like you said, you can go from absolute ridiculous humor, st- stepbrothers, uh, to Vice, yeah, uh, which is full on, you know, the straight and serious as it gets with uh, winning an Oscar, and and now he's going to take on this Elizabeth Holmes thing, which should be pretty cool. I, 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 I cannot if you if you've not so if the I don't know this I don't know Tiger the King this at all. so she created a company called Theranos. Yeah. And she's she modeled herself after a couple of people. She literally modeled molded Remember? herself. I know who she is. Okay. Big uh, big buggy eyes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, and so um, she created this sort of lab testing kit that was supposed to provide all this analysis of blood and and it was a fake. It, it was, was just a complete she beca- lie. She became a billionaire. Yep. With predicated on the hope that this thing would work. With no product. With no product or no proof. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's a wild documentary. So he's taking that on, which is pretty cool. All right. We are going to take ourselves a break. We'll be back in just a moment. Not only can you hear Preston and Steve, you can see him too. Check out the weekly rush on Xfinity On Demand. New episodes, you guessed it, weekly. Podcasts? Oh, yeah. MMR's got them. There's the Fun Size and Bizarre File editions, along with Preston and Steve Full Show Podcasts, plus the MM Archives Podcast and more. Click Podcasts on WMMR.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show Podcast. Bizarre. WMMR presents Bizarre. Preston and Steve's Bizarre, Bizarre File. The caretaker of a Pakistani house of worship unleashed his pet lion on an electrician who was trying to complete payment. Oh, wow. oh, yeah. Police said the electrician visited the house of worship multiple times because his wages were overdue and eventually got into a heated debate with the caretaker who then used his pet lion to attack them. I'm going to go get my freaking lion. Authorities said the... The victim did not initially file a police report because the caretaker promised to get him treatment and pay him compensation. Listen, sorry about the whole lion thing. A month passed, and the caretaker received neither, so he decided to file a police report. So was it an attack lion, or did the lion simply... Uh, so he, he the lion did act aggressively towards the guy? He's a pet lion, and it just... Launch into the room and start tearing at him? I guess he was able to... to Cause him to, or to, you know, yeah, command him to attack this guy. But uh, Simba, kill. I, I, the 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 details are sketchy on this because I didn't say how badly he was injured or what happened. The caretaker has since been arrested. Police did not say whether the man had a license to own a pet lion, or if the lion was still being cared for by the individual, or if it had been moved to a zoo. So we don't know much. A woman was killed as she was leaning out of a train window below an inadequate warning sign. Bethan Roper was hit in the head by a tree branch while on board a Great Western Railway service traveling at about 75 miles an hour. Trees along the route had not been expected had not been inspected since 2009. Uh, signs around the window were updated after her death. The investigation said Ms. Roper was returning to South Wales from Bath. She was with friends, and they uh, uh, the investigating body said that it believed at least one other friend leaned out of the window before Ms. Roper did. 
Witnesses told investigators she had her head out of the window for a few seconds before falling back into the vestibule. They said Mr. Roper, Jack, and Chrissy were inconsolable. <laughs> uh, despite the efforts of the other passengers, including some of uh, some with medical training, she was pronounced dead at the station. They got you hear her. stories like that. Sometimes you hear uh, you know, trains going in the opposing direction will be yeah. head people. And, uh. Uh, the doors of the London Paddington to Exeter service were fitted with an opening window to enable passengers to open the door at stations. And uh, a warning sign above the drop light window met industry guidance but did not adequately convey the level of risk. Huh. Investigators claimed the, the use of the word caution suggested that leaning out the window could be done safely if care was taken. So that's terrible. A Minnesota Department of Corrections sergeant is accused of exchanging McDonald's food for some oral while he was driving a female inmate to jail last month. So I'll give you a burger if yeah. you give me a Hummer. Yeah, so Randy Allen Beeler was charged with third-degree criminal sexual conduct. He was take, uh, taking the woman from uh, one county jail to another. Hey, can I have one of them French fries? During the... Tra- <laughs> All please, right. Please no. <laughs> yeah, they look awful good. I'm a big fan of the French fries. Uh... T- during the transfer, Beeler, well, you, you you know it wasn't Halle Berry sitting in the back seat. Beeler told the woman that he was going to stop for food. She indicated she indicated that she would quote do anything for some food. And Beeler asked if I'm loving it. If that included coming up to the front seat and fooling around, fooling around. Yeah, he made his first uh, court uh, appearance on Thursday. He's got another one coming up. So, well, aren't you a coy one? Mm-hmm. A 23 year old. Louisville, Kentucky man is behind bars after police say he shot and killed his father with a crossbow and struck his sister in the head with a frying pan. Oh, my God. And I don't have much on this. Uh, The manhunt for Gerald Beavers III began just after 1 p.m. when the uh, police responded to a call from a home and found one man dead and the injured woman. Beavers was apprehended around 5 p.m. And uh, they don't know the motive for the attack, but a crossbow and a frying pan were his uh, weapons of choice. They have not yet said what charges may be brought against the young beavers. <laughs> That's what it says there. <laughs> the young beaver. <laughs> nice beaver. No, not a nice beaver. All right, how about this guy? The ink didn't lie. Police arrested a 36-year-old Illinois man for giving officers a fake name despite the fact that he had his real name tattooed on his neck. <laughs> well. You got to remember you have those tattoos before you give a fake ID. Yes. Uh, Matthew C. Bushman had a warrant out for his arrest when officers booked him on October 11th for obstructing justice. A police mugshot shows the Matty B tattoo across his throat. <laughs> police said that they were investigating a forgery when Bushman gave him the false name and date of birth in an attempt to dodge a warrant out for him, and uh, he was booked into the county jail. I've been seeing a lot more uh, full throat, I guess the equivalent of what a sleeve is to the arm, full throat yeah. tattoos. And to me, it can't help but look like a turtleneck. Yeah, agreed, agreed. It looks like a permanent turtleneck. Yep, I agree. And I've never really liked the way no. turtlenecks look. Yeah. All right. One last story. I saved the best for last. Rats are up for adoption after authorities removed them this. from a van where they lived with their owner. This is wild. It started with just two pet rats, and it exploded to more than 300. And they all lived in a van with this woman. Wow. 300 of them. I really like McDonald's. (laughs) (laughs) 
And it was parked near one of uh, San Diego's toniest communities. The rodents clawed their way into upholstery, gnawed through the engine wiring. They hid in door panels, burrowed into the seats. One video shows several clustered on the dashboard. Look, uh, I think we got something here. Why don't we take this back to my van? And they often skittered around outside of the van, parked near a convenience store. Uh, the rats in the van prompted concern, complaints, and finally calls to the San Diego Humane, Humane Society. Officials there were able to scoop up scores of rats from the vehicle, and now several of those rescued rodents are available for adoption. So they were clean and everything. They weren't, you know, they were like lab rats. They were well, they were like pet rats, and yeah. so they they weren't wild or anything like that. And apparently, she took pretty good care of them. <laughs> Not Jeez. <laughs> okay, so they, they, she fed them and, and yeah, walked exactly. them? Yeah, exactly. So Took th them to rat shows? It started when officers went to the van and spoke to the woman living inside. According to the officer, he said at first sight, the officer realized that right away the situation was significant. They could tell immediately. Was there a smell? There was a huge amount of rats. They were living out of the van, coming and going. The woman told Humane Society officer she was sorry that her pets had gotten out of control. She wanted help. She agreed to turn them over. He said, the, the officer said she was feeding all of them and had water for all of them, and it didn't meet the standards of hoarding. Rats 300 have, rats in a van doesn't constitute hoarding? Because she was taken care of. Huh. Rats have lost lots and lots of babies. A healthy litter consists of about 10 to 12 rats. They multiply fast. Gestation usually runs for four weeks. Oh, my God. So it didn't take long for two rats to become hundreds. Officials spent a couple of days plucking as many rats as they could from the vehicle. Tell you what, there's a lot of love in my rat van. Tearing out the entire inside, finding rodents in every single crevice. Uh, they collected 320 <sighs> of them. I think yeah. I'm going to need another van. And a GoFundMe page has been set up to help the woman living in the vehicle. As of Thursday, more than $4,700 have been raised for her. So, yeah. <laughs> well, wild, her heart was in the right place. I guess. Uh, yeah. You know, of course, she's in completely deranged. Yeah. But, so. <laughs> rat van could be a band name. Rat, rat van. Rat van. Rat van. We are rat van. I want to thank Saint for opening up for us. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> Saint's opening for Rat Van? <laughs> 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 How did the show go this? Uh, we'll talk about it later, right? Uh, yeah, it was yeah this could be a break. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. We, we, had, we had a really good time, so thanks to the Broken Goblin. Well, Rat Van brings that, I man. A lot of big crowd. Well, look, we were just to support yeah, you know, yeah, Rat Van. Yeah. Uh, but I think we, we were happy they gave us that opportunity. Yeah, sure. All right, we're going we're gonna to take a break. Make sure you stay with us, please. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Listen on our mobile app or go to WMMR.com. Football is back, and this Eagle season, there are huge prizes to be won at Acme. Enter Acme Swoopin' and Win Sweepstakes, and you could win up to $10,000 cash or 2023 Eagle season tickets. All you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at acmeswoopinandwin.com. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in and discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Now back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. A trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR, Weston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. Let's find out stories from Steve Morrison. Yes, 26-year-old Ireland Baldwin revealing that she lives in fear of having a heart attack. Baldwin says it's the same crippling fear she gets when she gets a voicemail from her dad. Yeah. Oh, my God. Logan Paul learning that the first edition Pokemon card collection he spent $3.5 million on 
might be counterfeit. Paulo has been hit very hard in the head recently while boxing addressed the situation, saying, Carrot. (laughs) (laughs) Adele dropping $58 million on an estate previously owned by Sylvester Stallone. Stallone had reportedly been asking like a billion. You might be looking for a new thing in this uh, particular uh, world that we're living in under quarantine. In these uncertain times? <laughs> in these un- uncertain times. times, one is looking for something to do. In fact, this is kind of interesting. Nick, you sent over uh, an article the other day, and I, I didn't read it. Uh, but <laughs> so thank you, thank you. So thanks, for but that. I, I read that. I read the headline. That's all you need. It essentially was saying, "Stop trying to be so productive while you're at home." And oh, I didn't really? Quite, I didn't quite understand the really? logic of that. Did you read it, Nick? Well, basically, uh, the the article says that um, you know everybody sort of went into this knowing that if you're going to be working from home or if you're going to be quarantined, that you're going to have more time on your hands, and then you can uh, start to play the piano or start to paint more <laughs> or start to keep a journal, and then like two weeks in or a week and a half in or whatever, people abandon those plans. And part of the article was saying that uh, we already sort of had this mentality that, you know, every waking moment has to be crammed in with some kind of activity. And that's not necessarily healthy. And that's okay to just not do stuff for a little bit. I agree. You should be okay with that. Uh, Well, if you are looking for something to do to spend your time Mm -hmm. with, maybe you have been doing nothing. Um, I found this list of uh, things to learn during your quarantine. Okay. You Reasonable things? Yeah. The, I, at first. Not neurosurgery. I, I, no, I went into this, uh, you know, a little skeptical going, okay, here's another list. Here's another <laughs> thing from Nick. But some of these things are might actually, they might spark a little interest in uh, filling your time up. Like I have, number one on this list, I have, now we're going to work every day, so yes. it's a little bit different for us. But I have a lock picking set at home <laughs> that I got for Christmas a couple of years ago. Great. It was something I saw, you know, on an internet ad. And I'm like, yeah. I've always wanted to learn how to pick a lock. Locks always keep you from getting into things. No, it just it'd, it'd be a neat skill to have. Yeah. So I have it and I've ne- not once have I touched or oh, no learned kidding. how to do it. But I have it. But you can order these. In fact, there's a website called uh, LockPickWorld.com that has a bunch of beginner lock picking sets. Does it come with locks uh, to pick? Yeah, yeah. So uh, the, the the set that I have have has old trainer locks. In fact, uh, some of them are see through. They're 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 so you can see how the process is going. The mechanism is so the game Splinter Cell. Uh, the first yeah. few games they came out. One of the things that you had to learn was lock picking. Yeah, and you know to get the uh, all the what the tumblers or whatever they call them to go in the, in the in the right way. And I enjoyed that part. I I had a lock picking kit years ago. Don't know where it is. It's right up there with my. I want a laser pointer, honey. Right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but uh, yes, that would be a cool thing to have. My cousin has a lock picking kit, and I borrowed it from her last year um, yeah. during the summer because I needed to get into something. Uh, and I, I didn't want to have to, like, break the window. I eventually had to break the window because I couldn't fix it. That's one way to pick a lock. Yeah. Um, but, I mean. pick this lock. But I spent hours trying to, trying to pick this lock. It was, it was fun. It was exciting. And then it just became frustrating, uh, to do it. Apparently, uh, what I had found out was that the type of lock that I was trying to pick was actually a really, really tough lock. Okay. Uh, there's also another thing you can learn. How about actually several things? How to sew? How about how 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 to keep your locks from being picked? Uh, this is good skill to have uh, for simple clothes repair can extend the life of many favorite garments by years. Chances are you might 
already have a sewing kit at home but never quite mastered the most useful techniques required to mend a tear or hem the length of a garment. Yep, so, sitting in my basement. Yeah, again, <laughs> oh, so I, I bought my wife, uh, the, I want to try sewing. And I, I've seen more people get <laughs> unbelievably frustrated over you know, sewing, I, and even more so, knitting. Like I can knit- actually sew. I, I, I can use it. I, I actually know how to sew. I used to hem my own pants, my own dresses, and stuff like that. The, the problem is, is it is time-consuming, and there is a, a part of it, Steve, where you can get frustrated if things start to go wrong. Right, right. So, you know, and, and you'd have to, uh, you know, a couple of times I'd have to unstitch something if I did it, you know, improperly. So it was more the, the time commitment, but now I sure. guess if there's more time, I can do it. Um, my uh, Yeah, uh, Rochelle, wanted, we had an interest in sewing. I don't think the sewing machine has ever made it. I think it's still in the box. We have a really still in the box. And I'm sure you got a really great one. Uh, they can do all sorts of stuff, and I... I so, but and there you have your son who's made uh, jams and jellies, <laughs> and in the course of our uh, cardboard classic broadcast, knit you a cap. Yeah, he knitted a hat for Burt Kreischer. Uh, yeah, he gave it to him. It was cool, yeah. and it was like, good. He's he, just I, sitting there. He I almost the, wanted to say, can, "Can you make me one?" Uh, he makes, he uses the loom. I'll get him to make one for you, Kathy. It, it was really cool. I yeah. liked it a lot. By the way, let, the side note, yeah, about, about sewing. Uh, and I wish I remembered. I think it's called So What's New. I used to watch this show. Really? I think it was on PBS. And this guy was like the Bob Ross of sewing. Oh, he, was he? He was an older gay gentleman uh, who would tell these, all these little stories. What the hell was that? Is that you, Kathy? I think that's Nick. He's playing the pots and the pans again. Oh, okay. That's one of the things you want to learn how to do. What are you doing, cat? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, okay, cat. Uh, but that was a cat? But yeah, so he he, over metal thing. Yes. he's this older, silver-haired, uh, gay uh, sewing master, yes. and he would and he would sit and tell these little stories. Oh my goodness! Really? <laughs> uh, and, oh, and, I love that. And it played right into my. This is him. We're looking. Yeah, we yeah. found the video. He would uh, he would play into my ASMR because the sound of the sewing machine of all the stuff that he was doing. Uh, okay. It was just like watching Bob Ross for me. And it was back around that same time that Bob Ross was actively working. Today we're gonna teach you how to make dream catchers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very so, I used to love watching Isn't that guy. Great? He was hilarious. All right, so you can learn to sew. All right. Um and then what else do we have here? Learning Morse code. It says, learning, learn Morse code in less than a day with this Google experiment. Unfortunately, I don't have the Google experiment in this article. Well, there's also Zach Morse code. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you could. Yeah. Uh, all right. I used to I used to know uh, Morse code pretty well because I had a ham radio briefly when I was a kid. Yep. And uh, completely forgot it. Uh, and uh, so that helped a lot. <laughs> all right. Here's, here's a goofy one. Learn to raise one eyebrow. Oh, I, like now the this, rock? This person said, yeah, like the rock. It says, so I did it by holding down one eyebrow with my hands rather hard and raising the other. That way, you know how it feels and what muscles you have to use. Do it a little bit every day uh, just to get yourself used to the feeling, and you'll find that soon enough over time <laughs> that you can no. do it without the hand. So I get the impression you see some guy sitting alone in his apartment. I'm going to learn how to raise my hand. <laughs> I can only ever do it by accident. Really? really? You can't? I can do it, no problem. I can't do it on you, purpose, nope. I can't do it at all. Steve, can you, you can do it? Yeah, I'm oh, doing yeah. it right now. Wow. Yeah, I can raise one of them. I can't go back and forth or the other. Same thing with my lip. I can go up on the left side right, like, right, right. like Elvis, yeah. but I can't do the other side. Nick, I, I during the course of conversation, you raise one eyebrow all the time. Yeah, That's great, accident. and you and can't do it on purpose. Nope, I'm That's... trying to do what Kathy's doing. I'm holding one <laughs> down and raising the other one right now. 
That's as far as I can get. You know what? Nick, I in these uncertain times, this is something you really need to know how to do. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> because if there's going to be more information that's going to make you want to raise one eyebrow, it's yeah. now. Excuse me? What was that? What was that? <laughs> Heard a sneeze? Sneeze? The leg of the stool raised eyebrow? Yeah. I you can do either casual. side of the lip pressed. Oh, okay. let's see it. Yeah, there's one. Nice, Kath. Can I... you roll your tongue? Yeah, I can. Yeah. Yeah, I can Pretty... roll my tongue. Oh, yeah? I'm pretty, uh... I there was one That's summer during uh, during high school where I taught myself how to move my ears. You can, um, you know, like you can manually, yeah, yeah, you can wiggle, wiggle them, right? Yeah, wiggle my ears, and not with my hands, no, just by themselves. And I remember, Steve, it was when I was on the lifeguard stand when I realized that I was doing it. <laughs> I was supposed to be watching people in the pool, and you were working on yours. So there's but like it was three because... bodies at the bottom of the pool. It was <laughs> my son. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was working on my ears. <laughs> Uh, but it's true so because it's hard to understand <laughs> that you were distracted learning how to wiggle your ear. Is it the wrongful death yeah, case? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's kind yes, of, but you need to understand, Your Honor. You have to understand. It's kind of like pressing like a muscle memory thing where yeah. like you're trying something with like drumming, right? You couldn't do it, couldn't do it, couldn't do it. You walk away from the drum kit and then you come back to it and then all of a sudden you can do it, right? Yep. yep. That's exactly what kind of happened. I was trying, 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 and then I was up on the lifeguard stand. I had my sunglasses on, <laughs> you know, over yeah. my ears <sighs> and I started moving them. I'm like, oh my God, I'm doing Steve, it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. <laughs> Wait, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> can you guys move your ears? No. Uh, slightly. No. Uh, let me see if I can still do it. <laughs> nope. I used you're, to be you're, able to do you're it. moving your whole face. Mm, no. Nope. Okay. It's. It would take me a while to get to be able to do that again, but I can. I can knit with yes. my nuts. I could just <laughs> nudge them a little bit. You Nut can, knitting is really well, fun. Next on the list is knitting. Oh, I have it right here, and knitting, and knitting, uh, or crocheting, which they say is a little easier than knitting. So these are things that you can you can learn. I've that's seen. Some, go ahead, Kathy. That's something I never learned. Knitting like seems, did, yeah. but not that. It seems so therapeutic. And yet I've seen so many, and I love online when you see failed sweaters, you know, and things of that nature. All right, how about this one? Something to do with your time while you're at home learning a skill. Learn basic sign language. I've always um, wanted to. I, I have too. It just, you know, it it takes a lot of work, a lot of time, and, and you're I used so to know. I, I I know some of the alphabet. I used to know all of it, but yeah, if you don't too. keep doing it, then you yeah. forget it. You know. All right, what else can you learn? <laughs> Getting better at cocktails. Uh, if you're drinking a little bit more these days, which I know some of us are. Oh, those kind of cocktails. Maybe you take some some time to learn how to make a better cocktail. And, uh, you know, there's obviously books that you can get. There's plenty of videos online that will learn. Like, like. so I, I did a um, I did a Facebook Live the other night, and I, I learned over trucks. I'm not a bartender, and I've just learned to mix on my own that when I make a margarita, I found the best way to do it is... Um, 
is fill up a uh, a shaker with ice first, put the ingredients in there, shake it up, get it nice and cold, and then pour it over ice. That way it doesn't melt all your ice in the glass and mm. you get a way watered down or an even more watered down drink. So little techniques like that. Would you ever? I, I'm not a bartender at all. I do not. I know very little about mixing drinks, if, but I did learn that on my own. If you can learn it, if you can learn the various tricks, you have a, you can have a career. I mean, yeah. if, if you're looking to do something, because bartenders will make a lot more. But I tell you what, uh, learning those cocktail from the movie cocktail bottle spinning tricks. Oh yeah, there you go. that could be fun yeah. too. That's another thing that that you could work on. Well, as well. knitting. Uh, but, uh, yeah, look up videos uh, online on uh, YouTube, and, and you can definitely learn some more stuff. All right, taking some time to learn how to draw. A really good course that you can take is called Drawbox, which is on YouTube. Yep, I can uh, draw. Focuses, yeah, you're, you're, you are good, Steve. Uh, it focuses on the fundamentals of drawing and can provide a really solid base for... Uh, when you want to learn more things, so is that something that you would like to expand on, or are you just happy with so your current I, ability? I, I bought I bought a, kept a couple of their posable figures that a lot of comic book artists use, and you you know they they just give you a little bit of perspective. And I've been using that with the iPad, yeah, and I enjoy it. Cool, yeah, a lot of fun. But you Jesus have, has been doing that. Okay, you have basic. Skill. skill. I, I always thought I got that, mad like, skills. Either you can draw or you can't draw. I, I don't know if that's the case when it comes to drawing or playing an instrument or I see. I see it like uh, there's a picture of, uh, of a sketched thing. I I can see everything in its lines. So there are people like uh, who are just phenomenal. And I and and how to uh, project the depth of a of a scene and or the sh- my sh- my shading could use work, yeah. but otherwise getting perspective and everything, I'm pretty good at. I think case you, you know, listen, I I can't draw. I could learn to do it better though. I think yeah. and and it's not something that that I that you know stimulates me artistically, but. I think if if you are going to learn a, a, an art of sort, whether it be music or 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 art, you know, drawing and, and sketching and things like that, that as long as you are, um, as long as you don't set your goals too high, you can be satisfied with improvement. You know, you, so you people a, get impatient. Yeah. So as as a drummer right now, I'm really trying to work on on improving, and I'm at a level where. I can only improve so much more or it's going to take a long time for me to see significant improvement. And I'm trying and I'm not satisfied. Right. Personally, but I'm trying to also be patient with it and just continue to move forward. You know what I mean? Sure, sure, sure. Well, Um, you've you've gone through an experience where you've already had success at a level. So, you know that that process is part of so many other things. Yeah, yeah. And you're prepared for that and for uh, disappointments along the way. There's there's you know, it's actually kind of fun. Um, and I and I've dabbled with it a while ago, and I'd like to maybe get back into it. Sculpting, clay sculpting, okay, uh, which yeah. is which is basically, in a way, it's drawing. You know, it's it's you know the it, a little it, more three dimensional, a little though. more three dimensional. Yeah. You know, I can make my own action figures, Kathy. Uh, <laughs> how about learning the Korean? Cyrillic or Greek alphabet? Oh man, that'd be a mother effer. Yes, it would. Uh, how about Chisholm? Remember that old math thing? I do remember that. Yeah. You use your fingers, yeah, yeah, and then the porn version was jizzimbop, jizzimbop. <laughs> I heard Korean is literally the hardest language on the planet to learn oh, because really? it's so, it, yeah, it's so unlike every other language. It's an isolated uh, peninsula, yeah. So, um, it's and there are no characters in Korean that are like any other Asian characters. So it's just it's its own thing. Uh, therefore, making it incredibly difficult. The Cyrillian is the Russian alphabet. Yes, I'm not yeah. really sure. Yeah, all right, yeah, so- Cyrillic. Here's a uh, here's a text to, to step back a couple of uh, subjects ago. It says, uh, I know I'm going to catch flack for this, but I taught my 13-year-old how to mix drinks. <laughs> She's really good at making my Captain and Cokes and my wife's vodka martini. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Do you ever see Mommy Dearest? 
Yes. Yeah. She's making the money. Yeah. She's making the money. The drinks for their for their for her uncles who would drop by and visit mommy. I mean, it's not much different than asking your kid to go get you a beer out of the fridge. I mean, it is a little bit different, but um, but I see that. All the time. Watch mm-hmm. the kids in the pool. Daddy's wiggling his ears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, number one on this list of things you could work on uh, if you're looking for a time killer, learning a few chords on the guitar. Taught myself uh, a couple last night, as my, a matter of fact. My yeah. wife was sitting yeah. down with, with the electric guitar and was uh, had a uh, had a, a course up. I don't want to comment on it because I we sometimes yeah, I, I saw her doing it. I was so, so happy because also a lot of times people just want to say, I'm going to try this, and they don't want... Yes. You know, oh, what are you doing? They no, don't want your no, no, feedback. No, no, no. Yeah. They yeah. just want you to, they want to proceed by themselves. And I think a lot of times when people, uh, you know, think there's an audience or whatever, it makes them shy about trying something. Another fun instrument is ukulele. And there's plenty of tutorials of, yeah. on how to learn some songs. It's, I, I find it to be a, just a smidge easier than the guitar. Uh, and it's just fun if you just kind of want to take that out for a spin, you can give that a try. Uh, cooking is an obvious one. You can I work d- on your cooking. I picked up a couple of things. I took okay. the, uh, the, um, uh, God, I'm having a brain fart. Oh, uh, Wolf, Wolf Wolf Puck. Puck. Yeah. Yeah. Have video course really well done. The element of video, the element of the YouTube video, being able to stop, go back a few seconds, stop, you know, and freeze the screen, do all that is such a godsend. Yeah. Uh, because that makes the, uh, and I, I made some pretty damn good, uh, um, egg dishes and, yeah. Yeah, it's it's cool. Marissa? Yeah, I've been doing a lot of cooking. That's been my time killer. And I post uh, photos on my Instagram account, and so many people reply back asking for recipes. I actually just Google the ingredients that are in my refrigerator. Like, I made a pasta dish with, like, lemon and asparagus. So I just put those three ingredients yep. into Google and found something that kind of worked for me yep. and then played around with it. And just try that. Most of the things I cook are not, like, by the book Yeah, there, there are websites where you can just enter uh, enter the ingredients yeah. you have, and they'll, they'll spit out a bunch of recipes that you can make with that stuff. And that's a good way to go about it, especially right now if people are limiting their trips mm-hmm. to the store. Uh, you want to work with what you've got. So that's a good idea. Um, real quick, I, okay, so Ch- Tony's been on hold for a long time. The first one we kicked off with was uh, uh, lock picking. Hey, Tony, what's up? Hey, how you guys doing? Good. Um, yeah, uh, my my family, we went to the uh, Worst Case Survival opening last year at the Franklin Institute, and they actually have a lock picking wall. Oh. My son, who's 18, was enamored. I mean, he spent so much time trying to, they were using like bobby pins and paper clips to try to pick a lock. So- and so as a joke, for Christmas, I bought him a lock pick set, some starter locks, and a couple of manuals. And he's actually kind of picked it up now that he's got a lot of time on his hands in the house. That's pretty cool. I wonder, like, so from a regular lock you can pick to a lock you can, like, crack, like a like a, um, a safe, um, you know, uh, combination, combination lock. lock. Yeah, we're, these were basically padlocks, right. key padlocks. Uh, and then, of course, the manuals kind of do talk about other kinds of locks, you know, for doors, basic doors, that kind of thing. Locks, yeah. Locksmiths can make some loot, man. I mean, if, yeah. if you if you ever had a locksmith come over and, oh, and man, yeah. I had a guy come over one time. I, I got locked out of my apartment. It was, it was on the weekend. I couldn't get a hold yeah. of the landlord. I paid for the guy to come over, and he comes up, and he, Steve literally, there you go. I mean, $85. Oh, my God. I go, my God. We took... 30 seconds or less. We called the locksmith one time, time. and uh, Preston saw I go, you know, there's a window in the back that I know. Ah! <laughs> oh, man. And not only that, it was an easy, you could step through oh, it. And no. I just set it up and I, and I, I was so embarrassed. I actually paid the locksmith to not tell anyone. <laughs> Sometimes you yeah. gotta do that, man. All right, here's some other things that you can do uh, if you've always been interested in them. 
uh, teaching yourself some beginner coding by starting with what's called Python. It's one of the funnier and easier languages to pick up as far as programming languages go. Um, and it says um, there are a couple of easy courses which you can uh, take to get started, even if it's just writing a short hello, uh, hello world program. It might give you some insight, excuse me, into how computers and programs work. My son's been doing this. Okay, the, the, how's he doing? Coding, he, it's amazing, Steve, because he's so much more technically proficient than I am. Yeah. But he'll, he'll write these simple programs, show them to me on the computer. I'm like, wait, you made that out of nothing? Like, it's, it, it boggles the mind, but it's impressive. Writing code, man. Um, magic tricks. Oh, with cards. You can work on card tricks. Oh, I did that through when I was a kid all the time. It's and that's hard. a wonderful thing to learn. The real trick is finding anyone who gives a rat's ass. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, if you could do a good card trick... I, I give a rat's ass if, you if could, it's yeah. good. If it's good, yeah. did you catch the uh, David Blaine special Wednesday night? I forgot. Yeah, a it lot. Could. You can probably get it in, on on demand. Yeah, I mean, there's some 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 great stuff that he does. Uh, it was not my favorite of the Blaine no. specials, but um, and, and a lot of times he'll run the same sort of trick variations with different people. What, right. what trick blew you the way of of the uh, lot that he did, Case? You know, the, where he was getting people's phone passcodes. Yes, that was pretty cool. Uh, and he was doing it with cards. Uh, it was, you know, pretty wild. Uh, there was one guy that he was doing a trick with on the street that I wanted to punch in the face. Uh, he reminded me of myself. Uh, if you know who I'm talking about. He was, oh, the guy was like... <laughs> I was like, you're not the show. The magic's the show. You know, like, shut up, nerd. Uh, and so, uh, I, but I, I identify with that guy because sometimes I don't know when to keep my mouth shut. And so that was that guy. Did he wiggle his ears? <laughs> yes. Oh, there was one, though, that he does, Preston, where he, he, he literally, Blaine, sews his lips shut. Oh I've seen him God. do that he live, his lips right, And, and he, is, he has had the person... Tear a portion, a portion, a portion of the of a playing card off, right? Yep. Uh, and then, um, uh, you know, they they uh, I forget exactly what happens. Long story short, it ends up he, in his mouth. With, yeah, the, you get the the, oh uh, the 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 threads are clipped, his lips spread apart, and oh, that piece is in his my mouth. My God, wow, it's messed up. Uh, speaking of wiggling ears, I'm going to go to our friend Flossie, who we haven't talked to in a while, is online. Hey, Flossie. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Just wanted to let you know, first of all, thanks for making me laugh. Uh, I mean, really, in these messed up times and these sad times, I, I really needed that. Our um, pleasure. I'm, and I'm sorry to bother you at work while I'm not working. But, <laughs> um, I'm brushing my teeth a couple minutes ago, and I'm realizing that I am talented. I can lift my right eyebrow and wiggle my left ear. And you wow. didn't know you could do that? And I never knew that I could do You could become a lifeguard. We open up a whole new world. <laughs> Amazing. That's yeah. in the final test. You're helping me realize that I do have some talent. <laughs> Are you doing okay otherwise, Flossie? Yeah, everyone that I know of, friends, family, everyone is, is hanging in there. Okay, yeah. well, keep at it. Yeah, you guys do the same, too. All right. Stay All right. well, stay healthy. Thanks, Bye -bye. Flossie. Love you. Bye-bye. Um, here's some other things. Uh, you can try basic video editing. I've done a little bit of that with the drum videos I've been working on. It's so. a lot of fun. It takes they're, time. And they're very simple programs that can even, if you want to cut to the chase, you have a creative thing in mind, all different sorts of programs going to on uh, that are available to your level and to what you're looking to achieve. And a lot of them have these templates that are very easy just to pop the videos in. And audio editing, too, if you want to take a garage band yeah. out for a run, if you've got that uh, that program. I mean, you can get actually a simple version of Pro Tools. Now, I've, I, I am, I'm pretty adroit at Pro Tools. I've used it yeah. for, for most of my life. But I switched recently to a program 
in, in the Adobe World audition, which has gotten tremendously uh, better, especially for radio production and stuff like that. Our, our, our imaging genius here, Zach, uh, turned me on to it. He uses it a lot, and it and you can get. You know, cheap versions uh, online quickly. Yeah, I used Adobe at uh, Y100 all the time. I have done virtually no audio uh, mixing or, or editing since I've been at MMR. It's, it's yeah. crazy. Like, I, I work on the Vox Pro here, but, like, Pro Tools, like... I, 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 use, I use it every day, so I switched. I, I finally dumped out a Pro Tools that I'm, my, I'm, I'm working exclusively in Audition, mm-hmm. and uh, I love it. You can also try some new techniques to make your Instagram posts prettier. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. The person said uh, that wrote this, uh, true story, I downloaded the Facetune app once to edit a photo and was completely mind-boggled. It was too, I was too impatient to play around with it and figure it out. But now I've got time on my hands. I can work on that stuff. Uh, my face simply doesn't need a tune-up. It needs the Army Corps of Engineers. Mm. Uh, bread making. Uh, follow Tom Papa on uh, so there was an article on social media. He'll help you. I should have sent over to you, Preston. I think it's on Mashable, but it is if you don't have that starter sourdough, yeah, yeast, yeah, it teaches you how to create that the first, you yeah, know, the mother, right? The, the, right, the mother, basically, because sourdough is so good. And the breads that Tom Papa displays on his Instagram page, yep. Jesus, they look I need good. to show that to my son. I'll let him get started. Let him do it and let him make many of them for us. Uh, cursive writing. Work on your cursive writing. Learn how to write curses. Some some people might. F you, mother effer. <laughs> Especially the younger generation may not know cursive at all. And you know they're bringing it back to the schools? <laughs> no. Really? Yeah. There was, um, I read an article that said, I think, and I think it was... <sighs> I'm not 100% sure, but I'm but I'm almost positive that it was for Pennsylvania. Okay. What magazine was it in, Kathy? Big Black Nude Men magazine? <laughs> Where you're getting all your D-pics these Kathy's days? Kathy's been sending a lot of uh, D-pics of African-American men to Casey. Just one man. I'm jealous. The best oh, it's just is the one guy. Yeah, just the one guy. And Kathy sent me an April Fool's one where it was him sitting there with a small penis. Uh, that was funny. It said April Fool's. All right, and then one last thing on this list of things that you can do to occupy your time if you do have extra time on your hands right now. Pickling is one of them, and we do that at my house. Pickling and jams and jellies. God, you're, I mean, so your your son's really good with that stuff, and he has the commitment. I um, I am constantly cursed by my need to immediately be good at it. Okay. And I, and I, uh, it takes uh, some things, if I really love it, I really, really have to love it to stick with it and stay at it. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, but but uh, again, if it's something that, let me try, and if I don't immediately get something going, I'm like, no, no, no. But tech, tech-based stuff, tech you'll, based you'll stuff, take your I will time. Spend. And then yeah. that's something that, so, yes, and so I. So if you can, if you can port that. I know. You know what I mean? Over to over to the other, other tech-based. <laughs> yeah, the other tech-based <laughs> things you want to do. All right. Well, anyhow, uh, you know what? I'll to see if I can find where I got this list. I, I, I'll try to locate that, Marissa. <clears throat> Listen, again, to, to, to take a break from, from things yeah. and just take it out for a spin, you may find you don't like it, but there's a couple things. Yeah. And this way, you know, you, you get involved in something, and that pandemic will wrap up before you know it. All right, we'll take a break, come back in a moment, and uh, we'll get the Bizarre File stories when we return. Make sure you stay with us. Steve on 93.3 Golden Ground Online. 
Looking for great pay and a supportive team? Ready to help deliver what matters? Join UPS and a seasonal job here could turn into a rewarding career. Right now, we're hiring warehouse workers, package delivery drivers, and tractor-trailer drivers near you. All positions offer competitive pay, and bonuses are offered for some roles. Shift your life. Shift your world. Shift to Team UPS today. Apply now at upsjobs.com slash shift. Make the shift. Make a difference. 